Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast with Jack Encarnacio and J.P. Sorrow. It's still real to me, damn it! The Lapsed Fan. In all my years in professional wrestling, I've never seen anything like it! Oh my God! Drop kick in a beauty! The it's the last fam name, number one in the ring. Forget about the sorrow, we the real king of swing. When the bell goes hang, you can kick like me. Thrown in the corner, make a splash like sting. Even Jerry King can take off the crown. Nodding his head like it's D-Low Brown. We can get low down, but we go even higher. Flip you on your head, but you know who driver. We be spitting more knowledge than Dragon Spits Fire. Give you more shock than when Edge retires. Dropping more truth than we kind of sniper. Bless you with a coconut, ride. Piper, Jack and JP, be like JYD, drop the cupcakes and quote the brain by beans, the best podcast from start to close. If y'all benefit, here's a five second pose. And welcome to stop 26 in a 30 week journey known as the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast. 30 weeks, 30 WrestleManias, we come to the University of Arizona Stadium, Phoenix, Arizona, at Boss. It's the legendary career, perhaps, of this entire yes. series coming to an end as Shawn Michaels takes a final bow in the main event. Well, like the WrestleMania tag sign tagline says, "Get all fired up." <laughs> oh, jeez, that's the ter- that's the tagline. Is yeah, that is the tagline? Oh. <laughs> that is the official marketed tagline of the mains twenty six. And what poetic, what poetry at play mm-hmm. here in the fact that. What this show, of course, takes place in 2010. 1997 yeah. was the Montreal Screw Job. Yes. Circle all the way back, all these years later, and Shawn Michaels is drinking in the limelight for the most yep. um, tasteful and lovely kind of send-off the WWE is capable <laughs> of doing. And Brett has to show up in a hockey jersey and jorts oh. and New Balances. Which is ironic because no, he can barely again, balance. It wait no seriously, it was a, it, you know it wasn't George. He was wearing jean capris. He, <laughs> the return of some jean capris. I think I think uh, our good friend John Cena was the one who introduced us to that here yeah. at the mains. He forgot his gear. The airport lost his gear, so John had to lend him some. <laughs> I mean, Bret Hart. Here. He had to buy. He had to buy a shirt at the uh, at the at a, at a, at one of the stands. You know, and then he had to borrow some pants from John Cena. What Cobble, a day. Cobble together an outfit there in, in Phoenix. You know, what a Brett, way to come back, Brett. Brett on this show 
Um, it's Glendale, by the way, not Phoenix. Glendale, Arizona. University yeah, of Phoenix U- Stadium. University of Phoenix. Not to be confused with, uh, what is it? The, um, oh, the oh, oh um, the online school. <laughs> I'm a Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. The University of Phoenix. Is it, oh, no. Come on. Yeah. Come on. No. I think this is indeed that. Oh, fuck me in the ass. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. It would, yeah, okay. I mean, isn't the University is of Phoenix real? a real university? I'd imagine it would be. <laughs> I imagine there's got to be a real... Maybe, maybe it's the University of Phoenix. Maybe it's Phoenix University is the is the, uh, is, is the garbage one. This hurts. It does hurt. Obviously, this is where the Cardinals of the NFL play. The Super Bowl had been played there in 2008. WrestleMania comes in and 2010. This and this, this year. year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right back to it. Um, that aside, I'm sure that'll be sorted out by the last I do like that the system. University of Phoenix uh, is in Glendale. Oh, of course, just like, you know, Dallas, Texas Stadium is in Arlington and the rest. Now, let's see. So this long-awaited return, I mean, you can't on paper draw up a more money idea than Brett comes back and finally beats Vince's ass. Absolutely. It's it's the long arc storyline ever since 97. It seems so easy. It seems so fucking simple. And we know what it means, boss, when something is handed to the WWE, what yes. they tend to do with it. It means they're just going to fuck it up. They're going to overthink it, and they're going to force themselves to do... You know, well, the, the, I, I disagree. I think they underthought it. Ooh, I think they thought that, well, shit, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if this is just going to sell. I mean, our fans aren't the same. Oh, right. That's what they I don't mean. understand. That's what I mean by overthinking. I you just know. think that what we have is a weak story. <laughs> yeah, it's weak, all right. It just happens to be the what, strongest story in the history of the business. But I don't think what happened between me and Brett is makes good television. Right. Let's have someone ram into each other in a limo. Yeah, I, I think we got to add some physical element to it. Physicality? Yeah, some... As they would write in the script, yeah. physicality, insert oh. physicality here. Insert physicality here. Jump cut to physicality. Read these seven blocks of scripted verbiage. Insert physicality. Go to break. <laughs> um, so Brett, biggest <coughs> night of his career, you know, not shit, let me rephrase that, for what should have felt like one of the biggest nights of his career, shows up like some guy who's literally a guest of Wayne and Garth in the basement on Wayne's World. Right. I mean, he looks like just, he looks was like... That, was that really his choice? Did he well, really the choice to look like shit i'm sure if he were to whip out i mean he pink really whack he would look even worse because... i mean he really was the shit man <laughs> oh I Brett. Mean, he could have no no but he didn't have to wear, bring out the old pink and black but he could have at least you know had someone design an outfit that i mean he he, he doesn't look to be as fat as piper no no he doesn't you know? look fat per se he i think he's just he has no shape. muscle tone no muscle tone and i think he could have he could have done something else that 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 was more reminiscent of what he what he was. Yeah, but God damn, I mean, he, you know, I mean, he's like, is he just old or he doesn't go to the gym anymore? Is well, he no, no, he, he's just destroyed physically because of the stroke he had. Um, that's really oh, what it comes down to. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. I remember Bret Hart's story being one of the first times I ever heard. This is before all the concussion awareness in football and all this yeah. talk about, uh, you know, the kinds of brain diseases that set in, where he had complete loss of short-term memory. I remember reading reports that he would go to the... Right, right. I remember... You told me this. I remember you telling me this back... I mean, way back when. You yeah. Know. He would remember, you know, long-term stuff, but short-term things, and it was like such evidence that... Well, he... I'll, I'll definitely say this. He remembered getting screwed. 
well, he, he better have to to have executed this. And, it, you know, it threw off I – mean, there was thought that he might not be able to walk again, let alone uh, go through kind of a, you know, uh, a smoke and mirrors pro wrestling match, which is essentially what this was at WrestleMania 26. I remember – I mean, except – and they were badly placed smoke and mirrors too yeah. for the matter. I remember thinking – Unlike Cody I, Rhodes, though, they were not only <laughs> smoke and mirrors. Go ahead. Um, when, when, uh, cause I think a, a, a lot of this shit happened while we were in college where his, his health and yeah. shit just deteriorated. And I remember thinking to myself, this poor guy, this poor guy who gets, you know, gets kicked out from, from 97 on, yep. this guy has just had a shit life. The you know his his longtime employer fires him, humiliates him on 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 live pay per view television mm-hmm. in front of the entire world. Mm-hmm. He goes to a new employer that abuses him. Oh, clearly, he gets a massive concussion. First oh. of all, hold on, his brother dies in the organization that kicked him out. Ugh. He gets a massive concussion uh, um, from a kick to the head. By Bill Goldberg. Thanks, Bill. Way to be a pro, you jackass. Apparently, Brett was next. Now, <laughs> apparently, Brett was the only one that, that needed to be hit. Apparently, Brett was last. <laughs> then he has a stroke. Then his family's in turmoil over the... Like, weren't they in turmoil over whose fault it was that killed Owen? Well, there is definitely a fissure in the family over who to blame and whether Vince yeah. and WWE shared in any culpability. That was the real dividing point. And of course, Owen's well, widow it? Martha was, you know, scorched earth on Vince. She she wanted to to destroy him, you know, in court. I mean, it wasn't my fault that I cut the cord and Oh, come on, Jeff, get in there. We're not gonna go there. But hey, they all they, they all got back together here at WrestleMania 26. They're all a happy family again. Oh, my God. But I have a feeling that on the drive home after the show, they already had, fa- had another falling <laughs> they were, out. They, were, they, they had a falling out during the damn thing. Bruce, will they you shut the, up? Bruce is the biggest load of shit. <laughs> I got to tell you, I can't stand Bruce Hart. I can't stand him one fucking bit. That's like the first time that's ever been said on a podcast. Oh, you know what? Let's Let's put the bullshit aside. I can't stand Bruce Hart. Bruce fucking hard with his and I, and I and I laid into him pretty well in my notes, but god damn it, and his fucking blazer and jeans and his sunglasses. What a walking ass clown. His Calgary chic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? At least and I love that only one of the brothers was wearing a fucking tuxedo. <laughs> the rest of them the rest of them were trying to dress like Brett. They thought that was the <laughs> It's a new dress code, brother. <laughs> Hogan's part of the Hard family? Brett, you look like <laughs> Right. It's so dress code, brother. Are we all supposed to dress like like a kid who's so fat that he wears shorts and a hockey jersey in like December because he's sweating? That's me. Check, please. <laughs> you don't have any hockey jerseys. You do have an XFL jersey, however. I do because the XFL was a success. Number one, baby. So there's so much going on here. I mean, and what a loaded maze. I also think how and I think you were going to bring this point up before, yeah. but we get sidetracked. How. Apropos that Brett's coming back yes. would be Shawn Michaels' departure. Yes, yeah, right. And that the the closing of the loop on this whole thing where Shawn was, you know, was kind of equal part co-conspirator of Vince yeah. McMahon in, in the villain side of this Montreal story, that by the time we get there, in this business, Shawn Michaels 
is the one who is truly lionized and who and Brett is left a shell of his former self physically and is left to do a match that would have been by any measure a home run 10 years ago 15 years ago and now is bringing an entire you know 70,000 plus stadium to silence no what awesome. a study in contrast it's I like, mean I also if there think was if it, there I, was karma it would be the other way around I know I know I know it's it's very it, it, the whole thing like I said I mean Vince coming out the bigger and better man yeah. out of that Yep. is the definition of irony. Isn't it unbelievable? The fact that Bret Hart's life, he went through a divorce as well after that, his life crumbled. Literally. He, this business crumbled. chewed Bret Hart up and spit him out. Okay? I'm not saying he doesn't have money or, you know, means, but he doesn't have as much money as he should, and as we'll hear from Dave Meltzer later, he had to battle with Lloyd's of London Insurance over doing this match at WrestleMania 26 because he was out on an insurance claim for the injuries that he suffered that ended his career in, in late 1999 and early 2000. And um, he comes back to hit Vince over the head with a chair and a pipe, and they're giving him shit about it. <laughs> you know? The, the guy, the, the, he doesn't even run the ropes once, for fuck's sake. He can't. I mean, he can't. He, he, can't he doesn't have his, so he can't sad. run. Because um, one thing that's uh, forgotten about, don't forget, it wasn't just the Goldberg kick at Starcade 99. It was compounded by two other things. Um, and about th- two weeks after that, and we'll talk to Dave about this, though I did notice in retrospect that yeah. I actually made a mistake and said it was Starcade 98 that the goldberg Bret Hart match happened. It was actually 99. So we go to 2000, and he has a match on Thunder. Wasn't there, cause there, the, weren't there, wasn't there another one, too? Is it the same match where... One match where he, put, he wore that metal plate to block the spear. Well, that wasn't a match. That was an angle. On oh. a nitro, in a, See, I, I wasn't watching that shit anyway. Yeah, yeah, he speared him as an angle in Toronto. Um, so that happens, and then the next month on a Thunder taping, um, he fates Terry Funk in a street fight match before he really appreciated the severity of the concussion, before even, hell, society appreciated the severity of concussions. Got your bell rung, get back out there. You know, you'll be fine. Um, and so Stewart he, always said, you be a man. Right. You're going to be a man, but you're going to get right back out there, and you're going to... You know, you, you got to fight. I don't care how many times you get hit in the head. You're my son. You're a, you're a hot. You're, don't be a fucking pussy. You get Dad. out there and you, and you, you know, I taught you how to fight in the dungeon. But, Dad, you know, what that. about but, chronic traumatic encephalopathy? I'll, I'll give you chronic everything if you don't get the fuck out there and start doing your shit. <laughs> so he goes with Funk, and they have a street fight. Terry Funk puts him in essentially like, um, I don't want to say a garbage can, almost like a rolling, like a... Uh, uh, <laughs> Donna. It's like, you this, know the things on a film set, you'd load all the equipment and roll it in a big kind of canvas. Yeah, a bin. Big a bin. bin. Thank you. Thank you. It's a fucking bin. A big-ass bin. Fuck? He's rolling him up the aisleway for a silly spot, but the bin catches like the carpet in the aisleway. It flips over. Brett lands on his head, uh, unprotected, flipping head over heels out of the damn thing. <laughs> Busts his head again, and that compounded the concussion. And then he's riding his bike, the poor guy, and he flies over the handles and cracks his head on the ground. And, um, and that was really the thing that's onset the most severe symptoms in terms of memory loss. And, and again, these reports that started to come out in the months afterwards, nobody's heard a peep from Bret Hart uh, for a long time that um, he's in a real bad way and, and he may never be the same. Here's um, the lesson. Don't ever be a decent person. <laughs> isn't that right? If you, if you be a decent person, well, how about this? Your don't life... be a, don't mm-hmm. be a decent person expecting it's going to help you on the other yeah, end. Yeah, right, right. 
be a decent person for the moment because jerk life later on will just make you wonder why you did Be a jerk and succeed (laughs) welcome to professional wrestling right welcome welcome to professional sports entertainment professional entertainment yeah as opposed to the amateur (laughs) entertainment right well that's community theater so uh, essentially (laughs) and the indies Steve, I don't even want to talk about TNA. I mean, that's essentially community theater compared to what uh, we do. I think it's like, it's like, it's like watching your kid do a fucking school play. I never went to my you know, fucking kid's school play. I'd rather, I'd rather watch my kid do a school boy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> guess what? Yeah. You know, we I've talked and joked as we get to these more modern <laughs> is that you know I'm walking around the house buzzing the theme song all spring, yes. right? Yeah, about all this January, February, March. So needless to say, in 2010, I was looking up to the sky, and now yeah. the world was mine because I had known it all my life. I made it. Did you? Did you I make it? it. <laughs> I made it all right. Why couldn't Why couldn't Thunderstruck? You know, Thunderstruck was one of the alternate theme songs. I think yeah. it was for a specific match. Why couldn't that have been the official theme song? Because they just weren't Jesus. having it. How about Audio Slave? Be yourself. How about get yourself out of my face? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, WrestleMania twenty and six, two thousand ten, March twenty eighth to be specific, seventy two thousand two nineteen at the University of Phoenix Stadium, Glendale, Arizona, home of the Arizona Cardinals, and a tremendous gate for World Wrestling Entertainment as uh, they truly are hitting their stride in terms of attracting a global audience that will um, pay top dollar for tickets. We mentioned last week in our review of WrestleMania twenty five that they set what at the time until the Roxena match uh, was the all time gate record at seven point two mil. This one uh, comes in. Uh, let's see, at number four behind uh, WrestleMania 27 and WrestleMania 24 uh, at $5.5 billion at the gate here for Mania 26. And um, and it, it was it was a night where they tried, Boss, to leverage the uh, yeah. magic of Undertaker Shawn Michaels the year before and just put it in the main event, up the stakes, streak versus career. And as we've talked about, and as we'll talk about again, Always a tough proposition when you take something that became a WrestleMania moment, a WrestleMania classic organically, mm-hmm. and try to basically recapture that. You, you can't recapture things in pro wrestling. No, no, you can't. I agree. Because it, oftentimes the stuff you're trying to recapture is stuff that was made organically. Yeah, that ha- right, part of the magic was that it sort of happened right under your nose. You yeah. know, we've talked about how much of a death knell it is to call a match a classic in the hype before it happens. It never ends up being a classic if you call it a classic beforehand. An an essential element to a classic pro wrestling match is the surprise factor at how good it is as it unfolds before your eyes, beyond your expectations. Um, By the way, uh, just to let you know, uh, it is the the University of Phoenix. Okay, yep. Is that school. It is. It's a for-profit institution of higher learning. I'm a Phoenix. Where, yeah, you're damn right you are. The University of Phoenix, this is, get ready for this. The University of Phoenix attained a peak enrollment in 2010, so the year of WrestleMania 26, of almost 600,000 students. Well, that's, Jesus Christ. That's a lot of meal bucks. 600. <laughs> that's a, that's a, uh, a busy to to, campus gym. I, I'd hate to go to that cafeteria. Oh, my God. Seriously. But yeah. but but its numbers have declined in the last five years. As of this year, its enrollment is two hundred and twenty-seven thousand. 
I support for-profit education. <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing sounds more like... red, white, and blue to me than that. <laughs> nothing sounds more get away from me than for-profit education. <laughs> uh, education hardly. So this uh, – <laughs> Did about eight hundred with with all the respect is, to the Phoenix you know, out there say, listening. I gotta, I gotta, you know, no 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 offense, but this is what the Education Trust says about the University of Phoenix. It's been designated as a dropout factory. <laughs> that's what it says in this Wikipedia. I love because what I like about that is it's uh, like a factory implies that they purposely manufacture dropouts. <laughs> yes, Come exactly. here to become a dropout. That's right. Um, that that is pretty oh funny. Actually, God. this show did about eight hundred eighty-five thousand pay-per-view buys worldwide yeah. very healthy and um and the wrestlemania magic is is in full swing of course we only have boss okay yeah. four shows to go if you can <clears throat> after this one yeah if you can believe that and so uh this is very modern you know there isn't much nostalgia really at this point wrapped up in these shows although i am surprised that this many years have passed since we've last seen Shawn michaels have a match i feel like it was more recently a, a lot of these um a lot of these shows I'm realizing, man, oh man, have we just the time's flown. I'm you know, five years, think about this. Mm-hmm. This is this is the kind of math that, that you want to think about. The same amount of time has elapsed. Oh no. Between Shawn Michaels' last match and the upcoming WrestleMania 31 or X or, or WrestleMania play sign, that happened between WrestleMania is nine and fourteen. Oh my god! Jesus, I felt like, you know, like I crossed three different maturity thresholds between we went nine in, and fourteen. Seriously? Yeah. Seriously. That is. I mean, I think part of that has to do with aging. Yeah. And the fact that you know, and the business we, changed much more profoundly at that point in time. Oh yeah. In the past five years, but I do take your point. It is remarkable how. A period of time can be so much more transformative at one point in the timeline and another point, you know, things kind of stay the same. I mean, part of me was thinking to myself, too, the fact that it's been eight years since we went to WrestleMania 23. Fuck me. Feel old yet? Yes. You know, that is truly insane. And uh, so here we are, WrestleMania 26, and a lot to talk about. We, of course, have the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer weighing in with with recollections, thoughts on Shawn Michaels' retirement, and... um, and all that went into this show. Yeah, I want to say, I, you know, I mentioned briefly last week that I was very close to attending this show. Oh, right. Um, so I, I had asked, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. You know, it's, a, it's only a six-hour six drive. And interestingly enough, uh, those of you who live in Los Angeles know that there is a, well, not anymore, actually, not anymore. But there was, in 2010, um, and 2006, more appropriately, actually, for this story, there was a drought of Dunkin' Donuts mm. in the area. Not anymore. There, there are a couple open, one specifically in Santa Monica. And if but, you're from New England, you know how important exactly, that is. You know that you need it to survive. Much like it's the like, Laps fan. Much like the Laps fan solar system and everybody else, really. They just don't know it yet, but they need this show. They New Englanders need Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, we, I, I found out that the closest Dunkin' Donuts was in glendale arizona wow. so in 2006 me and a couple buddies we actually drove yes. to uh, a glendale to go to dunkin donuts and we did and we were successful and um and we drove right back we spent two hours in dunkin donuts <laughs> we drove right back 12 hours for a two-hour payoff Did you get a dozen uh no i uh, did i i don't remember 
I got a ton of breakfast sandwiches. I think I got like eight breakfast sandwiches, <laughs> fucking bacon, egg, and cheese on croissants, and I like, kept in my fridge forever. I was like, this is it. Weeks and weeks of goodness right here. That's great. Um, I do know this is this is a quick one. Uh, 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 our our friend uh, 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 Bill O'Connell, the the real Bill DeMott, the average agile, the average agile big man, the Romanian juggernaut, I call him too. Uh, even though he's not Romanian at all, um, <laughs> he, he grabbed, he grabbed, he grabbed a, he he bought some uh, some Munchkins. That was a lot, wasn't it? That was a fucking. <laughs> no, I gotta. Um, they're all coming back to me. Average that, agile, yeah, right? the average agile big man. We used to call him because um, he's just from Wakefield. Just a guy. Just a guy from Wakefield. And he's not fast at all. That's the best part. He's like he's 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 average speed. <laughs> And he's probably gonna do a moonsault to save his he could, life, he, which he is what do a leg drop to save his life. Which is why Bill DeMott was agile because he could moonsault. Continue. That's right. Um, so uh, um, he uh, 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 so he bought some mun- uh, a box of Munchkins. Yeah. And he went to uh, uh, we went to a friend's house to drop them off, and he literally walks into a party. And he uh, he he slams the box down and he says, "America runs on Dunkin', bitch." <laughs> well, the, the guys from Boston are here. That's right. They know what's up. Everybody, uh, <laughs> everybody, assume your positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about to get Goodwill Hunting in here. But... <laughs> so anyway, so it's a, it's a short six-hour drive. Um. And I was, and I was ready to go. And I, I was like, you know what? This could be great. And I asked my wife, who was then my girlfriend, I said, would you accompany me yep. to the grandest stage? <laughs> showcase. <laughs> like, like she's going to wear an evening gown. <laughs> the showcase of the immortals. The granddaddy of them all. And I was shocked to, 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 to hear that she would. Sure. She was going to come with me. To the mains. But then she reminded me, literally within like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, you're in a play. <laughs> and <laughs> you have a show that night. You can't go. So you won't be maining it up. So you won't be maining. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You won't be right. You won't be you won't be ma- you won't be uh, wearing the lion manes. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, bosses. Uh, so are... I did not I did not get to go uh, uh, to the mains twenty six and I, I did not get to see um uh, 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 Shawn Michaels retire, and um, would you have liked to? Yeah. Looking back, uh, do you feel like you actually missed anything, or do you I look at the show and say I didn't I miss anything? Do wish be, only because, as I mentioned too, I didn't watch the show live because I had a show, mm-hmm. so I DVR'd it and I watched it the day after. However, boy, uh, uh, well, okay. First of all, I was very adamant to avoid any spoilers, mm-hmm. but stupidly, I don't know why I did this. I went to the Observer website. Uh oh. And but I wasn't going to read any any of the uh, uh, the WrestleMania recap or anything like that. I was simply going to um. Uh uh. uh I was just going to see what the what you know what the headlines were. You know, just kind of what stuff was and avoid anything mains talk. Mm-hmm. One of the top story on his page on Meltzer's page was something like. The future of Shawn Michaels. Well, there you go. There goes the finish. Completely spoiled. There goes the finish. Yeah, man, it's hard. I can't imagine these days being 
spoiler allergic and having to deal with Twitter and Facebook. It's like I could have gone to the show and not had it spoiled. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, that's about the only way. Um, so in that vein of sort of first person uh, taking in, we, of course, uh, have received feedback on this, as we have many other manias from the Lapsed Fan Solar System. And we remind you, you can get in touch with us in the remaining WrestleManias and your recollections of them, thelapsedfan at gmail.com. And, of course, on Twitter, at the Lapsed Fan. And uh, Brian Roberts writes in a very personal story from Glendale uh, that weekend. He writes, in 2010, I was a reporter for a local TV affiliate in Arizona. Um, so as media, you get offered all kinds of free passes and tickets to events. I thought I would use my media status to my advantage and request media credentials from the WWE for WrestleMania 26. A few days later, I received an email from the WWE telling me that they would be sending me three all-access passes for any WrestleMania access session I wanted to go to. Really? Hmm, look at that. Entry into the pre-WrestleMania press conference that happens about two hours before bell time, and three free press box tickets to the mains. Yes. Needless to say, I about fainted. Now, see, that. what blows me away about that yeah. is I, had, I do not have the impression that the WWE is very welcoming to press in that way, that they even have accommodations, but I think WrestleMania is a different beast. I think that's, that's sure. you know, you won't... I know, how come you have, you should use that to your advantage? I know, I've never done it. I, I wonder... If they'd I be, I mean, amenable. for God's sake, you could have, you could have, you could have gotten us some, some, some shit for WrestleMania 29. Rub elbows with the workers. That's right. Yeah, we could have, we could have, we could have, we could have talked about, about the booking, talked about, about yeah, could grappling. I, could I sit in on creative? That's right. I love the answer to that one. Yeah. Right. In fact, no. Not only can you not do that, but we now with, with withdraw tickets because we, we know, we know. Also, we, we don't allow you to watch our show. <laughs> We actually, you're, you're, you have lost all access to USA and WWE television. Brian, We've taken it off your cable. Brian writes, a day before the event, my buddies and I went to WrestleMania Access at the Phoenix Convention Center. When we showed up with our media passes, we were told we would be let in 15 minutes before any of the general public. We were the only media people there, and the three of us had a full run of access like it was our playground. It's amazing the amount of things you can do with mm-hmm. no lines. Yes. Next day, we showed up at the University of Phoenix Stadium at about 1 p.m. We got our credentials and were informed the press conference was about to start downstairs. We headed down, sat amongst 20 to 30 other people. We were in the fourth row, and Jerry Lynn just happened to be seated right in front of me. Really? Yeah, I don't know what he was doing doing there. Probably looking for a phone call. <laughs> um, Triple H, Bret Hart, John Cena, and Chris Jericho all came out to answer questions one at a time. And I remember asking Bret if he thought Owen would be proud of him for burying the hatchet and <laughs> coming back. For a second there, I thought you were going to say... Did he think Owen was going to be present that night? <laughs> right. Is Owen coming back? Is Owen going to be present? Is yeah, Owen you want you want to you want to get Brett to take a swing at you? Yeah, right. You know, hey, Brett, when's Owen coming back? <laughs> so um, that's a hell of a question. What did Brett say? He said not only would Owen be smiling, but his dad and Davey would be too. And he writes, "Insert JP Stewart voice here." Uh, if you're going to do that, uh, well, I suppose that um, I don't know about that. You know. Uh, I think, I think, I think, I don't fucking care. You, you little shit, you do whatever the fuck you want. I'm dead. We were taken out of the press conference to ground level so we could see the arena and what the set was like. Sad to say. Ooh, that, no, sad to say. Compared to other manias, I was a little unimpressed by this set. Okay. Um, Last set tour for you. Yeah, right. Well, fuck him. He can't come back. (laughs) Uh, Fuck him. Get me a bucket of water. I'm going to fucking drown him. Ah, fuck that. Get me a toilet and I'm going to fucking just drown him in the toilet and he can just die there. Um, he can so, just die there. 
<laughs> okay, Vince. No, um, <clears throat> I will say this. <clears throat> I don't know if they get. Did he? Did he say that he got like a full on, the full on effect of it? <clears throat> well, um, he says we because, made our way to the press box. So. All right, I, I, I be, I'll tell you why. The only reason why I ask is because it comes across better on TV mm-hmm. after the sun goes down. Yes, and because there's that there's that fucking gaping hole. Yeah. In the top of the thing. And um, the top of the roof. Yeah. And so the light comes in and you can't see the actual effect of the lighting and the color scheme because they have this pretty neat, uh, you know, brown and yellow and orange color scheme to, you know, desert. Remini- yeah, to, to, to symbolize the desert. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I imagine that. Because without it, it did look underwhelming. He actually does touch on that. It, it's interesting from a live perspective. Um, so he says they make his way up to the press box. I will say WWE knows how to take care of the press. Great food and drinks all night. This does not sound like he's covering the show. But anyway, uh, here are some worthy notes from the show. Uh, one, Punk and Mysterio was the first match on the card the crowd actually got into. Bret Hart's return was a bust because of all the outside Hart family crap. During the first hour of the show, the WWE kept opening and closing the removable roof on the stadium. The sun was directly in the face of about a quarter of the audience. A huge shut the roof chant broke out and was loud. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. It was loud enough that the roof closed for good after that. So they were playing around with it the whole time. Uh, I do remember a sudden um, a sudden darkness during the Randy Orton, Ted DiBiase, Cody Rhodes match. It's And I... I couldn't make yeah. heads or tails why all of a sudden the sun had so dramatically shifted. It was probably because they yeah. closed the roof. Um, no, they didn't. There's there's no there's no close on it. But it got they probably you know it was probably a weird thing regarding your eyes, the camera, the lights, mm-hmm. all that stuff just kind of not being in sync. Well, well, I mean, as he, it's a removable roof. They could close it, and they did. No, they showed shots of it. They showed shots of it all all day long from the from outside from as, as open, right? Yeah, they didn't close it. I think they did, and then reopened it. That's what he's saying. Oh, I oh I see. I see what you're saying. Right. Oh, okay. I understand. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Go fuck yourselves. And... <laughs> everyone in the press box were fans, but thought they had to act like they were professionals and couldn't mark out too much. It was funny to watch everyone holding back. That's a good point. The crowd sounded <laughs> lame all night. But I just think it was the size of the stadium sound was going away or traveling up too fast to make an impact on the event. Also writes, Undertaker Michaels was good, but obviously not as good as their WrestleMania 25 bout. Still awesome to be there for Sean's last match after the event. We were offered free tickets to Monday Night Raw the next night. We turned it down. Little did we know Sean Michaels would make his retirement speech that night. Turning down those free tickets still haunts me to this day. Welcome to the club. As it should. Mm-hmm. Why right. would you ever deny free tickets? Don't know. They, they, they just didn't think it was... You know, after you take in the grandeur of the grand spectacle, you, you think Raw's beneath you, I guess. No way. I want to see the fallout. Absolutely. I always want to see the fall. Dude, the, the Raw after WrestleMania is always a great show. Yep. It's always the best. It's the best Raw of the year, usually. Yep. Amen to that. So there you go. A little bit of live perspective from Phoenix back. I would have loved to have been in that in in uh, in to gone to the Raw in New Jersey after WrestleMania 29. That shit was hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one where uh, what was it? I think after 28, where Lesnar came back and killed Cena with the F5. Can you yeah. imagine the hotness? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's the table set. Let's turn our attention now to Dave Meltzer, who will uh, fill in a Again? bit of gaps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is becoming a pattern, is it not, he's Bossman? He's always here. He has Jesus. a lot to say, Mr. Dave Meltzer. So very proud to have him and a uh, ton of uh, 
behind-the-scenes stuff to fill you in on, including um, kind of the full run-up and, and uh, I guess, full palette of circumstances around the unlikely <laughs> return of Brett the Hitman Hart, not only to WWE television, but the reconciliation with Shawn Michaels, with Vince McMahon, and the match at WrestleMania 26. So here now, Dave Meltzer on WrestleMania 26. It's The Undertaker, Dave versus Shawn Michaels in a rematch from the year prior at WrestleMania. This time, it's put in the show-closing position as Shawn Michaels' retirement match in accordance with his being inducted into the Hall of Fame. So they heap all the stakes they can on this match. They go out there and do all sorts of things uh, to try to improve on the match before the year before. Uh, but I'm not so sure it did it. Is this match better than 25 or not? I like 25 slightly better, but um, this match was phenomenal as well. I mean, it's it's uh, it was right it was right up there. It was right up there. What did you think about Shawn Michaels' retirement? We talked about Ric Flair's retirement at WrestleMania 24 and the circumstances. Was this a Shawn Michaels call, or was this like Flair, where it was WWE? This was no this this was a Shawn Michaels call 100%. I don't think that they wanted him to retire, which is funny because even a year earlier, I think, you know what I think that what it was for years, Shawn Michaels was always like the, the, where he would slow down, but he wanted to work WrestleMania as long as he was physically able, kind of like what Undertaker ended up doing, you know, where, where he would was basically retired for years, but every year at WrestleMania, he would come back. Um, and then I think it was the Ric Flair thing. And what the Ric Flair thing was, because he was in the ring, where I think that that changed his mind. And it was just like, I'm going to be a man of my word. And it became so important because you know, you know that every single year they're going, you know, no matter what they're going at WrestleMania. Because, you know, Sean, he's Mr. WrestleMania. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, there's just like, there's, there's, there's always something he could do. There's always a new match. There's all these guys. It's WrestleMania. We always need help. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think it's pretty adamant, you know, and especially when he didn't work with Daniel Bryan after they did that thing. Um, I think that at that point, I think everyone's pretty much convinced that, you know, I don't want to say never because whenever you say never in wrestling, you're always wrong, but I think he's, he's pretty darn adamant. And, and, you know, when they do the, Whenever they do the one more match thing, I mean, he always shuts it down. It's not even like, well, maybe, or do the, you know, like even with Austin, we'll always go, well, you never say never. Oh, yeah. I mean, with Sean, it's just like, it's, you know, even though I don't think Austin's going to wrestle either, he may, but I don't, I don't think so. But with, with Sean, it's just like, it's just completely shut down. Like not going to do it. And, uh, the closing scene of this year's WrestleMania is an interesting one. Um, it, it's, it's Michael's saying goodbye, Taker kind of rolling away and, and for Michaels, it it's interesting because he had been the big match performer before he went down with his back injury in in uh, 1998. I mean, he had had these blowout WrestleMania performances. He had had the ladder match. He had had the Iron Man match. But I think it was this run, Dave, this return from the back injury that not only cemented Shawn Michaels as Mr. WrestleMania, but I think cemented him as an all-time great. I wonder if it wasn't for the Jericho, the Angle, the Undertaker matches at WrestleMania, if Shawn Michaels is remembered as such a surefire, all-time, absolute, no-question great. I mean, was this second run important to his legacy in that way? I think more important than the first in some ways. I mean, he he had more great matches in the first one because the second one he was a part-time guy, and he was younger and he wasn't as hurt and all that. But there were always the questions with Shawn Michaels in the first run. 
And, and it was controversial whether he was a Hall of Famer as far as the Observer Hall of Absol- Fame. Absolutely. Yeah, it was ab- absolutely. It was very controversial. I I thought he was, but a lot of people thought he wasn't. And by the you know, but if you go now at the end, you know, people will now look back at hindsight. And go, how was he not a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yep. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, if you look in in that when when you know when the the first year he was on and the first couple of years he was on. I mean, I voted for him every year, but it was it wasn't like it's a slam dunk and it wasn't like I was mad at people like, how could you you know not? It was like there was enough baggage on the other end. The second run, you know, there really wasn't that much in the way of baggage on him. He was a professional. He put people over he, and all that, um, you know, and and it was just and, and, in, and in other ways, you know, I mean, he was not the athletic worker he was, but mentally, you know, you know. And, and, and perhaps, you know, the, the drug, you know, the, the not having the drug issue, but whatever it was, mentally, he was far better. He was a far better promo the second time around. And when he retired on this show, you know, yeah, he's an all, you know, he's a no brainer, all time great. And I mean, you got to say, if you're talking about the from a North American standpoint, the greatest wrestlers of the last 50 years, you can't have the discussion without him being one of those three or four names, like like a Ric Flair and, and and some of the others. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he is in that discussion, you know, for the top spot. Why do you think Michaels chose to retire at the hands of the Undertaker instead of say Triple H? Um, he'd wrestled Triple H a million times, mm-hmm. for one thing. I uh, I think that it was just the time. I think he had that great great match the year before. The, I think that I think he felt it was time, and it made sense to do a rematch off for that great great match. Now this show represents, I think, um, one of the colossal failures in WWE history in terms of a ready-made match that they destroy by showtime. Um, they just take something that's handed to them on a silver platter. You just have to warm it up in the microwave, and you've got yourself a money match. But they they got too creative for their own good, as they're wont to do. And by the time, if you can believe it, Bret Hart gets into the ring with Vince McMahon this year at WrestleMania, uh, it means hardly anything. But come, let, let's switch it back to January. January 4th of this year, Bret Hart, who hadn't been, with the exception of being inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2006, really anywhere near the WWE because of the Montreal screw job, parts the curtain, confronts Shawn Michaels in the middle of the ring, reconciles, and it felt tremendous. Go back to January 4th that, that day and uh, how momentous it felt that that loop had been closed and Brett was back. You know what's funny is if Brett and Vince wrestled in February, I mean, it wouldn't have been as big as WrestleMania because it wasn't WrestleMania, but that match would have been five times Absolutely. as it was. Every week they did television, they made it worse and worse. This was something that it's like you, you – the. This, you know, it was funny because because when they did it, the all I could think of is is like every angle they do will make this worse because it's it's one of those things where the people already have their angle, you know. And when Brett and again, people will go, oh, you know, it's new generation, this, this, and this. All I know is is that January the fourth, and even before, even before January the fourth, when the rumors were out, there was a UFC, um, whatever was it, probably the Saturday before the Monday. Okay, yeah. and and I'm backstage. I think it's Vegas. Is it is it uh, is it Frankie and Gray? I don't even remember which match. Yeah, what a bench. Yep. Okay, 
So, so I'm backstage at, at, at that was a phenomenal match too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm backstage and, and it's just like, everyone is just like, Oh my God, Brit's coming Monday. It was like, this is, this is, you know, it was like a big thing. Bret Hart coming back to raw after all of these years. And, and they even told you ahead of time. Imagine that. Hmm. And well, they had a remember, TNA that was, coming back at him that night. So, yeah, yeah, because they had Hogan and Flair de- um, debuting on TNA at the same time and Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam as well. So it's like, can you imagine you, you actually advertise something? You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and so that was like a gigantic, gigantic uh, wrestling day. But, the, but Bret Hart's coming to Raw was bigger than Hogan and Flair and TNA. And, you know, and Hogan and Flair are like the two biggest stars of the last 30 years in some ways. And there's, you know, but it's Bret and Raw and, and then the history. It was really big. And um, what did you think of the face to face with Sean? What did you think of the way that played out that night in the ring? You know what? It was what Brett wanted. I mean, you know, there was, you know, you could look at it in another way in the sense that, my God, there was so much money in Brett and Sean. But, you know, Brett couldn't do a match. That was the problem. I mean, in the end of the day, he couldn't do a match. And with Vince, if he couldn't do a match. There's stuff you could do, and it's okay. With Sean, you know what I mean? Like, with Sean, it, it's like there has to be, like, a great match. And, you know, and Sean was retired anyway. Um, you, know, there's other, you know, there's other things you could do. But since, since the idea was the match is with Vince, you're not going to ever do a match with Sean. Let's do the makeup, and then the, all the heat's on Vince. And, and that was the way they did it. I, I you know, whatever. I, I don't know if I would have done it that way, but that was, that was their decision. My my feeling in hindsight is is that, and I don't know why this never happened. They have this that movie Wrestling with Shadows, which we've all seen, and it's the the greatest build. You know, I I think you know Vin, all Vince should have done is gone to USA and just gone the Monday before WrestleMania at eleven o'clock, or 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 maybe just on a prime time at nine o'clock on one night. Look, if you put that movie on, it's not going to do bad ratings, you know, on television anyway. It hasn't been on in years and years. And if it's at 11, who cares what the ratings are anyway? Because you put Wrestling with Shadows on after Raw, it's sure as hell going to be whatever they were putting on at 11 that night. You know what I mean? And I I have no idea what it was. But because the Raw viewers are going to stick to watch. Mm -hmm. So, So it seemed like such a simple idea. Just do, you know, verbal back and forth, serious interviews on both sides. Tell people the story, regurgitate the story, show the movie, everyone sees the movie, and do the match. Instead, they decided to do low blows, and they decided to have car wrecks, and all of these things that, you know, by the time they got there, it was it was just another match that people really weren't that invested in. And, and you know, this WrestleMania, you know, as far as when we talk about, like, the business of WrestleMania... Who would have thought that that um, out of the last whatever it is, the last several years, that the Bret Hart Vince McMahon WrestleMania, you know, if you would have said in 2005, in the next 10 years, we're going to have 10 WrestleManias and we're going to bring back Vince. We're going to have a Vince McMahon Bret Hart match at one of them. And that's going to do the worst business of the 10. You know, would you ever think that's even possible? No, I mean, it's certainly if they just had two months to ruin it and, and, and they did. Um, well, you know, I, I mean, I mean, I've seen that done before. I mean, Hogan and warrior in, in WCW oh, yeah. every week that they were on TV, they ruined it worse too. Yeah. No question. And why, how rather did Bret Hart resolve it in his mind that this was the time to come back because he had stuck to his guns for so long 
that I never really resolved in my head why it made sense for him at this particular point. I can't really give you an answer um, other than I think that it was just one of those things that, you know, because this was all his doing. It wasn't like, you know, every... For, you know, every year, I don't say every year, but every couple of years, they would call, please come back for WrestleMania. You know, the year that the, the Vince McMahon and God thing, it was because, you know, Vince convinced himself that he was going to convince Brett to come mm-hmm. back. Um, and, and Brett was like, you know, Brett never said that he would. I remember people in, in the WWE creative team going like, you know, Brett's coming back this year. And I go, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, no, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be, he's going to go against Vince in tag match, you know, and, and, and it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> well, Pat, we talked about WrestleMania but, 2105. Remember the USA Homecoming show? They they pushed so hard to get Brett on that show. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. And 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 the the one year, um, I think it was the, the Toronto one in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, they they wanted him to referee, I think. And I mean, you know, this, but so not every year, but several years they called him. Well, this was him calling them. Mm. It was just like he called them, and it's like I want to do a match with Vince McMahon at this year's WrestleMania. I'm willing to do a match with Vince McMahon at this year's WrestleMania. And, you know, they they were up for it. They said fine. Um, the only problem was is that, you know, with his Lloyds of London and his physical condition and everything, the stroke, he really couldn't do a match, so it had to be all gimmicked up. So the match, you know, the match itself wasn't any good at all. And and uh, it was terrible, as a matter of fact. But, um, but yeah, that was the idea. I mean, as far as why... I, I, you know, I, I, I think it may have just been one of those things where he just didn't want to hold the grudge anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he had, he had held it and held it and held it. And maybe it was just one of those things where he, he you know, life's too short. And why do I want to hate these people forever? There's no point in it anymore. It's been whatever it's been, whatever it was, how many years, 13, 14 years. And, um, I think that that was the thing. And it, and it was just like, and, you know, and, and, and in real life, bury the hatchet with Sean as much as he could. I think that he just didn't want to be, you know, holding on to that anymore. So that was, I mean, it was, it was a cathartic thing for him in a lot of ways. I think that was the catharsis for him may have been more than the match and perhaps the payday of the match. You know, he thought, look, you, you know, I mean, there is, the, obviously that's always part of mm-hmm. it. Although I don't know, you know, when all is said and done, because he ended up getting himself in all kinds of legal issues with Lloyd's of London over it, because Lloyd's tried to claim, you know, Brett claimed, and and he never did. When Brett had his last match, which would have been, um, I don't remember who it was. It was, you know, it was uh, Starcade 98. He gets kicked by uh, Goldberg. Then he works Terry Funk on a January Thunder of 99. And that's it. So was it, was it, because, because I, because he, so, so his last match was Terry Funk match. I knew he had like, um, it was after the Goldberg match. He came back and he was all messed right. up, and he did the stunt, the stunt with the car, which really could have that could have been really terrible. Oh yeah, tearing out in the ice there in the parking lot on an episode of Nitro. But I remember in the Funk match, it was a brawl. He gets put in like this garbage container and and pushed down the aisleway. It tips over, and Hart kind of falls out of it and lands in his head. And I always remember thinking that that had something to do with aggravating the concussion. It absolutely did. It absolutely did because it, it was it was you know you know. It was recurring. He was still feeling the effects, and, and then he got the other one. And I believe, like, the Goldberg concussion was really bad. Mm-hmm. That was a bad thing. And it, and and everyone points to that as as the end of his career, um, even though he did do, like, you know, whatever it was. Maybe it was one more match. But, but he, he, you know, he can't. But, but I believe that if you, you know, the whole thing was, was post-concussion syndrome. Even after that, the funk match, while we knew he was hurt and he was going to be out for a while, 
you know, it was never like this is, you know, he's never going to come back. It was he was going to recover and then he just didn't recover. And I believe that all of those things, you know, the second, you know, this, the, the second one, two weeks later or whatever it mm-hmm. was, however many week later, that whatever the thing was, is that I think that that's what like, you know, the, the double effect was was what, what hurt him. So um, but so he he had a settlement from Lloyd's of London because his career legitimately was over and it was. Then he comes back and then Lloyd's was like, well, you know, you came back. And I mean, there's a big and, and, and it's probably still going on. I haven't heard that it's been settled. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I know that, you know, that that well, the way I look at it, he never did another match, even though he did what was, quote, a match. Well, I mean, he also he, you know, he, won the U.S. title on Raw. If you remember that it was a but that wasn't a match. either. No, well, if they consider the Vince match a match, they might consider that as well. So it, it, it's not like that was the well, only that's, episode. That's the, yeah, that's the thing. And he and he did he did a match at the Garden and he did some matches in Europe, but he never took any bumps. He right. would just come in and put a guy in, you know, basically come in and put a guy in a sharpshooter, maybe do like a knee drop or something. Like he would do a move here and there, but he, you know, he didn't take any moves, and he didn't sell anything, you know. So so and he didn't do a match like you know you know I mean his career really did end, but you know there, you know, and I can see from there from their standpoint, not knowing wrestling and looking and going, well, God, he did five matches in whatever year this was, you know, 2010. And, uh, so he didn't really retire. So, so, you know, so that's, so, yeah. I mean, as far as like between all of that, I mean, I don't even know if, if, um, if you look at the, the, you know, how much he made at WrestleMania and how, and legal fees and everything. I mean, I, I, I guess he's ahead. I don't really know the answer, but it's probably not as much as you'd think. All right, boss. So we have that business taken care of, and we have the context of Brett's return to the WWE and why it was just flat, why it just didn't amount to anything special. And I, I looking back, you know, when I watched yeah. the match all these years later, I can, I can see, it's plain to see that it wasn't special. And that it sucked. Oh, it was, I mean, it, 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 in in essence, to me, if you, if you ask me, this was, you know, Vince going, all right, you want you want to come back? Great, great. And then he, no, get the fuck out of my office. Right. Patterson, get in here. I want to screw Brett again, <laughs> but I don't want him to know it this time. What I want to have happen. I want this. I want to completely overbloat this storyline. Take all the real aspects out of it. I want to break his leg. I want him to fake breaking the leg. I want him. Ugh. I want to. I want to do. Uh, you know, big contract signing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna blow the match. And then I want to hire his family to turn against him. Patterson is literally crying on the legal pad at this point. <clears throat> I want. I want this. This comeback. This big moment. This big return this homecoming to be as flat as a one-year-old baby girl i want it pat look at me to suck pat pat i want to lose money on this feud (laughs) the psychosis of vincent kennedy mcmahon and my god boss did he get it done or what Seriously, the scene what a was fucking mess. I believe it was January fourth, twenty ten. Yes, I remember yeah. this well. It was uh, the first time TNA actually tried to go live on Monday nights, head to head with Raw. Really, it was the same night. Yep, for at least an hour. I think they did eight Holy to ten. Shit, Raw was on nine eleven. That was a show where Jeff Hardy came in and Ric Flair came in, and they popped all kinds of different surprises and stuff. And uh, over on the dial, USA, not to be outdone. 
brought Brett back. They went. He went face to face right in the middle of the ring with Shawn Michaels all those yeah. years after Montreal, and um, they reconciled. You know, you How do know, you feel? How do you feel? Part of me always wanted Shawn Michaels to just turn on him. Really? Yeah. Part of me wanted this. You know, I, there there certainly is a a very nice. Yeah. Um, uh, it's very therapeutic yep. that the two of them reconciled without a fight. Yep. But part of me wanted Brett to get that fucking revenge on both of them. Yeah, and just kill them. You know? Absolutely. You know, you get like he could have easily beat Sean at at I don't know if was it elimination chamber by this point was it no way out? I have no idea. It was fast lane anyway. Yeah. Fast lane now. We were on the fast lane. Indeed we were. Um you know, he could have easily beat him at the February pay-per-view yep. and then beat Vince. See, I feel like Brett's physical limitations were such that a match with Sean would have been no, way, but way too it, ridiculous. It, it, it didn't matter. It, it, it could have been a one... These matches, quote-unquote matches, should have been three-minute beatdowns. Yes. In fact... Three-minute beatdowns. That's it. Yeah. I would advocate... Well, not so much for WrestleMania, but it not even really being a match, you know? He just runs out and yeah. beats his ass. Right. You know, I always felt like that would have been the appropriate treatment for this thing, considering Brett's limitations. Just a kind of thing where, you know, someone extends their hand to try to get one over on him or to kind of be the bigger man here. And then he just knocks him out again, and I mean, that, it, that's it Brett's come up. What the fuck is Bret Hart thinking? He just, he was over it. He was sick of being mad about it. I mean, no, 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 that's fine. I'm not talking about that. Oh, I'm talking about, oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about what's in his fucking mind to say, oh, I can go 10 minutes. Oh, oh, I know. And Well, I think it's just the mentality that a match at WrestleMania has to go that long. And as we've seen charting Vince That's McMahon, not true. There are plenty of matches that go three minutes at the mains. Not Vince's matches is my point. Oh, 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 I see. I see. As we've charted Vince's matches with the likes of Hogan and Sean and Shane. 35 minutes. He gets the Triple H, the Triple H treatment. He has to. I don't know why. He just feels like he has to. And it's it's hilarious because it's the like. Event. <laughs> I made WrestleMania. People come to see me. So I'm going to jump they off see, the ladder through they, a table they, at 19. Every, mon- every Monday night they come to see me. Every 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 SmackDown they come to see me, whatever the fuck night that's on, whether it's Fridays or Thursdays on USA or Sci-Fi or NBC or fucking UPN or whatever fucking channel it is, they come to see me. That's right. Hell, I won the title on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to 1999. To the they come to see me every every month on pay-per-view. That's those events are me. They come for me. Can't even. <laughs> they sure do, Daddy. So, um, yeah. So Brett has to basically wail on Vince like way too long with a completely. We'll, we'll get to it. Uh, what a what a mess. Oh, it is such it's a mess. A, it's a sloppy fucking mess. And you know what I was trying to say was I go back. I know it sucks again, but I still can't put my finger on where they went astray. And. I look forward to talking it through with you as we look at the recap oh, yeah. package that sure. looks at the angles and moments leading up to the match uh, and all of that. So, boss, uh, I believe we've come to the point in the podcast here, as we do every week on The Lapsed Fan, where we have to dispense with some grim business. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything for the WrestleMania 26 death toll? We do, actually. We've got actually uh, a few more than I thought, believe it or not. Um, we have four. Number one, we have Betty Hansen, hmm. who is Gorgeous George's first wife. She passed, yeah. 
who accepted the, I, I believe she passed very soon. Hanson or Wagner? I, I, Hanson on on uh, Wikipedia. Okay. That's what I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Either way, it was his first wife, not his second wife. Right. Because um, she was the one who dealt with him during his during his wrestle wrestling era, mm -hmm. more tenure. Yep. May Young, yeah. May Young inducted, inducted into the Hall of Fame. All these are Hall of Famers, um, well, except for one. Uh, Mad Dog Vashon, mm -hmm. he's yep. dead, and um, of course the Undertaker, who is not a Hall of Famer yet. He's also dead yet. Um, and then in our WrestleMania swan song. We have Mickey James. Wow. From an in-ring perspective, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Wow, he never had another match after this? He doesn't have another match at the mains. At the mains, okay. At the okay. mains, at the mains. And I don't think he has another match after this, actually. I think this is his last match altogether. Wow. I don't think he ever came back. I could be wrong. There might have been something on Raw, but at least I don't think he fought on pay-per-view. I don't think he has. Wow. Um, Shelton Benjamin. Mm -hmm. Uh, MVP, the animal Batista says goodbye to his original run. Wow. Of course, we we say we do say goodbye to Bret Hart, but it doesn't count because Bret Hart really said goodbye in 1997. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yes. Here again at the mains after the show. And ceases uh, to become a WrestleMania match and becomes its own pay per view. Yes. And that's it. That's all there is. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Some other guy, too. We got a this unmemorable guy. Sorry. Uh, Michael Hickenbottom. Well played. Swan song. He meant it. Yeah, he did. As Dave said, you know, that, that was a shoot retirement to him. You will not see Shawn Michaels wrestle again. Though he has come close, from what I gather, mm -hmm. to being sold on the idea to come back and work Daniel Bryan because... Uh, he trained Daniel Bryan in 1999 yeah. in his Texas Wrestling Academy and sort of broke him in. So those one-time things, I never, I never consider them to be coming out of retirement. Yeah, you know, I, I, like I don't ever consider Mick Foley every time he's wrestled since 2000 because he's never really been on a, he's never been a main roster on like um, you know a full-time schedule like a fixture. Right. He's like, you know, you don't, you don't see, okay, well, he's back again. He's part of the tapestry. He's part it, of the crew. Right. It's not like Terry Funk who fucking, you know, would retire and then come back as a full-timer. Sign a two-year contract. Right. And, and the same thing with Michaels. It's not like Michaels in the first time where he, he retired for four years and then he came back and had a great run. Like, I would consider a one-off match to be not... A total betrayal of the idea of retirement, right? And a not and not tainting his his um, uh, legacy. Well, I think you know the Ric Flair precedent and how mad they were at him for doing matches in TNA and elsewhere proves that for whatever reason these guys take that ultra seriously. It's all of a sudden in pro wrestling become a solemn pledge where it never was before. It was like the most laughable stipulation in all of pro wrestling, the retirement match. Right. I mean, how many times did Roddy Piper retire? Oh, Flair. I mean, oh, come on. Right. You know? Uh, so it's it's been kind of amusing in recent years to see the emergence of this retirement thing being taken so uber seriously. You know, Edge doing, as Dave talked about, the, the unexpected sudden retirement in the middle of the ring just one week on Raw. And yeah. it was a shoot, you know. Um, the day after WrestleMania 27. Unbelievable. No one expected it. And so, yeah, all of a sudden, uh, retirement angles, stips, matches, and wrestling are 
just as likely to be shoots than works. It's a very yeah. strange time in that way. Yeah. But uh, here Shawn Michaels sort of embodies it, closing the show at WrestleMania 26 with The Undertaker. Uh, we need to take that deep dive mm-hmm. into your WWE Network archive. It's time for the 26th stop on this 30-week freight train known as the Lapsed Fans WrestleMania Sojourn. <laughs> we're in that ass and we're going to stay there. We, that's right. When we penetrate that ass, we don't pull out. You're going to get everything we got and more. <laughs> That's exactly right. Right, exactly. You're going to be left... And you're going to feel it. And it's going to hurt. (laughs) It's going to hurt. And you're going to say, I don't want it. But before long, you're going to need it. On the other side of this break, it's WrestleMania 26. We journey to Glendale, Arizona. Mm -hmm. We journey to the retirement match of Mr. WrestleMania himself, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. It's the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast. Countermove.com, the fantasy authority in combat sports. You've got to check them out at countermove.com. Whether you're a mixed martial arts fan or you're into professional wrestling, Countermove makes combat sports more interesting. Win bragging rights and money at countermove.com. That's Countermove with a K. Look at any upcoming card, build a team, and watch them bring you home the gold, whether it be bragging rights amongst your friends and co-workers or cold hard cash. Countermove.com, the authority in fantasy combat sports. Check them out at countermove.com. That's countermove with the K.com or on Twitter at countermove. And we're back. Lapsed fan wrestling podcast. 30 weeks, 30 WrestleManias. Jack and Canarcio, JP Sorrow, journeying back to March 28, 2010, University all of Phoenix the way, Stadium. All the way back. Glendale, Arizona. Get all fired up. It's WrestleMania 26. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker in the main event. Retirement match. John Cena goes for the WWE Championship. Triple H works. Sheamus. <laughs> what a Sheamus. Yeah, indeed. A lot about to touch on in that regard. Oh, so, um, God. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get down and dirty. Open on the stadium. And, and let's, get, let's get dark here. There was a 26-man battle royal for the dark match. Oh, thank you. Yes. What the fuck? I, I, I love these... I love these who's ever left on the roster battle royals. Indeed. Because the number varies from year to year. It's like, well, what, how many guys how many guys aren't important enough to have a match? Oh, we got we got we got eighteen guys or just have an eighteen eighteen man battle royal. Now known as the Andre year? the Giant Memorial. Yeah, right, right. What do we got this year? We got we got we got forty five guys or we got a forty five man battle royal. Yep. Well the whole roster no one's on WrestleMania, only me. All right, then everybody else on the pre show battle royal and be four hours of me. Uh, the winner of this of this match was Yoshi Tatsu, which will tell you something. You know, I am somewhat, in a perverse way, grateful for these uh, battle royals at Mania because uh, they remind me of some of the completely m- just marginalized guys that they've brought in for a cup of coffee and they disappear and you forget they were even on roster. You know, Kalen Croft. Kalen Croft. Tell me something about Kalen Croft. I can't. Yes. I can't. Right I can't now. tell you a fucking thing about any of these people i mean half the people on that, that are listed to be in this battle royal I'm like who who here's the uh, 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 go ahead carlito caitlin croft chavo yeah. guerrero chris masters david hart smith finley goldust the great kali jimmy wang yang jtg kung funaki <laughs> not to be confused with funaki smackdown yes. number one announcer luke gallows mark henry mike knox primo santino morella shad gaspard slam master Jay. Who? Slam Master Jay was the white rapper character of Ray Gordy, who was Terry Gordy's son and who was Jesse in the Jesse and Festus tag team. For some reason, he became a rapper. Trent Beretta, Tyler Rex, the surfer dude, Tyson Kidd, Vance Archer. Who? 
Vance Archer, who came from uh, TNA and who wrestles these days in um, uh, as Lance Archer in New Japan and uh, wrestled in TNA as, oh my God, what was his name? Lance Hoyt. Thank you very much. Fucking name. Massively tall. <laughs> Vladimir Kozlov and William Regal. And who? Again, Oh, I know them. <laughs> and again, won by Yoshitatsu, who eliminates Zack Ryder uh, in 8 minutes and 34 seconds. Dark match at WrestleMania 26. There was another. Is, and actually, no, there was not. Um, not, not this year. Next year, there is two. So, uh, that's your Battle Royal. Before the cameras started rolling, so to speak, on pay-per-view. And yeah. we go to our opening shot at yeah. University of Phoenix Stadium. Yeah, and... We get three jets flying over the very not so attractive surrounding area of Glendale, Arizona. Well, it's right. They start well off and you get a good view of the terrain, but immediately surrounding the venue, it's just parking as far as the eye can see. I mean, it's just gross. I mean, even the buildings they show, it's like, it looks like all industrial park shit. Probably is. I know. I think it is. To take on that kind of uh, extensive construction, you're not probably not going to go for it right in the middle of a neighborhood or anything. And, uh, and there it is. It was, um, it looks great. The opening shot looks bright, looks airy, looks really cool yeah. overhead to be able to kind of see in through that square. Sure. Sure. Uh, it's really going. cool later on uh, at the very end of the show, I thought. And we're welcomed to WrestleMania 26 by Fantasia, who was sort of on the shark jump season of American Idol. Yes. I believe season number four, uh, that that uh, nothing happened in Country Guy who did the Ford commercials one season three, I believe. <laughs> Um, I don't remember his name now, which is uh, kind I, of the I, point. I never, I never watched any of that shit. Nope. Anyway, never um, been an American Idol fan. She she looks to be not so happy to be singing America the Beautiful at the mains. Not really. Uh, oh, beautiful. They find footage of amber waves of grain. I, I, I was like, I love it. They, 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 they actually have stock footage mm-hmm. of amber waves of grain. Like they Google imaged look, it. Yeah, but it looks like straight out of Gladiator. Yeah, indeed. You know? Uh, they they don't have purple mountains, but they have mountains. Uh, plenty of screeching from Fantasia, who of course has to put her own flavor on things. Yeah. Um, and then they replay the flyover that just happened, which is kind of a mindfuck. That's weird. Is this another flyover? Why are they going so slow? Is this a terrorist attack? <laughs> what do we have is here? It a, is it Al Qaeda? Right. Uh, the what question. Is it? Occurred to me. Uh, Trent, I think, our friend in the Lapsed Fan Solar System, crystallizes it nicely. He writes, as much as I love the John Legend rendition of America the Beautiful, I absolutely hated Fantasia's version. In fact, I hate everything she sings, and she shouldn't have won American Idol because she sucks. Well, there we go. Welcome done. to WrestleMania 26. Done and done. And so we start with the opening package, and it shows Boots kind of walking on the ground. It's an event that happens only once a year. Oh my God. Here we go again, boss. It's, it's like, Are I mean, you not a fan of this yet? <laughs> this this urgent strident tone they take for the WrestleMania this open gaudy over the top video package they do every fucking year there's a quote in there that really that really tickled my nutsack yeah it said it, it was talking about <laughs> <laughs> tremendous <laughs> where they said um that that uh uh <laughs> They're talking about the whole theme of the video was WrestleMania moments. Yeah, of course it was. Right. And go so, back to Hogan Andre. Here we right. go. Yeah, fucking moments. And the line is these moments are fleeting flashes of brilliance. <laughs> what are they I writing? Mean, copy for the six o'clock news with the tell, alliteration? <laughs> the forced alliteration? Tell me. 
tell me that Vince McMahon wasn't drunk off his ass on his bed <laughs> writing this shit. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, Linda's trying to run for fucking whatever now. School board or something like that. I got to write my WrestleMania monologue. Hmm. What do I think about myself? My moments. What about my moments? Right. Well, they're fleeting flashes of brilliance. <laughs> That's a good line. I'm going to write that shit down. Give me another glass of wine. Book it. Say, <laughs> Patterson. Patterson, stop cleaning the dishes. Go on in here. Am I not a fleeting flash of brilliance? Mm-hmm. Yes. I know. Now, fucking mop the floor, you bitch. <laughs> Vince, such a good boss, you know. If nothing else, he's great Patterson to work is, for. Patterson's his fucking house man now, apparently. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, that's why they're by the pool, because Patterson's yeah. cleaning it while he's booking finishes. <laughs> he's got the net in there. So can you uh can you imagine? Uh these superstars oh are chasing something that may only happen once in their lifetime. Uh, their WrestleMania moment. Well, show... yeah, if you're Shelton Benjamin and whatever, and you get these one these these little fleeting flashes of a WrestleMania career. You do. A moment defined by their relentless pursuit of perfection. Oh my God! What does it even mean? <laughs> Talk about a mouthful. Talk about a lot of words the, and no meaning. You know, I wrote I wrote something like this when I when I was making those um those videos for that for those sports videos for that school. <laughs> I wrote a package just like this. Did you? Um, uh, uh, if I can find it, I'll I'll read it. Did it's... you write? They've broken bones and healed wounds. No, but I've talked about the, I talked about the school being like a home for champions and that's so great and some shit like that. I I used to do so much inside joke wrestling shit yep. for that school, uh-huh. and they thought it was a shoot, and they thought it was all great. Like I'll never forget. I I don't know if I shared this on the show or not, but. One year, for the if, closing if you don't montage, plan on working for them again, please go ahead. Yeah, right. Seriously, for for one of the for one, for the last, you know, the kind of the closing montage of the video, mm-hmm. I used Chris Benoit's theme. This was the year after he died. Like like the, the video I made after he died, I used it because I said, "Oh man, it's so fucking dark for me." Yeah. To have a murderer be a murderer's theme song be the theme song for these fucking kids. And I'll never forget. And their athletic exploits. Right. And they, right. Exa- and their athletic exploits. And I'll never forget the uh, the guy. You know, the guy who uh, the 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 head of the sports department who hired me. He would say. He said to me, <laughs> "Dude, this song is fucking great. I need this song. I need this song." And so I emailed him a copy of it. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, yeah. You you find this song anywhere, buddy, and you're gonna find you know." Was dead it the bodies. Our Lady Peace version, the one with the yeah, yeah, in it? yeah, yeah, the word, of course. Whatever you need, ever you got, ever you want, I'll take back again. Oh my God, it's so great. <sighs> so, when they talk about broken bones and healed wounds, of course they show Brett and Sean reconciling on of Raw course. months ago. But tonight they will turn the page, <sighs> and um, the conditions are right tonight. The conditions are ideal. Yes. Place, opponent. Yes. Universe, oh. and they show the audience. Oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. My, my narration. Yeah. I, I won't say the name of the school because I, I don't think they want to. Yeah. An elementary institute located on the edge of the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> Within these hallowed halls oh. lies a community of students who hallowed halls. Hallowed halls. Wait, wait, wait for it. It's another wrestling reference. Lies a community of students who greatly possess. 
both intelligence and integrity. <laughs> you did not. I totally did. Among them is <laughs> among the community is an elite group who has chosen to further their education on the battlefield of physical competition. <laughs> Dude, that's right out of the playbook. That's totally like did. you fucking with yourself. I totally, totally was. It was be like the battlefield of competition. This? These parents think it's a shoot. These rich parents think it's a total shoot. They're like, oh my god, this is so intense. In four varieties of sport, yeah. do these athletes excel? I list the sports. Whether in victory or defeat, the affiliates of these teams keep their heads high and their hearts proud. Oh my god. Through exhaustion and anguish, they put forth their best effort to achieve triumph. I just pictured like 30 John Cena scenes from WrestleMania. Totally. Just lifting the belt, you know. Uh, They push forward with every last ounce of of strength. (laughs) Wait for it. Wait for it. In order to obtain immortality. You're damn right they do. They're all trying to obtain immortality by playing fucking high school sports. (laughs) even high school it's fucking elementary school these are fourth fourth, fifth and sixth graders it's even more pathetic than al bundy's four touchdowns in one game at polkai i wrote and then i list the school name and i wrote a home for heroes a home for glory a a home for champions (laughs) a home for glory These kids, they're like watching Power Rangers. Yeah, I know, right? To date myself. Playing with GI Joes and shit. That's so great. And the fact that like that passed off to the parents as like high level production values. They thought it was so great, and I'm literally. I picture Phil Dunphy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's the. They think it's a mate. Wow, man, what a great video. California. Oh, that's. So cool. Oh, man, it's really intense. The Californians. Yeah, you know what? I'm fucking making fun of everybody here. Yep. This is me <laughs> jerking myself off on all your kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. So. Oh, you're making fun of everybody. That's great. What are you doing here? <laughs> so, I love my friends in California, but my I God. I know. I used to do so many fucking... I used to always use try to insert some wrestling theme here or there. Right. Like a one year, um, one year I used Triple H. One of one of one of the alternative. Al, you know, I think the the Triple H theme from the uh, the forcible entry, the rape CD. Right. Um, and then I used. Oh my god! For the the last video that I did for that school, the opening montage <laughs> was set. To Brodus Clay's Funkasaurus music. <laughs> you were having too much fun there, my friend. Seriously, like they gave me such free reign on making these videos. I'm like, fuck it, I'm I'm gonna entertain myself. Funk That's was on I the roll. Do. Funk was on the roll, and seriously, the way I was getting away with shit, someone needed to call my mama. And now I look up to the sky, <laughs> the entertainment spectacular known oh, as God. WrestleMania. I made it. So we go to the building. <laughs> Pyro. Wait. Yeah, go ahead. Say the pyro. Pyro all over the place. There's there's a cover over the ring to protect yeah. it from rain. It looks like a big teepee. Well, I was just saying, they kind of. We'll see what it is. Is it's a pyramid yes. over in the desert. So and, and, and you know what? That's pyramids. probably what they were going for more than a teepee, huh? You, you, <laughs> I'm like thinking to myself too, though. But here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. There are pyramids in Egyptian deserts. 
Yep. So maybe if we had done the show in Cairo, this would have made sense. Right. Yeah, not Cairo, Indiana, by the way. <laughs> it, it, it really, I mean, that's so true. It's like, it's not in Arizona. If there's pyramids yeah. in Arizona, I mean, there is red rocks in Arizona. There That's is, and there's pyro on this night in 2010. True. Cole calls it entertainment's greatest live event. This is the glory, the grandeur, the magnificence of entertainment's greatest live event. I and, mean, uh, what the fuck? They just what? I mean, he the greatest live event. In entertainment, entertainment. Yes, entertainment's greatest live event. Entertainment's greatest live event. He, unfortunately, I can't give it away till next week, but he does another doozy that is actually, I think, worse than this. Should we pause now? No, no. We'll do it later to talk about the announcing on this show. My God, Matt Stryker, okay? J- I've got... JP... I- Seriously, this was a problem. Watching this show and dealing with him, you know, everybody makes fun of him. Everybody has a problem with him. And I always was like, I don't know. I mean, he he was kind of goofy at times, but, you know, he wasn't – he, he didn't yeah. get in the way of shows. He gets in yes, the way did. of WrestleMania 26. Oh, he does bad. <sighs> he does bad. And you know what? This is This is two years in a row where we get really dreadful commentary teams. It's so next year, not next year. Do you know who we get? No. Do you know who we get next year? No. Who? Josh fucking Matthews. You mean the TNA guy? <laughs> it's so not befitting WrestleMania. You know, it's like the fact that this huge deal, and you just got people delivering focused group WWE catchphrases the whole time, and euphemisms, and yep. you know calling them championships instead of belts, like that whole yep. mentality that goes into that. It's just so... It, it's one part of the production that does not need that sheen to it. Because that, it's getting out of hand. It totally is. It's getting completely out of They're hand. They're more it was producing one the thing, angles and the matches. It was... Yeah, seriously. It was one thing to to not call the... You know, to not always call the WWE Championship the WWE World Championship, but just call the WWE Championship... Okay, fine. If you're going to be that, <clears throat> whatever. But to like suddenly have to mm. brand mm. everything. Yes, exactly. To say, to call your fans the WWE universe. Every single time. Laps fan solar system, that sucks. Right. Right. You you see what I did there? Last fan solar system, that sucks. I I branded branded our fans. Oh, well, well, of course. It's a (laughs) tongue-in-cheek mockery of the whole I know. I know. And that's the thing. It is. You can't veer from it. You'll get in trouble if you just talk like a human being. Right. What kind of announcer is that? I don't want people who sound like people. I want people who sound like a brand. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Exactly. He wants people who sound like Raisin Brand. I mean, honestly, there is no other person on the commentary team who has their mouth just and surrounded surrounding and sucking on Vince McMahon's testicles as Michael Cole. <laughs> did not know where that was going and it went precisely where I feared it was. Yep. Yep. Well the guy, you know, look. Michael Cole, he's been around Michael long testicle. enough that I feel bad for him more than I hate him. He's just a guy who 
He is who they you know, want no, him to be. You know who I feel bad for? His family. Because they don't know who the fuck he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't talk like that, They don't know that, who Dad. he is. Huh? Yeah, right. <clears throat> who is that guy? You used to be different, Dad. You used to have a soul. Used to not use... Used to speak English. Yeah. But I mean... Used to talk to me like I was a person. It's not a, a commodity. WWE English. That's right. Terrible. So anyway, this is entertainment's greatest live event. Michael Cole reminds us that this stadium is sometimes called the Big Toaster, which just brings the whole mystique of the building down to about nothing. Like, okay, well, thanks, thanks for trying to make your show sound legitimate. Mm-hmm. And speaking of total like workshopped, focus grouped, yes. nonsense verbalist, Justin Roberts. Uh, introduces us to the show in terms of in-ring announcing, tells us that the following contest is for the Unified, get that right, boss, Unified That's Tag right. Championship. As uh, I, I should have written that down in the, uh, with the tag, t- I don't think the tag titles really were even defended last year. No. Um, but yes, the Unified uh, uh, um, Tag Team Championship. No longer do the brands, this is the beginning of the merger. Yes, good Right point. here, the beginning of the merger in 2010. Um, where the brand extension is no longer, uh, I don't know if we should do this anymore. Yep. That's where we're at. Melting away. More mm-hmm. exceptions than not uh, week to week as Raw adds SmackDown guys willy-nilly, yep. no problem. SmackDown, not so much adding Raw guys, which tells you a little bit about... Uh, which is exactly. what? Who's more important? <laughs> the pecking order. But uh, we open proceedings here at WrestleMania 26 with yes. the aforementioned Unified Tag Belts on the line. It's your champions. Show Miz. That is the combination of The Miz and Big Show. And they did what I always hate. What? They take the two guys' existing songs and blend them together. Yeah. Name me not... one time that's worked, ever. Yeah. It, 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 the only time it worked for me was the Allied Powers. Oh, come <laughs> that, See, that doesn't work either. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Well, especially because his song is not patriotic. Luger's song is not patriotic. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's the classic, like, British patriot song. <laughs> WrestleMania 11 flashbacks. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so uh, uh, R-Truth comes down, and he continuously asks us, what's going on? What's up? Says, what's up? I like mine better. What is going on? He even uh, asks the event... <laughs> The the event itself, what is going on? WrestleMania, what's up? <laughs> WrestleMania! What's up? <laughs> Here, this poor guy, first of all, he's dancing in like 1999 clothing. Like, it's 2010, and he has know, an eyebrow crazy. ring. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Come on, man. It's just, I want to kill myself. Uh, the screen they have up above the ring is huge. The acoustics are great and crisp. They have that crazy video sphere thing that drops from the ceiling. Like, Yeah, it's got that, that – that, oh, that's that different one that they have – wait a minute. I think it's different one they have next. Next year they have a crazy fucking thing. Like a block. This one's like a, like yeah, a the, peg. The, the energy cube they have <laughs> next year. <laughs> This orb of energy just descends from the ceiling. <laughs> Horrifying at times. We get our great slow-mo entrance for John Morrison, the partner of our truth and challenging for the unified belts. Uh, and it looks particularly cool because they shoot off some fireworks and pyro in the background of Morrison as the uh, show uh, this, shot goes in slow-mo. This is what I wrote. As Morrison comes down, we get a look at maybe one of the worst commentary teams since Vince McMahon teamed with Susan St. James. Dude. 
if you want to talk about the pantheon of bad WrestleMania announced teams, this this team at times gave them a run for their money. And I'm- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I would rather have Vince McMahon and Susan St. James wow. because at least there's funny shit there in her awfulness. Right. Yeah, yeah it was a lot easier to you – know, you know, I have as, to say though. As much as say. I called her a slut and a bitch and stupid, there was entertainment there. These guys are just awful. Stryker brings back for me something that's been missing from WrestleMania recaps since, <laughs> you know – mid 90s late 90s where like a good 25 percent of my notes are about stupid announcing phrases that that had gone away yes just boring now it's like annoying it's agree beyond boring you know i mean offensive yeah it's 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 pretty bad it's pretty fucking bad. So we do get a glimpse of the team. Uh, the Miz gets a lot of pyro for his entrance, Miz and show. Uh, Miz is also the United States champion at this point in time. Uh, so he looks like a big deal with all that gold. I mean, it's as if he'll be a main eventer next year. You ready for this? Uh, yeah, right. You ready for this too? Mm-hmm. Cole informs us it has been nine years. Nine years since tag titles have... Ch- oh, it changed hands at the mains. All right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. As opposed to defended. I thought I thought he was going to say that. I thought I wrote down that he, the last time they were defended at all, was nine years ago. But that's not true. Cole's that's, all, that's just stupid. Who would Cole say? Also that? informs us that this is the first time we've ever been live on pay per view in Romania. So there you go. Uh, I'm, sure they were, I'm sure they were just fucking hankering for the mains. Like Lawler, what, five people bought it. <laughs> Jerry offers this. Hi, Romania. So he's on his fucking A game tonight. <laughs> So we go to the ring. Hey, he's got a good one, actually. He's got one good line. Okay. He's got one good line. I'll say it's probably his best line. <clears throat> his best line in maybe 10 years and possibly his last good line. He says uh, 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 that he went out to dinner with the Big Show, and when the waitress gave him the menu, Big Show said, I'll take it. I went out with the Big Show the other night for dinner. The waitress gave him the menu. He looked at it and said, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, that was cute. I made note of that as well. I, I like that. That was funny. That was that was very Heenan-esque, and it was delivered properly. Out of the gate here in the tag match, Morrison hits the breakdance leg drop, and R-Truth follows uh, with a guillotine leg drop off the top rope for two. Big Show hits a huge follow-away slam on R-Truth. Morrison hits a split-leg moonsault, which he called, of course, back then the Starship Pain. But that <laughs> fit of aerialism what missed. stupid name. Yeah, thumbs down. R-Truth dives uh, onto the Big Show on the floor, but gets caught and thrown into the post show that makes a blind tag, tagging the Miz. And as uh, Morrison attempts to springboard off the middle rope, Big Show catches him with that big skillet in the grill. Well, speaking of skillets, Matt Stryker decides to give us some perspective and lets us know that the Big Show's skillet measures 15 inches. His hand is 15 inches. It forms a fist. It clocks Morrison in mid-motion with the big KO punch. Skillet. From the apron. And it's one, it's two, and it's three. In three minutes and 24 seconds, show Miz defend successfully the Unified Tag Championships against John Morrison and R-Truth in the WrestleMania 26 opening contest. And we get that music again. The show Miz, just as I came to play, big show, I came to play, big show. Oh, God, it's awful. Isn't it great? Uh, I will say this, though, about the Miz. Um, He was truly coming into his own. He was at this time. I really, I thought he was great. I was big fan of him at this time. I thought he had momentum. He had like a fire under him. Mm-hmm. And you know, by year's end, I remember the promos that he was cutting. 
after he became champion. Yep. <clears throat> he was like it was like a renaissance mm-hmm. had happened. Absolutely. He was so damn good. And then it all just fell apart. He'll he, never have that success that he had between WrestleMania's 26 and 27. I don't think he'll ever get there. Especially ever. when basically every month someone says to him on Raw, remember when you were in the main event at WrestleMania? What a joke. Like, <sighs> on TV, scripted line. Like, sorry, there's no recovery. Too bad. It's like, this guy, I mean, for all the shit we've given him, I mean, I, I don't know if as much as he was, I don't know, uh, created to be mm-hmm. good. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know much about the Miz, except for what you tell me about about his backstage um, stuff, and that I know he's brought in to be the guy who some like they they make him seem like he knows all this stuff and was a fan, even though he wasn't a fan. Well, yeah, when they do you know documentaries, yeah, when they do documentaries and they have a narrative they want to spin, um, and they need somebody to give voice to that narrative, they'll just Miz will basically sit there and say whatever they need to tie up loose ends as if it's his real opinion on what happened in the business when he barely even cared about the business. Um, and he never, he wasn't a fan, right? Not really. No, not even to an appreciable he, even degree. Though he, even though he wanted to, even though he wanted to be a wrestler on, on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he was, uh, he, he, he wasn't any kind of student of the game. Let's put it that way. He was a fan just like everybody was in the late nineties, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to next week, WrestleMania 27 and talking about the Miz story. I think that's that's really the appropriate place to sort of dissect what sure. it was that suddenly made it make sense that he would be WWE champion and headlining the show. And then uh, the most precipitous sure. fall, I think, ever of anybody who's ever held the belt in the WWE is, is yeah, Miz. Never, never, never has a guy. I mean, uh, I don't I don't think he was even on WrestleMania 28. No one's fallen further. No. Um, absolutely not. Uh, Lawler mentions the Pro-Am Golf Tournament was back for WrestleMania 26 and the art show for WrestleMania week. So WWE very much ingratiating itself to the Glendale yeah. community. There we go. Uh, Cole talks about some of the sights and sounds of WrestleMania week. It's it's kind of overwrought. It's like, Jesus, they got the charity yeah. art show. They got the fans from everywhere. Just stick to the fake sports. All right. Yeah. You can do these things, but no, you know. I don't want to hear about it. We're not going to be impressed. Also, listening to Kofi Kingston speak, I get a funny feeling that he might not be from Jamaica. Oh, yes. No, certainly not. Massachusetts born and um, Ugandan. That's his heritage. Born in Is U- he really? Yeah. Massachusetts raised, born in Uganda. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Indeed. And uh, Winchester was, was High his... Standout was... wrestler at Winchester High School. Wow. I think he was state champ or something like that. Was his uh, mentor uh, 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 and trainer Kamala? No, no. Oh. Too bad. Unfortunately. Uh, they show Santino crashing a golf cart, the WrestleMania Reading Challenge. All these kids get trophies. Whole, uh, Big Show holds a child. And we go back to the ring. It's a triple threat match as the idea of Legacy Boss, which had potential, just kind of gets – the air comes out of the balloon all at once here, doesn't it? Leg- it does. Legacy is set to implode yeah. here at the main 26. Ironically, they this- didn't. the one thing they didn't leave is a legacy. I know. I know. How many times has Cody Rhodes been repackaged? Oh, so sad. Ted DiBiase is gone, and Randy Orton is still Randy Orton. Um, what did I, you I think to, of Legacy? I used to like – I liked Legacy. This – this, um, you know, this the, this the breakup of this feud was so forced. Oh. It was so forced. 
I didn't get it. I didn't know. I was, it was like, well, we don't know what to do with these guys. Let's just fucking have them implode. I feel like it was another one of that this the <laughs> symptom, this WrestleMania symptom that's setting in in these later stage shows where it's like, oh, it would be pretty cool if we did Jeff versus Matt at Mania. So no matter what happens, right. we're going to just make that happen at Mania, even if by the time we get there, it's the most nonsensical thing and forces us to like change 30 different things around to get to a, a match that we weren't building towards that we just decided would look cool on the show. And I also don't like that we're in the age of stables that are made to be broken. Oh, absolutely. It's a countdown. Tag teams as well. Right. Because we know they're not going to really go you know, all in with a tag team these days, that it's just a way to give a couple of guys something to do until they figure out new individual pursuits for them. I, I think part of the reason that these stables and these teams are, are done that way is because there's no... There's no um, common denominator. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Heenan family lasted for years. Yep. Because Heenan was there. It revolved around Heenan. And Heen- it revolved around Heenan. And he would, and it wasn't like these guys were, you know, leftovers. They were all main eventing, for God's sake. Heenan was in the main event for a ton of, of, of WrestleManias, the yep. f- first few. And, um, but but and you'd lose guys and he'd gain guys, you know he'd, he'd he'd gain Hercules he'd lose Hercules and then he'd gain Haku and then he'd lose Haku and then there's that. But the family was always there. The stable was always there. Mm-hmm. And I, you know th- th- this is like King has a a quote in the match. And I'll just do it now. Yeah, where he questions why a team like this would break up. And Stryker, ready for this? Stryker informs us that the WWE is about individual achievement. Oh. Now, that is a Vince line if I've ever fucking heard oh, you, you know, You're not myself, kidding. So I'm thinking to myself, so all these incredible tag teams, Demolition, Road Warriors, New Age Outlaws, Natural Disasters, Money Incorporated, the Dudleys, their achievements were null and void because it wasn't as individuals. Right. So... So I'm it, thinking didn't, myself, it didn't ultimately go anywhere in his mind. Right, right. And so we won't have stables that last forever because, well, this is the era of individual achievement. It's true. That's what this is. It's true. They're, they're so obsessed with finding somebody that they can position yes. in that, that top eight who can be the total package, cut a promo on his and it's own. Like, and it's like, but wait a minute. Think about what makes you success, what, what has made you success in the past. Mm-hmm. The New Age Outlaws were a fucking draw. They were a fucking draw. They were a tag team. And they were probably one of the most popular tag teams of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... But they were a team. Yeah. It, it, they weren't people, individuals. People don't... The Hardy Boys is a perfect, exa- a perfect mm-hmm. example. They were an entity. They were a draw. They were a merchandise... They were merchandise sellers. Not to say Jeff wasn't on his own, but together they were a powerful force. And right. And broke them up some units are greater than the sum of their parts and when you break them up they all don't evenly distribute that degree of credibility and that degree of potential there's something in in the coming together i mean you look at orton you look at batista you look at evolution you know you're gonna tell me that the fact that they were in evolution wasn't a huge part of why they were accepted as main eventers when they made the transition and that in fact if evolution had lasted another year or two years it wouldn't have been that bigger of a deal um they wouldn't have been that much more ready um Mm -hmm. to be positioned that way i mean these are 
incredibly important mechanisms, these stables and these tag teams that the WWE has at their disposal to kind of sneak yeah. guys into the picture, you know? Yeah. And they just, they're obsessed with unraveling it and immediately determining who can and can't hang. Um, because yeah. like you said, it's a means to an end. It isn't an end. And it should be. So, uh, let's get rid of this fucking legacy thing. Let's let's light a match mm-hmm. to this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and a great idea, too. I mean, what, a, what a great... Yeah, they're all second generation, third generation. It's, you know, it's it's a form of evolution, is what it was. And these, you got these other these exactly these second, third generation superstars. And I forgot the I forgot the theme song. It's a yeah. new day. Well, not anymore. It's, it's an a old new day. Generation. No, <laughs> Teddy Biasi had been inducted last year. Teddy yeah. Biasi, of course, senior. Yes. And uh, tonight they say Ted Junior. Will take his first step toward building his own WrestleMania legacy. I laughed out loud. I really yeah, that's really funny. Uh, I, nope. A knee padless Cody Rhodes makes that. Oh, I awesome. hate the knee pads. The lack of knee pads. Oh, you got to see his bony knees. Oh, I'm like, he looks naked. Yeah. He looks fucking naked. Uh, um, you know, Cody Cody Rhodes. <laughs> he, for some reason, he always reminded reminds me of of Roddy McDowell when he's in his <laughs> Planet of the Apes costumes. <laughs> So that's basically, a good one. basically, Cody Rose reminds me of a monkey boy. Yeah, that's only smoke and mirrors anyway. <laughs> Matt Stryker says Cody, latex. Cody is, and I quote, the seed of the dream. <laughs> that's More like the seed of the true. nightmare when you well, put it that way. That's what it is, because I planted my seed in my lady, and, and I, out came... Okay, my little baby boy, Cody Rhodes, baby. And 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 you see, that's what he is. He is a dashing young man. Mm-hmm. And he is going to be a big superstar. Superstar dust is what he's going to be. What it is is what it is. What, what it is is what it is if you will. Even if baby. you won't. <laughs> if you will, if you won't. I am the American dream. And I spray my seed all over the fans. <laughs> well, that can get messy. Right into the fan dust? Doesn't it just fire back at you like the chicken feathers in Home Alone 1? I impregnate the fans. The entire universe. They all get my American dreams. Yeah. My American wet dreams all over people's faces. <laughs> They're going to look like Joe Pesci in Home Alone 1 after a while. <laughs> With feathers. American wet dreams. Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> Why the hell did you take your shoes off? <laughs> so... Babyface oh Bob for Randy Orton. American Wet Dreams is going to be in my fucking mind for a while. That's a t-shirt right there. It is. That's yeah. a dusty t-shirt. The crowd loves oh. Orton as the face here. Make no mistake. They want to see him whip ass. I didn't. I was not a fan of that. What, him beating these guys down? Not him. Well, him doing. Yeah. First of all, him beating the guys down and him being the face. Really? Yeah. I was not a fan. Well, you want Cody and Debers to be faces? I, well, I didn't want any of them to be faces. Yeah, I see. You know, it was like they, they shouldn't have been faces. Mm-hmm. I, and also, Orton shouldn't have gone over. Come on, man. Mm. Well, it, it just proved that they were really driving the stake into the heart of the whole thing. You know, that yeah. Cody and Ted DiBiase, it was clear after this night, we're going to have to start all over again. For whatever reason, they just decided that this is diminishing returns and it's not worth going forward trying to make DiBiase and Rhodes in this way. And uh, that would be it for Ted DiBiase. Poor guy. Um, 18 months ago, they said Orton uh, formed Legacy. They wanted to fly away from the nest, however. It's only natural. Lawler, this is your point earlier, you know, chimes in and says, why is it only natural? Why not keep a cohesive unit like this together? Stryker then talks about individual achievement. And then he says, quote, this is Orton's destiny, not his legacy. Can you explain to me what that even means? Nope. 
Okay. So um, this is the point where it seems to all of a sudden get very dark, like a big cloud cover hits uh, yeah. the building. Orton drop kicks Rhodes out of the gate. DiBiase drop kicks Orton immediately after. So uh, some shades of each other there. Double team on Orton. They stomp the full circumference of his body, as Randy Orton is wont to do, go around the world with the stomps. Um, they're using everything they learned from Randy, the announcers point out. Well, uh, it could be said that Randy Orton taught them everything he knows. He didn't teach them everything he knows, however. That's correct. Randy Chance start. Um, he's a bona fide baby face here. Uh, Cody Rhodes with a padless knee to Randy Orton's head. Big knee drop. I mean, everything about the, the lack of pads <laughs> makes me like uncomfortable. Like the matte burn on his kneecap. Yeah, I mean, I think about why wouldn't you want to wear knee pads? It's old school. That was a big thing in Japan. Like, real wrestlers don't wear knee pads. Remember Hogan oh talked about God. that? About how oh, Hiro Matsuda stretched me, brother. <laughs> I always take everything Hogan says with a grain of five salts. <laughs> a grain of, like, a grain of sodium. Yeah. Um, so, DiBiase... Um, Kosher after, sodium, too. Yeah, after Rhodes, after Rhodes scores with the knee, um, he goes up to the top rope. DiBiase tries to sneak in the cover. Rhodes yells at him, dumps him out. Um, and so, there's uh, already trouble in paradise as Rhodes and DiBiase look like they were going to work together to dispatch Orton, but that's done with. Um, Rhodes hits the Alabama slam on Orton, gets one two as DiBiase breaks that up. More jad jocking between jaw jacking. <laughs> jad jocking? Is that what I said? Jad jocking. Jad jocking. Which is just bizarre. Between uh, Rhodes and DiBiase. DiBiase drops Rhodes with the right hand. They tussle. Nobody cares about Ted DiBiase showing fire. Uh, <laughs> Nobody. Uh, Orton goes Nobody nuts. Nobody cares about Ted DiBiase, period. Yeah, that's true. Nobody cares about Ted DiBiase You're not on, your dad. on fire. You're not your dad. That's what I want to keep saying. You're not your dad. Your dad's so much better than you. You're a fucking pussy compared to your dad. We have to give that guy the ticket right next to the hot mic. Orton goes nuts with clotheslines. Power slam on DiBiase, on Rhodes as well. Striker uh, calls it the Mad Dog Power Slam. <laughs> he drops for the RKO but gets pulled out by DiBiase. Rhodes hits a plancha. Uh, Orton dodges it, though, and so Rhodes takes out DiBiase on the floor instead of the intended target. Orton hits the draping DDT on Ted DiBiase. Uh, Rhodes gets up, and uh, he's kicked, drags uh, them both into the ring, does Orton, and spikes them both on their head with yeah. draping DDTs. Somewhere around here, we get the um, uh, uh, the debut of the Apex Predator line, at least at WrestleMania. Oh. We hadn't heard that before. First time he had been referred to. The Apex Predator He's ready for an RKO on Rhodes. He's cold. I want I want um, I want Orton. You know you know you know Patterson. Get in here. Yes. You have this idea. So I've been watching that um, that show to catch a predator. Oh. It gets me excited. Oh, for you know, I like just... you know that. So what I want to do is I want to make Orton. I want to imply this that Orton's a predator, like a rapist. All right. So I want to call him the rapist. Mm, Vince, I, I don't. What's wrong with that? Not the best idea, Vince. How about we talk about something like, uh, you know, something on Predator instead of. Or, or we could call him. I don't think rapist could, will, will get over. Or we could call him the raping predator. <laughs> well, we're getting there. Progress. Um, How about. 
How about some other kind of predator? This poor guy. This poor guy. He's like, is trying so hard to have a res- it's McMahon. respectable. It's McMahon. He's trying to keep <laughs> trying to keep the 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 enemies at bay. You know that are coming for Vince's nest egg. The way he's gonna negotiate Vince's ideas. <laughs> oh, the poor man. The that, poor man. I wonder he's so fucking old. He was gonna call WrestleMania the colossal tussle, <laughs> and he was gonna call Randy Orton the raping predator. And he was going to have WWE rape the CD. <laughs> you get the feeling he's got that on his mind. So anyway, Orton... I just, I just love rape. Orton's primed for the RKO on Rhodes. He's coiled. But Orton's then he gets primed for rape. But then he gets a look on his face like he's rethinking it. Then he rises slowly. Tremendous body language here by Orton. By the way, I got I to say this. I got I gotta, a couple things I got to say. Mm-hmm. Number one, Orton's... Uh, Babyface manner- mannerisms when he does moves make me want to puke in my mouth and swallow it. Really? Why? Yes, because he does this kind of like he hits a move and then goes. Argh! Yeah, like he's got electricity like, running up and down his body. Being a face, just be the badass viper. Yeah, yeah. But let us cheer you for it I if take, we're going to cheer you. I take. Even I don't think we should cheer you. Um, but regarding uh, uh <clears throat> um. He does his old taunt. Orton mean, does the old taunt for the, the the old RKO taunt where he does the fists. Oh right! You know it looks so much better than what he does now. Where he slams where he two hands like on slams the mat. Hands on the mat. Like it doesn't. It, it seems so. I don't know, pussy. Well, he but, tore his shoulder doing that once. Doing that? Yes, doing the bald fists into the mat. Really? Yeah, he tore his shoulder on it. I think it was like a. My vague memory is like a July pay-per-view. It was a pay-per-view, and he was so injury-prone, especially when uh, he wasn't well. And, um, and yeah, I mean, he would have all kinds of injuries, and that one time he literally tore his shoulder, punching the mat, setting up the RKO. So that's when he started doing doing it the other way, where he kind of puts the blade of his hand, the blades of his hands. He kind of uses his forearms right, instead. Right, smacks the mat of... that way. Oh, well, I like the old way better. I don't care what he fucking cares. <laughs> do what you got to do. Well, anyway. Um, but I got to say, so, because Cole said something really stupid and funny. Mm. But he says that the Viper is coiled. That's right. That's right. The demented, twisted mind of Randy Orton has come to life. <gasps> the Viper is coiled. Because, <laughs> you know, he's... He's uh he's animated that way. He's um he's he's a a, a viper incarnate. He embodies I, I it. Wish, I wish I I I wish Cole's family the lack of existence of Michael Cole. So you, you guys be better off. So Orton is prime. Get a real dad. Orton. Get a real husband. Orton is coiled. But then again, he rethinks it, rises to his feet, and kind of at a snail's pace, walks back yeah. to the corner, looks to the crowd like I've got an idea. Backs up for the yep. punt and the crowd likey. Yep. And then he punts Rhodes in the head to a big pop. So the punt yep. is over at this point. The running kick to the head. DiBiase hits. Uh, yeah, DiBiase comes in and he hits the and and Orton hits the Citizen Kane. The Citizen Kane. Yes, that's his move. The the RKO picture. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's the studio that produces. Oh. <laughs> RKO Threw me for a loop there. <laughs> It's the Citizen Kane. I'm thinking of Glenn Jacobs the whole time. <laughs> I'm thinking of Kane. I'm thinking we're all around the world as God. Uh, <laughs> 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 
you do such a stirring rendition. So DiBiase slips in, Million Dollar Dream, uh, pulls him down judo throw style, and then RKO. One, two, well, I, could, I could have called the Charles Foster Kane. So, <laughs> that's pretty funny. That should be his next gimmick. CF Kane. Oh, my God. Glenn Jacobs is going to grow a mustache. Oh, my God. And he can run for office. Oh, my Yeah, well, he already is corporate. <laughs> um, Orton wins in nine minutes and one second. The triple threat match over his legacy counterparts, although not anymore. I think I think it might be Scott. Someone calls him. Maybe maybe it's one of the guy who reviews Raw. Either the guy who reviews Raw on, on the Observer website or Scott Keith calls Kane Libertarian Kane. <laughs> of course, yes, indeed. He's well known for his politics. <laughs> the guy from the guy from Hellfire and Brimstone USA. Yeah, it's well known for his politics. The guy, the guy from Hell Hellstone and Brimstone USA, doesn't think Hellfire and Brimstone um, doesn't think the government should be involved in anything but national defense. <laughs> so Orton pins DiBiase. DiBiase does the honors under the under the uh, Arizona sky as Randy Orton gets over. They drop that big sphere from the yeah. ceiling. We talked about that video thing with the RKO logo on it, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, Orton gets to pose majestically for a nice WrestleMania grand visual there. Uh, we go back to Josh Matthews. Uh, yes, who molests my television screen with his presence. Yes, and Vicky Guerrero is with uh, Laycool, Maurice, Alicia Fox, and Layla. Uh, as we all know, um, this WrestleMania will be forever, and then Vicky cuts him off, excuse me. Uh, known as Vicky Guerrero's first WrestleMania match tonight, she says, I will create um, a moment that will live in history forever. Yeah. Um, Jillian yeah. Hall at this point. She's doing the recording artist gimmick. With the uh, the mic on the headset, yeah. uh, like she's Britney Spears or something, thinking she's a pop star. Ugh. Awful. It's so, so bad. Is it worse than Fantasia, though? I suppose would be the question. Yes, it is. Yeah, thank you. It is. That's a shit. It absolutely is because you know what? <sighs> At least Fantasia has a voice of sorts, and this is just meant to be funny, but it's, but it's annoying. Not. Right. And Someone I, singing I, badly on purpose is never funny. Yeah, and I, I, I want. I all I think to myself is, why is this woman employed mm. at all? It's an odd. Finally, uh, go ahead. She sings simply the best. Better than all the rest. She sounds like Cindy Lauper. I can't tell the difference <laughs> between this and some of the Come shit on, I heard before. Let's get in there around WrestleMania one. Um, fortunately and finally, uh, Santino mm-hmm. Marella breaks up the awful, and <laughs> this was actually fucking awesome. He lets us know that WrestleMania <laughs> is brought to us by <laughs> Slim James. <laughs> His real name. Because anything <laughs> that's right. Because anything is possible when you bite into a Slim James. WrestleMania. Brought to you by Slim James. Anything is possible when you bite into a Slim James. That's wonderful. And he takes a bite, and when he does, Mae Young suddenly appears where Jillian was, and of yeah. course. She has to kiss poor Santino. Another snap, and Gene Okerlund shows up in an evening gown. He says, what were you expecting? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Just a strange line, kind of a heady. Well, aren't, those, are, those are his lines. What were you expecting? Yeah, I think, I, think that's, I think he used to say those back in the day. I know you've got to be kidding me is his line, but yeah. Who were you expecting? And uh, then another bite, and it's Molina. And uh, Santino's happy with that. So he thanks the Slim James, and they Slim walk James. away. Slim James, and they walk away. And we cut to a shot of the Money in the Bank briefcase hanging high 
from that aforementioned uh, pyramid structure above the ring. And I ask you this question. Yeah. Who the fuck is Savannah? Savannah is um, uh, Angela Fong. She uh, was training in FCW at the time, and she had a very, very short run as ECW's ring announcer back when they were trying all of this different – all these different Uh women in the developmental territory for announcing jobs. And uh, she had a very short run with the company and um, is still active on indies, and she's in the uh, Lucha Underground promotion these days. So Savannah makes it her only mains appearance. It's like her only WWE pay-per-view appearance here. Um, So the Money in the Bank match for, as Bossman mentioned earlier, the final WrestleMania MITB contest is Jack Swagger, Christian, Matt Hardy, Kane. The the all-American gorilla man, Jack Swagger. Indeed, he's here. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Check, check, one, two. Oh, yeah. Christian, Matt Hardy, Kane, Drew McIntyre, Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, MVP, and Evan Bourne. Enough people um, for you, boss? Jeez, ten fucking guys. Thumbs the goddamn down. Battle Royal. Awful. Six guys. That's all you need. Six. That's six, correct. Six, six, six. Perfect amount. Um, Matt Stryker makes a very incorrect statement <laughs> st- saying that Shelton Benjamin has been involved in all of the Money in the Bank no. matches at the mains. He missed no. one. That's correct. I believe the one that we went to. Yeah, I talked about twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, he doesn't. It, it's it's he up to uh, Jeff Hardy to jump off the ladder on that. Yes, and die. So uh, there's a pyro fail for Kofi Kingston as he tries to make the boom boom entrance. Um, only one little bit of it goes off far to the left. Savannah's your ring announcer, as um, you mentioned. Um, Dolph Ziggler's music. Do you remember before he was here oh to show God. the world? I am perfection. <laughs> oh Jesus! Ta- job. Oh, Talk yeah, about yeah, job yeah, or yeah. music. I know it's so bad. Well, because I mean that was a reference because his hero was Mr. Perfect, right? It certainly appears that way. Yeah, he dresses I like am him. Perfection. And uh, I know, he dresses like like uh, like Kurt Hennig used to do back in uh, like the nineteen eighty nine and yep. shit. Yeah, I expect him to throw a football and catch his own pass. Mm, on nope, only one guy can do that. Um. And they kept, by the way, the rest yeah. of Dolph Ziggler's song is exactly the same. The only thing, and I never realized this. The only thing they change is the opening line, I'm here to show the world, and then it goes I'm things on. I'm here to show the world, I'm here to show the world. Yep. I am perfection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to show the world that I am perfection. Right. They could have just put them together. I know. Um, the I think, I, I, I'm trying to think, you know, usually I can remember in the Money in the Bank ladder matches who I was rooting for, and I got to say, I think the only person I could possibly have been rooting for was Christian. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a shit about anybody else. No, this is – it's fitting that this was the last WrestleMania Money in the Bank ladder match because it, it started to feel like it had lost its way. Yeah. You know, it was becoming just this uh, dumping ground for guys that they right. kind of wanted to push but at the same time had no real role for. And the idea of the match, which was supposed to be the showcase for these ultra-talented mid-carders who could do – incredible things and up the quality of a show, just put them on this platform, became kind of this thing where they would throw all of these guys that, you know, they may have plans for, they may not, into the match. And, you know, Jesus, it's out the window quite soon as they put Ric Flair on the match and Kane and Mark Henry and stuff. But uh, here, it's kind of lame. They got Drew McIntyre, who, of course... I mean, it kind of of helps that it's its own show. I I was against that, that idea when... 
this happened. I, I liked it being part of WrestleMania. Yep. Um, I kind of worry where it would be now, though. I know. I think All it'd these be mains on. I think it's smart that it's not. Mm-hmm. It'd be diluted big time. Um, I fear. So Drew McIntyre's in this match. Drew McIntyre, uh, one of the few guys, in fact, I think the only guy they've ever referred to on television is Vince McMahon's chosen one. Um, I, I, I hate there was there was one time, and this this kind of epitomizes my hatred mm-hmm. of Drew McIntyre, mm-hmm. where McIntyre was off screen, yep, and they were talking about him, and all of a sudden he just kind of moved in, but he was kind of like leaning over, and it was just it reminded me of a guy who just has no camera presence, yes, yeah, and has no sense of what's natural performing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy sucks. And I hate this guy. <laughs> and I was scared that he was going to be my next world champion because he was this chosen one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were pushing real strong. They had big plans. They liked the look. And he's got the a size. swan neck. I'm like, dude, no, there's nothing appealing about this <laughs> swan guy. Neck. He, uh, yeah, no, they had big plans for him. They liked the package and they liked that he had, you know, he was Scottish. They liked that he had pull in, in the European market and he had the size and he could work. He can work. He's a great worker, and um, they it all fell apart, really. Me. What's that? He didn't prove any good workmanship to me. He didn't really do much in that vein in WWE, though. He made a lot of lemonade out of lemons as uh, 3MB. There were a few matches that he kind of made single-handedly there towards the end, but uh, that's you know hardly memorable. Anyway, he um, pretty much, his whole push fell apart over heat over his girlfriend, uh, uh, who... I don't know, had heat in the locker room, was rubbing management the wrong way, was giving them headaches. They had a, a scene where they were, I think, photographed together at the Playboy Mansion um, when, you know, that really wasn't a place that they wanted their talent to be publicly appearing in and posing for photos. And they weren't mm-hmm. apologetic enough and he wasn't willing to to drop her, even though she was this huge albatross around his neck in terms of backstage heat. So he was kind of, I think, quickly came to be viewed as like a mark for her and like kind of immature in that way it's it's very unfair to him because i think he's proven since they dropped him and kind of demoted him and then dropped him that he's he is actually uh quite mature in his pursuits and seems to be just fine these days working uh international the international indie circuit and just recently uh, showed up in tna which was a big long as he's off my tv okay yeah uh, boss man, so not upside, no upside, and I don't blame you. As far as his WWE stuff, it was just all misfires. And so here he is, and uh, they go on and on about how he's spoiled and self-centered and doesn't deserve to be in here, and he's had his losses expunged from his record by Vince McMahon himself. Kane is wearing a shiner, making his way to the ring here for Mania 26. All these future stars, DiBiase, Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, Kofi Kingston, all these guys that got their push and were given up on. I'm starting to detect a, a trend around 2005, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, man! All these guys—they give up on in eight months. Uh, eight months, three. If that—that's the outside three months. Date. Three to three, three months. to eight. Yep, absolutely. So many guys. Okay, all right. Well, this guy's good. They—they've got—they're taking him seriously. They're emphasizing his strengths. He's got you know a few intangible qualities that a, that a headliner needs. This is good. They'll bring him along. No, no, they obsess over his flaws. They—they—they mm-hmm. they, they wait for him to fail. Oh. We're going to make you a real person, so we're going to just talk about your flaws on TV. <laughs> right. Real people are flawed. Exactly. Right. Your gimmick is going to be that you're boring. Okay? MVP, I got an idea. Yeah. Your, 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 your gimmick is going to be how you lose. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to be on a losing streak. You're just going to lose for like a year. This is going to turn the company around. And and people are going to rally behind you because they want to see you win. Right. You know, And but you can't. You just keep on losing. But eventually when you do win, it'll make millions. Nah, this losing thing sucks. You're fired. Okay. <laughs> right. This guy never wins. He's fired. It's, that's right. MVP, you got to start winning matches. And if you want the ultimate what, example of that, you, wait until we meet. If you want to get ahead... You can't lose every match. You're gonna win. That's right. But but Vince, you you decided on this gimmick. <laughs> you put the finishes. I don't, I don't book losers. That's right. Well, actually, you do. Literally every match, you book a loser. Excuse me. You're fucking fired. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> you know, if if it's so immaterial, if. The true measure of whether a guy is really ready to be a top star is whether he can survive a losing streak and still be over. Then why do all the guys who have ever been true money players in WWE win 90% of their matches? True winners. True main eventers. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. That's right. It doesn't matter at all. It just matters. Except when it does. And, and, and if you do win, that's better for you. If you do lose, it shouldn't matter. And I think it's better if we go on TV and say... I lost a match, but who the fuck cares? It doesn't matter. Because, because that's the path to glory. That's, that's what I did. They all gang up on Drew McIntyre out of the gate here. MVP Good. hits the Yakuza kick, puts him to the floor, and uh, everyone in this match doesn't like Drew McIntyre. That's one of the storylines threaded into this thing. And I probably offended all of our friends and our fans in Scotland. Oh, he's beloved. We have quite a few, but I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. There is your, as is your right. <laughs> Everyone tries climbing the ladder at once. Evan Bourne, who's new on the scene, wrestled as uh, Matt Seidel for years in Ring of Honor and other indies, uh, gets up and quickly touches the briefcase. Kane throws him out of the ring by the neck onto others. Just kind of a wild bump for him to take there. Yeah. Um, Christian uh, hits a monkey flip on Kofi Kingston, who goes flying into the ladder. It's up against two other guys. Uh, Kofi, the ladder is. Kofi kind of falls short, misses the ladder, but that's neither here nor there. Ziggler tries his zigzag on Christian Which off the part? ladder. Did you, did you talk about the bot spot with Kofi Kingston? I'm yeah, sorry, well, I lost it. He comes up short on the monkey flip. No, where where where, where they where where Kane is pinned in the corner by Shelton and MVP, and he goes up and tre- like. Oh no. They pin. That's so, still to come. Oh, I still to come. Oh, yes, oh. yes, I hear it a beat. Um, Ziggler tries a zigzag on Christian off the ladder. Pretty much just kind of pulls him down. Doesn't really look like a wrestling move. Uh, Ziggler has um, uh, gets the, gets to climb, pulls off, and uh, bumps face first. Gets pulled off and bumps face first. And here it is. They ram Kane in the corner with the ladder, and yep. they drape in front of his face. Kofi tries to basically run up to the ladder, run up it. And I think he's supposed to do what eventually kind of happened. He's supposed to straddle Kane's face. Mm-hmm. Do the punches. But he trips up. Oh. He gets tripped up in the ladder and it just – I mean this this is right here. Uh, the This this describes to a T what this ladder match is. It's just a complete fucking mess. Yeah, misfire all over the place. And <laughs> he basically powerbombs himself, does Kofi. Yeah, the right. Ladder to make up for it. Uh, Shelton climbs the ladder. Swagger spears him off with a, another ladder. Uh, hits Kane, hits MVP. Evan Bourne uh, jumps over a ladder and is supposed to double knee Swagger but kind of overshoots the target. So, yeah, this match really falls apart, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it falls apart very quickly. It's like, oh, that was supposed to be a big one, but that was off. Oh, that was supposed to be a big one, but that was off. And you can only do four or five of those until it's like, okay. Yeah, until you realize, wait a minute, you guys keep fucking up. Wait a minute, this is fake. 
you know. Yeah, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, this is fake sports. Swagger stands up under a ladder. Christian and Hardy uh, from the other two sides come running with their own ladders Ooh. and kind of sandwich them. Crush that's, kind of a, that's kind of a neat spot. Yeah. I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. They make there bridges. was just so there was so much happening so fast during this match. I couldn't keep up. Right. You know, I, that, and I didn't that, care who won either. Like you I said, know. I had no favorite. I just wanted Christian to win. I wanted. I really wanted him because I was so when he left in two thousand five mm-hmm. to go to TNA. They pushed him to the world title right away. Yes, they did. Right a fucking way, and I was like, and I was so happy. Yeah. Because I said. If TNA makes him a main eventer, then when he comes back to the WWE, mm-hmm. they'll see him as a main eventer. Nope. Oh, no. No. It almost has the opposite effect. Right. It, right. You know, he did get the world title. He did get kind of his moment when he wins that TLC match. But yeah. for the most part, you know, he never got there. And Vince never saw it in him. It's 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 well known. It's well reported that Vince has basically said several times that Christian just is not a star. Um, he respects his working ability and kind of his ability to play a role. Uh, that way, I mean, on a just, roster, but you just don't draw. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's a fact, Christian. I got the papers. They, it says right here, from a note from Pat Patterson himself. Christian does not draw. <laughs> Wrote that down one day. Note to self. I mean, uh, it's just math. That's you right. Know, I, I can't, I can't help you there. You know, if you can find a way to draw, you know, maybe be a better version of yourself. Maybe be a better person or, or, or work harder or have better matches. Yeah. Maybe you'll draw, but until you do, you have no future in this company. <laughs> no, go to work. There's a motivator. There's no, a real kick no, in the no, ass. No, go have a five-star match. Cause I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> the meeting, <laughs> the, the meeting in the office after crushing, uh, swagger with the ladders, they make bridges, uh, linking the ladders together across the ropes as well. Bourne jumps up and Swagger uh, climbs. Swagger pulls out Hardy's ladder, uh, which is making that bridge, and Christian uh, is looking for an unprettier off the ladder. Bourne, though, kicks him down and then hits a shooting star press off the ladder to the mat. Ridiculous. Stryker ruins it with the, come on, kid, turn around. You've dreamt of this your entire life, Evan. Come on. It sounds like he's, like, mocking a wrestling announcer. Yeah, right, right. Well, we're getting to that age where they, they, they mock it all. It's all fake. Hardy hip tosses Evan Bourne all the way off the ladder. Bourne goes for an insane dive off the top there, taking the hip toss. Um, Matt Hardy then pushes over a ladder onto a, onto the bridge, and uh, there's a nasty ride, and he slides down the ladder. Really uh, nasty fall for, for, for uh, Hardy as he gets pushed over. Uh, onto a bridge ladder, MVP climbs, Shelton meets him up there, MVP tries to powerbomb him off the ladder, uh, but Shelton, Hurricane Ron is out. Hey now. Kane it's climbs. Crazy. It's all crazy shit. Dolph climbs over, Kane's back as he's on the ladder, gets the brief, his hands on the briefcase, but Kane tilts Dolph. Um, Kane chokeslams Dolph on a ladder. Cole, <sighs> uh, Cole says that buckled the spine of Ziggler. <laughs> of all the verbs, buckled. what could happen to the spine? Buckled. Buckled. And, and and then Kane like literally tears a, like he beats the shit out of out of Ziggler and the, the ladder is torn in half. Yes, yes, he kind of sandwiches him in it. And it actually was on purpose, it was purposeful because uh after he eats a trouble in paradise, Kofi discovers that here's a ladder that's broken in twain, I can use it as stilts. Or 
you could go outside and get another ladder and use it a normal way that makes more sense. Right. Or you could do something that would allow you to get the briefcase ten times faster with a million less complications. Right. But they thought it was a cool visual, and it was kind of cool. Um, it was. He goes in the corner, and he stands up like on the that ropes. Fake shit. <laughs> stands up on the ropes and then uses the two halves of the ladder as stilts on both sides to walk to the middle of the ring, and then I guess he's going to climb on the stilts, and he kind of starts doing it to reach the briefcase. Drew uh, McIntyre, though, cuts him off, tilts him down as Kofi still tries to climb. Uh, Drew's up, Hardy's up now on another ladder, and uh, Drew McIntyre's up, uh, tilted off the ladder and crotched. He gets, gets crotched. And and I wrote that he may be a member of a three-man band, mm-hmm. but tonight he's singing soprano. Matt, Cl- Matt Climes has to slow down big time <laughs> as Kane works his way in, tilts the ladder with Christian on it to Matt. Uh, and I don't know what they're trying to do here. Kane climbs, uh, snatches both by the throat. Kane gets kicked down. There's a twist of fate tease. Uh, Christian, though, answers with an unpretty yarn. Matt Hardy off the damn ladder. Cole yep. calls it a twist of fate. Face palm. <laughs> uh, Matt Stryker, okay, quote, all of a sudden, after that spot, who will carry the WWE into the next century? How about you? How about you, Matt Stryker? Maybe you should. The next century? It's 2010. <laughs> do you mean decade? Like the next, do you mean, What century? <laughs> and, and let me remind you that this match has Kane, Matt Hardy, okay, Shelton Benjamin, MVP, Jack Swagger, Christian... These guys are not. I mean, a bunch of rookies. Are, these guys, yeah, these guys are not in the running for. It's a bunch of rookies. The, these, the, guys are, these guys are trying to find that brass ring. Swagger climbs, smacks Christian with the briefcase as Christian's oh up there God. trying to get it too. That was so great. Smacks just, him right in the head with it. The all-American gorilla literally waffles Christian in the face. It's so great. Check, check, one, two, and Jack Swagger is the 2010 Money in the Bank briefcase winner. That's right. That's it. In 13 minutes and 44 seconds after a bunch of spots and high-impact yeah. spots, it ends with Swagger just bonking Christian over the head with the briefcase and unhooking it. So Jack Swagger, awesome. Yeah, how great. How great. This Can't really wait went. to see him cash and, in. And you know what? This really worked well for him. Oh, I mean, it's all uphill. <laughs> it's so weird because Swagger wasn't built as a key player in the match at all. He did nothing. I mentioned all those spots. Name me one that Jack Swagger even did. He got crushed in the ladder. He got crushed in the ladder. They, like everything happened to him. Yeah, and and not much happened to him on top of it. He was like such an afterthought in this match. And I know sometimes they book it that way for a surprise, but that's not the way to set up a strong like man. Can't wait to no. see when he challenges. No. The way they did it with Kennedy at 23. That's how you do it. Yeah, right. He's the guy who does well, like this crazy shit to win. There's no payoff either. Yes. Like, you know, there's no payoff with him after. The, the, what made the Kennedy win so great was his promo after. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And the thing is, Jack Swagger can't talk. Right. No. And when he does talk, he's got that lisp because he's got a tongue that's bigger than his face. <laughs> Check one, too. can't stand him. Lawler says Swagger had said on commentary that he might cash it in tonight if he won. So, ooh, intriguing. Uh, Thursday. Thursday, he cashed in. That Thursday? Yeah. Wow, I forgot it was that quick. I was bummed because um, I was really excited that Jericho retained the title. Right. And I was hoping he'd have a long run. But um, it was all to set up Jackie Swagger. But it was all to set, yeah, it was all to set Jack up to win the following Thursday. Trent writes in, talk about trying to get every mid-carder on the card. That's exactly what they did in this match. Sixth annual Money in the Bank, final one at Mania. Ten people is so many that it made it to where there were just a lot of people laying around waiting on their spot. 
Yeah. This is probably one of the least memorable Money in the Bank matches there has been. Absolutely. I have no clue why they thought Jack Swagger winning this would be a good choice. I think it was terrible at the time for him to win and still think that. And what they did with him after he won it was terrible as well. Yeah. The people in the match, I would have Drew McIntyre win. There you go. As no. he was pretty hot and on the rise at the time. However, this is actually the year I would have put Punk in the match to win. I feel he was ready for it more this year than he was the two years prior. Win a third third year in a row. Can you imagine how 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 like oh my god? Yeah. Really, dude. Well, I was crediting them at WrestleMania 24 for actually being ahead of the curve on Punk. Right. Yeah. They gave him the briefcase before the whole crowd realized he was going to be a huge star, but they saw the writing yeah. on the wall. Uh, this would have been kind of like okay, you know. He's yeah. past. He's past this. Uh, he's supposed to be past this yearning for the spotlight. Yeah, right. He's supposed to actually occupy it. Um, so they talked this, about this match. Also la- lacked um, uh, Jr. ladder quips. I know. No Home Depot ladder aisle seven jokes. No. Or uh, like no. No matter who you know. No matter who wins this match, the ladder never loses. Right. Right. The steel always wins. So uh, it's time for the uh, public service announcement. I've. Torn the pectoral oh, muscle completely there off is, my shoulder. There is a doozy here, okay? Oh. There is a doozy. So, like in this, um, it's a rundown of injuries. Yeah, run. You get the rundown. It's it's the don't try this at home video. You get a, a rundown of all these legitimate injuries, and Mark Henry gives me the quote of quotes. <laughs> I can't compare this pain to any other pain. I can't compare this pain to any other pain. Hashtag wrestling. <laughs> Hashtag the business. Oh my god, that just was it for me. I was like, tells the right. story, doesn't it? So yeah, Mark Henry there, and um, they also say, which I just find just brilliant and so yeah. WWE. Yeah. When they first started producing these, please don't try this at home. And what did they take away? What word did they subtract as the years went? Please don't try this. <laughs> because. Really? They didn't want their dumb shit fans to think, okay, I won't do it at home, but I'll do it at the schoolyard, but I'll do it at church, but I'll do it at my friend's home. <laughs> Please, just stop. Don't try this. You know what it should say? Please, don't watch this <laughs> at this point. So we go to the Hall of Fame package. Just remember, the hazards are real. <laughs> the Hasbros are real, too. <laughs> <laughs> they felt real, I'll tell you that. Uh, the, the hazards. <laughs> yes, this is entertainment. But, but the, the hazards, hazards are real. real. <laughs> Took you a while. Wait for that one to sink in. <laughs> what a joke! What a fucking joke! All right. So we go to uh, the Hall of Fame package, and uh, the 2010 class includes the following: Mad Dog Vashon. Yeah. Who, uh, they show a clip saying Mad Dog is the name and wrestling is the game. Yes. Wendy Richter, who just, I mean, crosses all levels oh of annoying. Oh, She crosses all levels of attractive, too. How many? <laughs> <laughs> all I wrote next to her name in my notes is UGH. Ugh. <laughs> and she, how many times that weekend did she say girls just want to have fun? Oh it's like a tagline. Like, honey, that song is older than... I mean, well, maybe you're older than the song, but stop it. Stop it. Stop trying to relive <sighs> what isn't there anymore. Go back to fucking Demoulis. Start, you know, do your cashier job. I got no problem with that. You're a has-been. 
You you never wore a Hasbro, but just fucking stop. She, you know, and she didn't even make it to WrestleMania two. You know, after her famous role at WrestleMania one, she butted heads with management. She was just gone. Be grateful you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed. The only reason I'm not faulting her for actually giving a speech, which is funny, but. The only reason you're in it is because you were at WrestleMania 1. That's true. That's, That's true. it. It's always funny how... I'm like, sure everyone who was at WrestleMania 1 will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. I have no doubt about that. Even my boy, my buddy, the executioner. Someone get S.D. Jones's widow on the phone. <laughs> Please. Um, you know, what, what are these these people have like... like how come Wendy Bundy's or, not in the... How come Bundy's not in the Hall of Fame yet? It's come a, on. A pop culture crossover star. He once did married with children. <laughs> with the the two Bundys collided. King Kong Bundy and Al Bundy. Remember, a friend of mine used to call married with children Bundy Sunday. Did you watch Sunday's Bundys? <laughs> That's funny. So, you know, Wendy Richter is like a... You know, you have like a very short run in the business and then like you realize about 30 years later that, yep, that was the peak of my life. You know, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I walked out with my head high feeling like, you know, yep. I got other options here. But that is the peak of my life. The uh, hearts all uh, reunite to induct Stu Hart, who, of course, yep. had passed at this point in time into the Hall of Fame. Gorgeous George uh, inducted by his wife, Betty. Um, and she says, what? Would you like everyone to know about Gorgeous George? She's asked, and she said, uh, he's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks for that. Anoki. Yeah, that was, that was pretty. Is, was that a surprise? Um, well, they've had, he's always had a very solid working relationship with, uh, with Vince. Um, Vince only wants to work with other promotions when he's in dire straits. As far as talent trade and exchange, it's when business is really soft that he kind of looks to pawn off some of his guys yeah. to develop elsewhere and not necessarily under his watch. And, uh, you know, they, they've had some fruitful talent exchanges when okay. he took over the reins. There was a pretty robust exchange where, you know, uh, junior heavyweights would come to Madison Square Garden. And in fact, the WWF junior heavyweight title was a New Japan belt uh, in the early 80s. And there was a great really? relationship with Vince. Yeah. Yeah. So Antonio Noki, you know. Anoki, of course, famously beat Bob Backlund for the WWF Championship in a title change that they were loath to actually acknowledge in the States wow. before he lost it back. So there's all kinds of stuff like that from the working relationship. Uh, so Anoki shows up, you know, of course, with the scarf. Yes. Uh, Dick Ebersol is there, which I, la- I laughed my ass off when I oh. saw Dick Ebersol. Thinking back to our WrestleMania 2 show. I know, right? I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck is he doing here? Dick Ebersol's there. And he's introducing Bob Euchre. <sighs> Boy, do I miss him. And, uh, you know, Anoki had just done his catchphrase in Japanese in the prior role, and <laughs> Yuka comes out and says, that, that, that Anoki guy had the same stuff I was going to do. That was, he, he gives his whole thing. <laughs> the Yuka clips are fantastic. I don't think anybody in the history of the Hall of Fame yeah. has had as long of a segment mm-hmm. in the recap as Yuka. He talks about how the wrestlers of the Hall of Fame rings have diamonds, and he's got a, I don't, I don't know what he said. Zerka. Which I guess he's a fake diamond. I don't know. I guess. And then he talks about <laughs> I love I love you. He, you know he, he talks about that that classic moment with Andre. Um. Uh, uh. You know him choking him out at WrestleMania four, and he says, "But if the cameras kept rolling, they would have seen that actually in the end, uh, Yuka got the upper hand on Andre during that. He was on top. <laughs> Funny stuff. Later on, Funny see stuff. me on top. Um. So later on, when I was changing my underwear. And he goes from, they show DiBiase, who was the big inductee. 
uh, talks about how uh, there's some moments in time and some things in life you can't re- really put a price tag on. Yeah. And he's got the million dollar belt right there on his uh, right. on the podium. It's kind of weird. It's like mm-hmm. it's like it's like those kids who like the people who were at the at that show were walking around with their championship belt. Yeah. Ted says, "I yep. say to you, the new stars of the WWE, it's not always the greatest talented person that gets the job. It's the guy that's most dependable and has the biggest heart." So um, what I want you to say at the end of your speech is, Ted, I want you to, Ted, um, talk to the, you know, the young kids and I want you to tell them, well, a lie, tell them a lie. I want you to make them think that they can become, you know, better stars by being dependable. Right. And, um, what really is the most dependable ones are the ones that get taken for granted. Well, the ones that, that, that are going to get over and the ones I'm going to main event are going to be the guys who have the right body. And the guys who I'm afraid of leaving. And yeah, so just tell them this lie, and I'll I'll pay you two thousand dollars. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. Because that's me. I'm I'm the million dollar man. I'm the billion dollar man. I'm the trillion dollar man. I'm you're me. I made you. That's right. You're me. I made you so, in my image. I made you in my image because I'm God. Just remember that. So Vince going a little far afield in that speech to Ted, but I think he got his point across. I don't know if he had to go all the way to I'm God. Remember that. <laughs> Vince has a way of going, kind of meandering to that. So, um, yeah, Ted does the everybody's got a price line and bucks rain from the ceiling. And uh, what a weak yeah. Hall of Fame class. Oh, I my know, God. It kind of is. What I mean. Ted I mean, DiBiase the headliner. Great. I know. Great performer, I mean, wonderful pro wrestler, very important part of the 80s. But, but we all know he was never a headliner. Not quite. <laughs> Poor Ted. Could have been. Could have won that. Could have won that WrestleMania Four tournament. Could have done. Thanks, it. Honky. You bitch. Fink welcomes us to the class of 2010. Mad Dogs in the wheelchair with Brie Bella. Nikki walks out. Uh, Mrs. A Wagner. Couple, couple, couple things here. First yeah. of all, the Hart Clan comes out looking like they're all going to the prom. <laughs> they, look like, they look like they're about to those, pause in front of the grand staircase. Those fucking dresses that they're that, that, oh, that the heart ladies are, are wearing. I'm like, what the fuck? And and Diana, like said, of course, thinks this is like her moment. I know. Except for, of course, Bruce Hart, the asshole Hart. With the glasses. Wearing his sunglasses and his blazer and his fucking jeans. Because he's gonna get the call. He's too cool. He's waiting for that call. He's been waiting for that call for years. Believe me, he thought he thought ninety three was gonna be his year. He did. I know. He was like ready. He was like, Oh my god, I'm working Survivor series. I'm gonna main event. No, man. No. Just go back to I don't know, whatever teaching. Whatever the fuck you do. Hey, it's Wendy Richter again, and she says, All right, all right, uh, girls just want to have fun so to the crowd. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I feel embarrassed for her. I'm like, honey, you no gotta one even stop. remember. <laughs> you gotta stop. No one remember you just want to put your hand on her shoulder. Nobody remembers that song. Nobody knows what you're no, talking everyone about. Everyone remembers the song, but nobody remembers that you had this minuscule. Right. One percent affiliation with the song. People remember Cindy Lauper. They don't remember you. And to be quite honest, they don't want to. <laughs> they don't want to remember you. People okay. don't remember you by choice. Right. I, I was happy. I haven't thought about you in twenty-five WrestleManias. Mad Dog. Okay. Is... Mad Dog's weird. He gives this fierce look and then just starts laughing as if he's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just showing off his non-teeth. And it's such a 
fucking weird man and um, this whole like array of like m- mad people and like decrepit Could people they just not get anybody and Antonio Noki looks fucking awesome he looks like oh. he, he looks it like was... he's chiseled out of stone with his fucking skull movie star <laughs> you know? fucking John Voight with that scarf <laughs> John Voight <laughs> nice so there's a package yeah and oh, uh, boy, we're about is. to be introduced to Seamus Okay, welcome to WrestleMania, Sheamus. As a young fella, I was always fascinated by the WWE. But there was one man who stood out to be to me more than anyone. Hogan? He was selfish. He was aggressive. He was vicious. No, it's Triple H. So, Hogan? Sheamus. Hollywood Hulk Hogan? Brother. Dude, I'm, Sheamus wanted me. I, I'm, Ho, I'm, I'm Triple H, dude. I'm the original Triple H, brother. Sheamus? Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Of course, wants March. to wrestle Triple H. Of course, he does, because he wants to be great. <laughs> and they showed how, in less than one year, um, Sheamus had just torn through Raw, ended careers, dominated the show, became WWE champion. Remember that he beat John Cena in that tables match out of nowhere. It's like, okay, I guess Sheamus is the champion now. I guess Sheamus is the real deal. Are you a Sheamus fan? No, not 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 to the level that he 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 is. It got. Mm-hmm. I think he's fine. I think he works pretty well for a big man. I think he looks like a goofball. <laughs> he looks like a complete goofball. And I do not understand how I'm supposed to like rally behind this guy. Or I can, believe me, I can understand hating him. I can get behind that. But like. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean. Goofball. It's what he is. With that fucking hair. With the with the with the Triple H inspired Harley Race stash. <laughs> the other word he used. I was trying to think of the other one. Does he look like a buffoon? <laughs> yes. He's a fucking he's a fucking goofball buffoon. <laughs> he's he's too and unfortunately he's too chiseled to be an oaf. And he's Yes, you do have to be rotund to be yes, an oaf. You have to be rotund and soft to be an oaf. <laughs> but not Mike Rotundo. <laughs> as far as that goes. Uh. So, <laughs> they, show, they show Sheamus saying, I was supposed to be WWE champion. I was supposed to defend at WrestleMania, but Hunter, you ruined that. I was supposed that. to be the champion at WrestleMania. But Triple H, you ruined that. Sounds Scottish. I know, I was a little disguided. Triple H eliminates him from the chamber. Sheamus kicks his ass for it. Uh, this is all the buildup, by the way. Triple H talks about, um, uh, I kind of respect what Sheamus did years ago. I did the same thing. I jumped on the biggest dog I could find. So they show WrestleMania 12 oh, clips man. of him wrestling Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, you jumped on that I dog, do, all right, Triple H. I do appreciate revisionist history. Oh, well, now we have to... We're being asked to believe that Triple H was pretty much the vanguard of the WWE when they brought WCW down. You're hearing this? Oh, yes. And the program with Sting. Oh, my. Yeah, I, watched, I was watched the Bobby. heartbeat of the WWE at that point in time. Oh, really? I thought you were the purple pants-wearing IC champion. I mean, I, 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 I thought you were the degenerate. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't... pointing to your crotch all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and dressing up like the nation of domination. I... I... <laughs> Because you wanted people to smell what the crock was cooking. <laughs> Is that what turned business around? Is that I, what sunk I, I Eric? I didn't realize that, that that's what caused WCW to plunder. Is that what kept Brad Siegel up nights? 
I thought it was I thought it was Stone Cold Steve Austin kicking ass and half naked chicks. <laughs> Isn't that just the bottom line? A <laughs> little bit of rock in there, Vince. That's yeah. it. There you go. Uh, so anyway, um, so Triple H talks about how I can respect what you're doing now, jumping on me as the big dog because I did the same in '96. Talks about how you know what happened. I got crushed and I had to scratch and claw until I became the guy that everybody wants to step in the ring with at WrestleMania no, to make a name for themselves. No, your friends left you to pick up the paycheck. And you're the guy who tries to get in there with other people to make a name for yourself at WrestleMania. Right. And a lot there of, we go. A lot of instances. I mean, you haven't, with the exception of Batista, you haven't really made anybody at WrestleMania. You just kind of crush them all. Yeah, so right. No one makes their name for themselves working you at WrestleMania besides Batista. Um, so anyway, uh, he talks about the ones that succeeded, and they show John Cena, too, tapping him at 22. Their careers took off to a degree they could never dream of. You, Sheamus, have got one shot. Guess how this is going to go. So we go to the ring. Sheamus versus Triple H. This is as far down the card I think you'll ever see ever again Seriously, for Triple H. Seriously, he got shunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought uh, doing what's best for business, proving he <laughs> And I, would, I, 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 I forgot to put this note in there. So, as uh, you said, everyone wants to face Triple H of the mains. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Yeah, so. I don't want to face him. I don't there, want to face him at all. There goes everyone. So, you're, you're a liar. As Seamus makes his walk, we get oh another, my God. Uh, boo this man sign. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm also reminded of, of one of my favorite theme songs of all time. <laughs> Do it. It's a shameful thing. Lobster head, too many limes. Too... There's actually a video like this one. This one wasn't just in my head. This one was in wrestling fans' head because someone made a YouTube video out of this one. Yeah, it's actually a. I've seen an animated GIF of it, like a moving so silent image. Fucking funny. It's a with shit. a big smile, and he's got this. He's got this lobster costume around his head. Oh, it too just many limes. <laughs> Well, they asked for it with these stupid fucking lyrics. I, know. I mean, how many year, how many weeks running now on these WrestleMania recaps have I just said, out, spoke clearly the lyrics from some of these songs, and it's just like pure comedy. Well, there's one, even the one I didn't, I didn't mention it because uh, I actually noted it in in um in in the WrestleMania 27 uh 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 my WrestleMania 27 notes, but there's one Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston's music sounds like this. S-O-S. I hear Al Sharpton. S- that's what I, that's what I keep thinking. Hey, I hear. Jesse I Jackson. It's like, that's what I think the first line is. S-O-S. I hear Al Sharpton. That's awesome. That's a what? really good one. I hear them crying. <laughs> Who's crying? What's wrong? What's going on? What's wrong? Stop with the tears. Stop being a pussy. So, um, yeah, man. Matt Stryker says Hogan. Seamus is well-versed. Quote, yeah, man, Hogan. Stryker says Seamus is well-versed in the style of grappling mercenaries like Fit Finley and William Regal. Seamus is well-versed in the style of grappling mercenaries. What? What does that mean? Um, who? Who? What mercenary grapples? <laughs> no, they have guns. They shoot you between the eyes. I mean, they, they shoot the... you between the eyes with a gun. They don't shoot the half. What the fuck? They don't shoot the low outside sink. <laughs> they don't post. <laughs> They don't send letters. They don't sink the hooks in. But that's right. They don't drop down and post. <laughs> drop down. Welcome to grappling, right? The drop toe hold. That's right. You got to drop. And, and then, you of course, right before, in. And during the transition, somebody has to go. 
to give it that clap. Because it's grappling. That's right. <laughs> it's grappling. It's catch as catch can grappling. Clapling. Grapple as catch as can <laughs> grapple. <laughs> Catch as can grapple. That's great. As can grapple. <laughs> so, so it's kind of a <laughs> kind of an understated entrance for Triple H here, if you can believe it. Uh, Cole says there are certain men who have made WrestleMania. Triple H is one of those men. Okay, this is I'm, this is what they say. I'm not making this up. I know, I know, I know. There's a cool shot of a pyro kind of shooting up in the sky through the roof of the building uh, from the very top of the pyramid there. Big Sphere comes down again for Triple H from the sky. Um, his, his, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. I was say, his entrance loses a lot of the effect because of the daylight pouring in. Right, right, absolutely. You know, there's and no lemon too. Yeah, no, well, I always like getting threatened, and so I, I miss that. They say this is a moment of truth for the first ever Irish-born WWE champion, Sheamus. And uh, Sheamus is the future. They, they really are pushing this. He scrams after a lockup and a shove. Triple H. All their futures failed miserably. Absolutely. Yeah. How many more guys have to go through this start and stop, and they don't stick with them, and they focus on their flaws process? I mean, it's getting to be a real problem, and one that's compounded by the fact that there's no competition in the industry at this point in time. They're right. Right. so far ahead of everybody else that they don't really have to worry about wasting a guy with potential and letting him go somewhere else to blossom. You know. Yeah. You either succeed or you don't in our set of rules and contexts. And there's no give there because we don't need to have any give. So uh, Triple H shoves down Sheamus. No, pardon me. Sheamus shoves down Triple H after the first lockup. And Triple H sells it like this guy's more powerful than I thought. I, I do Right before the match starts, though, I do love that even even Sheamus yells to Triple H, I am the future. Yeah, that right, yells it right at him. Okay. That's kind of like, you know. No, saying you're this white. Is, That's yeah. all you are. You're pasty pale white kind of telegraphing that this isn't going to really get there whenever you get it this is the thing chosen ones nope futures they're destined to fail you might as well be saying you're going to have a five-star match Mm -hmm. chosen ones become unchosen ones rather Mm -hmm. quickly you know why because you told me that they were your chosen ones and i don't do and and we do not cooperate with that no sorry nope never have never will And yeah, and that's the way that's that's make wrestling. Make them make me want to choose them. Yes. So Triple H slaps him in the face off another lockup. Triple H attacks the legs and applies the figure four. Matt Stryker says, "I know what it's like to be in that move. Your kneecap moves. You can feel your own patella." Dude, she- you worked like two matches. Sheamus gets to the rope. Stryker right. calls Stop. Triple H the Ace of Spades. Like you can't, Matt. You can't just give people their own nicknames. Well, you know. Well, you know why though? Because that's another Motorhead song. <laughs> you know. Do you know what? The Ace of Spades. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I... kick your ass. <laughs> and I'm gonna. Here we go. I'm gonna kick my ass. The Ace of Spades, head. and I'm gonna take a shit. So it's like on SmackDown once. The Ace of Spades, and I gotta hit the loo. <laughs> Lemmy's getting on in years, isn't he? Well, speaking of Lemmy's to bed by ten these days, which actually reminds me, you know what I noticed during this match? Out of anything else, what's that? Triple H is beginning to look old and weathered. (laughs) Yep, this is the first time that I've noticed that where Hmm. he's starting to look, you know, where he's got his his skin looks tired and leathery. 
and he's got like he's the got most profound like forehead wrinkles. I on know, any human like being. he's got he, that's his forehead like wrinkles. Vienna sausages on his forehead. It's like he's yeah, it's like he got a fucking pack of of, of hot dogs. You know, <laughs> exactly what it is. <laughs> he's got a pack of Oscar Myers on his fucking <laughs> bladed forehead. And it's like he's just he's just not he's not a well man. <laughs> His skin is tired and leathery. That's what it looks like. Like you know <laughs> he used to have like a bronze yeah. dark color to him and it just is faded and it's just tired. Like it's all I can it's the best word I can describe it. It's just it looks like it's ready to give way. <laughs> Speaking of Matt Stryker coming up with nicknames, do you know once yes. on SmackDown they asked him because it was season premiere to explain Kane to people, and he go he called him Cecil B. Demented. <laughs> what a fucking asshole! <laughs> Seriously, Sheamus takes over on the floor, putting trips into the ring steps, hits a backbreaker in the ring. Cole says Sheamus lives that Celtic warrior lifestyle. Yes, I, I literally wrote this down. Okay, what the fuck is all this? Like, I mean, is there a practical me, joke on the commentary so, in this? Match? So he, so if he lives a Celtic warrior lifestyle, so he doesn't have electricity. <laughs> um, right. I picture he, him in Mel Gibson's right. army and Braveheart. Right. That's exactly it. He, you know, he, he lives in like a stone house. <laughs> the only light he has is from fire. Um, he goes and hunts. He, he's probably best friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> if you did Get me come out, to, come out to Ireland and we could go we could go hunt bucks. I'll get me a damn Scottish lass <laughs> <laughs> on the damn killing fields of these pieces of trash. I look at this damn buck and his beady little eyes and I put a damn hatchet right in its fucking face. <laughs> Stone Cold hunts hardcore. He doesn't use this. <laughs> a rifle. You trash. <laughs> and then he goes fishing later. You, you bass. You make trash. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Stryker says that Seamus is a student of the game. No pun intended. See what I mean? It's like they're fucking with me in this match. I swear to God. They're fucking with you the whole show. <laughs> People... think um. I wonder. Do you think that Triple H decided to um to be down this far of the card, so that uh because uh, uh, he wanted to go along with Sheamus to fuck with Michaels last match because of last year and and and, and Taker and HBK going long. I think it's safe to say. But then he realized like halfway through that Sheamus just couldn't work main event style, so he said, "Fuck it, we're going home early." He couldn't work main event style. What does that mean? Two moves? You know, what's the difference between non-main event style and main event you style? can't bust spines. Spinebuster, of course. Oh, bow down to the king. That's right. The uh, king of kings. Because he's going to kiss your ass. Because he's going to kill your cat. He's, <laughs> he's going to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> Whoa, Lemmy. Someone kill Lemmy's mic. Lemmy's going off on a tangent again. I remember last time this happened at Coachella. It wasn't pretty. Lemmy, what a <laughs> fucking lemon. And he Lemmy keeps going. Lemon. He's going to kick your ass. He's going he's gonna to fuck your ass. 
and they're like trying to shut him up. And he keeps going. They're pulling him away. I'm gonna eat your face. I'm gonna eat his face. I hate my dad. They're pulling him away from the mic. So (laughs) I hate my. I hate my. Can't even do it. I hate my wife. (laughs) What did you say? I'm Lemmy and I hate my life. <laughs> I'm Lemmy and I wish I was fucking dead. I'm gonna put a gun in my mouth right now. <laughs> I love how our best Lemmy stuff is the WrestleMania he doesn't perform on. I don't think he's performed in one in like eight years. He hasn't left his house in eight years. He's he's the takeout king of fucking Lancashire or wherever he lives. Oh, Lemmy is the worst. <laughs> anyway, people uh, in the building mostly sitting on their hands as Seamus works Triple H. <coughs> no heel heat. Stomps, power slam. They say Seamus on commentary is veteran-like as they continue oh, to troll God. me. Come on. Lawler puts over how big Seamus is. Cole calls him um, burly and strong. Um I wrote stripey too, but that's not what they say. <laughs> stripey. Um, Stryker says it's um, not the size of the fighter, but the size of the fight he will bring. A line he ripped it directly off Loki, who was using that exact same line. At that time, uh, Triple H uh, with a back uh, suplex out of a submission attempt and then scores with a DDT. Uh, Stryker says, tie yeah. your mother down. Here comes Triple H. <laughs> no, no Stryker, tie your mother down. Okay. <laughs> So a pedigree attempt. down. <laughs> Do us a favor. Tie yourself down. Don't get out of bed. Tie yourself down and then just fall off something and die. <laughs> pedigree attempt by the game. Seamus picks up the legs. Uh, he gets kicked off into the corner, and that uh, opens up the chance for Triple H to score with his patented neckbreaker for two. Triple H with the corner mount rains down punches. He has the patented neckbreaker. Just it's on file at the U.S. Patent Office. Right. Seamus ducks underneath those corner punches and tries the Celtic cross, but uh, Triple H dodges it. He then ducks a brogue kick uh, and then kicks Seamus in the gut looking for the pedigree. Seamus, oh. though, backdrops out and this time hits the brogue kick. Nice exchange. Nice sequence mm-hmm. there. Gets two. I... <laughs> By the way, the brogue kick was called the big boot. <laughs> that. Well, that was his, his big finisher. And I, and I wrote, Seamus hits the bicycle. I call it it's a bicycle kick. And and we, we discovered Triple H may like the Celtic whale. <laughs> what do you mean the Celtic whale? He may whale? like all of, for some reason I decided to call Seamus the Celtic whale. <laughs> we like the Celtic he I said Triple H um may like the the Celtic whale, but not not that much because the game kicks out of his finisher. Oh he sure does. Buries that shit. Seamus tries to power bomb, Triple H fights out, Spinebuster gets two. Um, Colts, Michael Coles says, says this is an old west shootout here in the desert. Seamus retreats to the apron, uh, hits Triple H with another boot to the head. Triple H sells it big time like he's really hurt. Seamus drags him up. Triple H, though, of course, comes alive and uh, scores a pedigree. Oh, my yes. And Seamus really gets up off the mat to sell this pedigree because it's the finisher, my friends, just like well, that. Well, I'm going to kick out of yours, but you've got to sell mine. Snap the finisher. Snap your finger in the finish. Triple H gets knocked out with a boot and it's like, then comes it's like, alive. It's like, that, it's like an old game. I'll show you mine if I show you yours. No. Right. It's, uh, I'll kick out of yours if you sell for mine. Yep. Yeah. Even trade. And uh, it's over. In 12 minutes and 9 seconds, Triple H defeats Seamus. So, so much for that. 
at WrestleMania 26. Thank, thank you, Seamus. Thank, like I, I really, I, I, it's why? This, yeah. If he's not going over, why? Why kick? Uh, yeah, if he's not going to go over, why kick out of his finisher? Why have this match? I know. I mean, do you really think that we're going to fall for the? It, he's getting the rub just by being in there with me stuff. Not the way Triple H plays. No, it's right. Exactly. Well, I will say, I, I do think that Triple H did give him a lot of offense, but it still did. didn't look good. Yep, he did. But do people remember that, or do they remember the finish, honestly? At this point, people remember the finish only. Right. They, they stay wait for the goddamn near falls to start before they even react to yeah. anything. Because of how conditioned they are to uh, how a WrestleMania match plays out. Uh, so anyway, Triple H goes over. Cole says, I think Sheamus proved to the world tonight that he belongs in the game. Sheamus played the game here That's tonight, dirty. but uh, the master comes out on top. Mm-hmm. Triple H spends a few minutes in there to soak it all in, and uh, his role in the show is now over. We go to a package. It's uh, to set up the Rey Mysterio CM Punk match, which is up next. I, you know, I, they showed that um, that birthday segment. Yep. I remember that. I don't remember the, the, the CM Punk part. <laughs> Um, but I remember uh, uh, Ray Ray singing to his daughter. Yeah, singing happy birthday. It was so fucking weird. Yeah. It was so awkward. I'm like, dude, you know what? Just don't. In the ring with a mask oh. on? Isn't she kind of embarrassed? But... And I like that Ray's son is taller than him. Oh, I know. Is that What funny? a genetic failure Ray Mysterio is. I know. You know. That would be like you know if Manny was taller than Hal Bundy on Modern Family. Because <laughs> that's exactly what his son looks like. Um, oh. So the the angle, by the way, that we're talking about that's in the package is uh, the, the birthday celebration for Ray's little daughter. CM Punk comes out and makes her cry with his straight-edge society at the time. He was this kind of cult leader. Um, her daughter, though. David his, Koresh-like thing. Yes, exactly. Jim Jones kind of thing. Uh, his daughter, Mysterio's daughter, by the way, tremendous uh, in terms of crying and making it look like she's really horrified. She was probably horrified. Yeah, you don't think they probably like, let her in on it. Why is Jesus hating on me? <laughs> right, because he had the hair. Uh, so um, Ray talks about her cost Punk his mania spot. Punk says that. Um, are you afraid your family's going to get going to watch you get hurt? Is that the problem here, Ray? The daughter's crying. The son, pretty tremendous with his serious face, like he's thinking about stepping in. Um, then there's a slap from Punk to Mysterio right in front of his family, and then Punk sings a creepy happy birthday to Mysterio's daughter as he leaves. Punk was golden. Absolutely. Hit the this, right note. Yeah. This was, this was the very, very beginning mm-hmm. of... It, it it really it caught on fire a little more next year, mm-hmm. but this was the beginning of of the greatness. People that jumping would on the bandwagon. Punk. Mm-hmm. Yep. People realizing that he was kind of a higher level of actor and performer that he could yep. really pull things off on the mic in a resonant way, and he was in in, in fact one of the best promos in the business, and he would yep. you know really make great stuff out of the material. So what? Uh, so there it is, and that sets this up as the mega heel CM Punk with his Straight Edge Society camp mates Luke Gallows and Serena in his corner. I, I would say I would say he's you know I, I consider The Rock to be on a different level, yeah, and a different kind of promo. Um, not I don't want to say the The Rock was more. I, if you can if you compare Rock and Austin, mm-hmm. I consider Rock to be more over the top and more showy. Mm-hmm. Austin's a little more real. The Rock has more range. Yeah, 
but I also consider Austin to be a little more real. Mm-hmm. Sure. I consider he was like down and dirty, the basics of it. This is what it is. In an odd way, a better and, wrestling promo than yeah, overall right. promo. Right. And so I consider um, Punk to be the best, like, serious promo, wrestling promo since Austin. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a reason he wore a Stone Cold shirt when he did the Pipe Bomb promo, right? Yeah. Is he saw himself as picking up that that uh, that missing element on in, in wrestling of a guy who just cuts through all the BS with every word he utters. So right. – uh, Back to the ring. Punk's on the mic here uh, before the people um, in Glendale. He says, over 70,000 weak-minded individuals who think because they're so hopped up on hallucinogenic drugs that Rey Mysterio is a superhero. They think if they pop a pill or take a drink that their problems will go away. I am a savior, and I can save Rey Mysterio. I can lead you all to a better place. I choose to be drug-free. I choose to be better than each and every single one of you. One nation, under Punk, indivisible, with integrity and sobriety for all. Well... I mean, it's true. Look I know. at Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows used to be a mentally retarded individual. <laughs> CM Punk has healed him. Turned his life around. Mm-hmm. And not healed him H-E-E-L-E-D. <laughs> but um, you know, but that, Luke Gallows healed us. He, he pulled it off. You know, this whole like crazy... It's easy to forget because he became so well-known for yeah. that true-to-life, kind of like finicky, sour, straight-edge... Uh, no, not straight edge. Um, pipe bomb promo guy who'll say anything and um, and is controversial on the mic. That he actually pulled off a, a psycho cult leader really well in this angle. It was much more of a character. It, it required much more in the way of like acting almost than kind of the self righteous stuff he'd do later. And what's yeah. great is the thing that made CM Punk a huge heel to the WWE, you know, writers and things was that he didn't drink and do drugs. I know. What an asshole. I know. Right. Exactly. He's not like well, us. If you, if you can't, I mean, if you're not. Shit, I was going to invite him to come and snort some coke off my desk. He didn't do that. Well, I mean, I don't like people who don't snort coke off my desk. I don't trust them. So, to me, I don't trust them. If you're not going to come here and do this open-minded shit, I don't think you're a good person. Right. So you're going to be a heel because you don't drink or do drugs or do the stuff that good people do. Mm-hmm. So... That's it. You're a punk. And we're off to the races with CM Punk's gimmick here. Uh, they kind of missed the Ray entrance. The pyro went off, and then he was just like yeah. there on the screen. Yeah. I think they had something set up for him, uh, but it didn't work out. Anyway, he's decked out like Avatar, which was the big yes. hit movie of the and year. And Michael Cole gives us a doozy. He can't help but note that Ray's costume is fitting for WrestleMania because Avatar was the biggest hit at the box office. Yep. And the mains is the largest live entertainment event of all time. And here he is paying tribute to the biggest blockbuster movie of all time. We are at the largest live entertainment event of all time. And Rey Mysterio is paying homage to the biggest blockbuster movie of all time in Avatar. Because they're so fucking similar. Yeah, that's why he did it. Well, we make movies. (laughs) That's exactly right, Vince. We make movies. He said that one time. Yes, he did on that on the um, beyond the mat. Beyond the mat. We make movies. Oh, you do, really? Well, that's what we do. We tell stories. We make movies. It's art. So we anyway, make art. <laughs> Matt Stryker calls CM Punk's mind a vile pigsty. 
<laughs> CM Punk attacks right away as Gallows and Sarit that's, distract. That's, that's, that's not bad. That's the pot calling the kettle black, if you ask me. The... <laughs> The anti-diva, Sarita, they refer to her. She Serena. Has... Serena. Oh, sorry. Did I say Sarita? Who's Sarita? Sarita. I know Sarita Auto Fair, but that's... that's, no, that's not quite. Serena. Serena. Um, Serena. She's in TNA? Anyway, uh, Serena, thank you, Serena Deeb, as she was known, uh, shaved her head bald to show her allegiance to the straight-edge right. society. That was the gimmick. Punk was the only one allowed to have she hair. Used, she even used a straight-edge razor. <laughs> that was the gimmick. Surprised they didn't pick up a Gillette sponsorship off that. That would have been money, huh? Cut the deal. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. So Ray comes off the apron with a wheelbarrow position and gets dropped on the steps uh, yes. as we get underway. Stryker says, straight edge is deeper than sobriety. It's an I'm better than you mentality. So that's Vince talking. Uh, Ray Mysterio tries a springboard crossbody. Yeah, let, let, let's make him more of a heel. Yes. So the thing is, we want to make him, you know, you're going to say that, 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 that his, his, his fucking pussy lifestyle that he does in real life yep. is... You know, oh, I'm better than you. That's right. Because I don't, I don't drink or do drugs. Fuck you. You're a pussy. You're worse than me. <laughs> You're worse. You're lesser than. Yeah. Springboard crossbody attempt by Mysterio. Nice snatch out of the air and power slam by CM Punk. And then he scores with a big head kick for two. Mysterio goes up to the top off kind of that double knuckle lock uh, and jumps and moonsaults into a DDT. And, um... He's tried this move many times, but he's only hit it perfectly once. And that was at the 1997 Halloween Havoc against Eddie Guerrero in one of the great cruiserweight matches WCW ever had, where Mysterio jumps to the top rope while having both of Guerrero's hands interlocked in his, springboards off the top rope and does a moonsault. And while coming down on the moonsault, DDTs his opponent in one fluid yeah. motion. Kind of off here at Mania. Comes pretty close, but just a bit out of Still, position. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little off. It's, it's it, it was still impressive, but it looked a little sloppy. You always know when Ray tries to do that move that he's trying to go the extra mile on that particular match. That's always a yep. sign, always been a signifier to me throughout his career. Um, but if you want to see it absolutely perfectly, and I got to watch this match anyway. It has including a great um, springboard flip dive to the floor into a Rana on the outside. Uh, Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. Highly recommend. Ninety-seven yep. Halloween Havoc. So. Um, Anyway, back to the match. 619 attempt by Mysterio is caught by Punk, who then tries to transition into a GTS from that position. Mysterio. Absolutely amazing. Oh, nice. Great stuff. I mean, seriously, like so good. And I'm I'm impressed. These guys are having such a solid match. Fast paced match Mm -hmm. for six minutes. I know they pack a lot in. I was surprised looking back that it was that long. It felt longer. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember it being so. I mean, I remember it feeling short. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't remember them packing in so much. So uh, he fights down from the GTS position, then goes for a moonsault, but he's caught again in the GTS. Uh, he grabs the ropes, though, to counter. Uh, Ray ends up up top doing uh, Eddie Guerrero mannerisms, but misses a frog splash, mm-hmm. allowing Punk to get two. Uh, Punk's then on the ropes. Uh, Ray hits the run- begins running right. for 619. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I want to give you this first, though. Yeah. I don't know if you're ready for this. This is, this is another strikerism. He says, and I quote, to pledge to the church of the poisoned mind <sighs> would simply destroy Rey Mysterio's warrior spirit. To pledge to this church of the poisoned mind would simply destroy Rey Mysterio's warrior spirit. It's like he, he thought of poison mind and then he like came up with the rest of it. It's like he wanted to somehow find a way to build around this phrase that occurred to him. 
and the rest of it just doesn't connect at all. It just doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. It's so wordy, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, no one, no one is watching the show to be impressed by you. You're the announcer. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> as ironic and counterintuitive as that sounds. You know, get out of the way of the match. You know, accentuate the match. Don't make me think right. about you and your right. cleverness. You know, no thanks. Right. Uh, so anyway, I mean, yeah, don't, yeah, don't draw attention to yourself in that way. Cause it's just, I mean, that's not your job. And it right, takes me out of the match. Just not good. Uh, Ray runs for the six one nine. Serena jumps up on the apron. Gallows is up. Uh, Punk is able to use that position and get into a GTS again. But this time, um, Mysterio counters the GTS attempt with a hurricane Rana. Great spot. So great. Love it. Love whenever you counter something off the shoulders with a Rana. Like I would just. I think we've talked about this. I need to see in my life Daniel Bryan counter the F5 with a Rana. Oh, I know. Or or the yes I think, lot. I think I, that's that's what I want. I want. I've always I always wanted that out of Benoit. Oh. I always wanted like Benoit to like be in the F5 and then <laughs> swing around and yes. then plant Lesnar. My aesthetic the, needs to command you know, it. I need I need work rate. <laughs> So uh, off the Rana, that sends Punk flying into the apron, knocking Drew Gallows off and putting him in prime position for the 619. Mysterio follows up and this time scores with it, hits the kick, and then a springboard splash from the outside in gets him a 1, a 2, and a 3. In 6 minutes and 30 seconds, Rey Mysterio defeats CM Punk here at WrestleMania 26. Had Punk won, by the way, Mysterio would have been forced to join the Straight Edge Society, but he uh, avoids that stipulation. Matt Stryker ruins it, saying, Aaliyah, Dominic, Angela, I know you're watching. Daddy's coming home. (laughs) I'm serious. That, by the way, is Mysterio's kids and his wife's name. Uh, That's his... All right. He sees that as his role. You know? It's like, Mysterio says that. Or doesn't, preferably. Yeah. So we go to a package. And here we go. The uh, the one thing, though, I just want to say about this match. I, I, I thought then, I still think now... Punk should have gone over here. Mm, mm. I think I think Ray should have joined the the the, the Straight Edge Society mm-hmm. and then fought his way out. That's of course that that's a good year's worth of stuff right there. They could have a great blowout rematch the next year. Thumbs thumbs up. So nope, nope, nope. It's over. Just as soon as it started. So we get a package, and uh, here we go. The full uh, autopsy on what went wrong with the Bret Hart, Vince McMahon storyline here in 2010. <sighs> uh, they show Bret taking footsteps, and they show a quote on the screen, living in the past. Well, that's the old, that's the old, uh, the old video. Yeah. His old, you know, the old, um, the old, uh, Bret I think we out. saw it, you know, Bret! And he turns around, little kid screams his name. Yeah, and, and, and his footsteps sound like... There he comes. Hitman at his peak. Go get him, champ. Oh, that's right. That's what they say. That's what it was. That was the mood of the product. So they bring that footage back. They show a quote on the screen, living in the past, there's no future in it. And so they show Brett walking out on Raw, saying how it took him 12 years to find it in his heart to come here. Awesome clips of him from his prime. Uh, Lyrics say, back to the beginning. And uh, we go to Montreal in 1997. They show clips of the screw job. They show um, uh, Vince on Raw offering a handshake. Brett taking it. They raise each other's hands. Uh, Vince even does the Brett hand motion. Brett too. And then kicks him in the fucking groin. Vince kicks <laughs> Brett right in the balls. 
after see, they reconcile. See, this is the thing. I, I think this is this is where it all the the, yep. the, the shit starts here. Right. Because like, oh there, Jesus, there, here there we go. There shouldn't have been a swerve. Vince is already the biggest heel of all time because of this story. He doesn't have to right. do something you physical you don't have to, to be make the heel. us think that you're going to be a good guy, and and he should have come in and been like, like this. This would have been a great place to di- like to really kind of dig in yes. and be a real jerk. He could have said, "Oh, you know, I like how I'm the bad guy here. That I'm the one." Yes, but you know what? Here's what you did to me, mm-hmm. and then. And then, mm-hmm. and look at this. Look who, look who came out okay in the end. Well, you're please. the one who had this and this and like list the shit. Yes, list the shit and make it a passive aggressive thing, not an right. aggressive thing. It's not about physicality. It's about both guys pretending to be reconciled, but the tension's still in the room. Right. There's still an elephant in the room, and Vince can't help but throw a a little sharp word or phrase here and there to kind of dig right. Brett. Talk about how miserable. List list all the the things that happened to Brett. Yep. After it happened, bring in that reality and don't have anyone kick anyone in the balls or break anybody's leg or anything. Don't even touch before WrestleMania, for all I care. You know, get all the cards on the table, reintroduce all the issues, and make it kind of like, like a subtle, a slow burn. When did this start? Did this start in okay. January? Yeah. I mean, I think it would have been great. He kicked him in the balls right there. I think he came out, he reconciled with Sean, and they went right to shooting the Vince angle. I think that it would have been... This would have been great. This would have been cool, Mm -hmm. if you ask me. That, 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 this is the way it should have played out. That January episode, he reconciles with Sean. It's over. He says, I want to reconcile with Vince. Vince never comes out. Nice. Yes, you just did it. Never yes, comes out. Passive aggressive, like I said. And he's like, "Okay, then that's it. I'm glad to be here, but um, you know, that walks away, gone for a month. Bret Hart does not make another appearance for a month. Fast lane happens. We're now in overdrive, <laughs> heading into WrestleMania. He comes back again. Yeah. I want to make right with Vince." It's been which bothering so me. Stupid. I've been sitting home. Which is so stupid because it's like if you want to get down to it, it you, you can't get in the room without Vince saying, "Get come on over. Right. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. so – but anyway, but that's – you know, we, we play with that all the time. It's like, again, what – if you're so pissed off with these employees, why don't you fire them? <laughs> you know, right, right. why are you having a match with Hogan? Why don't you just fire him? Why, <laughs> why are you threatening his career when you're the boss and you can just fire him? Apparently not. I guess it's, not. His contract's ironclad. Iron it's iron fucking. It's iron sheet clad. Gorilla. <laughs> Gorilla. Son of a bitch. You fat tubby bitch. Um. <laughs> so, but then he comes back, and he says, "I, I want to make right by you, Vince. I want to. I want to set this aside. I want to put this in the past. No one's kicked Vince anyone com- in the balls. Right. Vince comes out. Vince says, and we get that whole thing that we did. That whole scenario we just had." And then from then on, like for the next week or so, you, you they're just interviews. Yep. Sit yes. down interviews yes. that are pre-taped yes. talking about this was my relationship. This is what I thought it was. Put it all back on the table, all the cards. Right. right. You don't have to do all these these in-ring, in-person angles. Have them be pre-taped. You know, you know. And get to the heart of the why, matter. Don't why do like... we have to why do we have to fight to see this match? happen why can't we just say you know what 
the powers that be decided these two guys needed to go at it. Yeah, or Brett just says, you know, I mean, if Vince, I thought I could see eye to eye with Vince. I thought yeah. we could get past the point that I had to be, beat respect out of him, but I guess I was wrong. And here we go. WrestleMania, it's going down. Vince, I challenge you. I, I screwed myself. Well, fine. Here's one last chance to prove that you were right. And then Vince gets all. But they're talking to each other at a di- from a distance. They're not face-to-face yeah. in the ring. Because yeah. <clears throat> what happened was they booked a conventional angle, a conventional right. feud with conventional twists and turns. And the, the, the Montreal stuff is kind of in the background. It's assumed that we all get it. Right, right. You know, it's assumed that we all understand the tension underpinning why it should be a big deal that Bret Hart is back and going face-to-face with Vince, first of all. fans are kids now. It's like 13 years ago, first of all. And second of all, it's like, even if it wasn't, it's so electric to put that back on the table again. You get this rare moment where you can bring some real emotions to the table and incorporate them into promos, which always make for the best promos and storylines and most memorable moments. Here is just the ultimate example of of a real life situation that occurred in wrestling that can be leveraged for, for heat. And they didn't do yep. it really. They just kind of let it sit in the background while Vince yep. does the blatant, like, you know, like a four year old can understand heel thing where he kicks him in the balls. And it's like, okay, fine. And this is just in the same category. Well, it's so appeal to the kids. The kids like to get kicked in the balls. <laughs> That's right. This felt like a kick in the balls. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And it's immediately when he does that, like, okay, this is like every other storyline in the show. There's now nothing special about this. Right, the right. bad guy's dastardly, and the other guy's, you know, um, the other guy's taken advantage of, and it won't happen again. <sighs> it it, it just was they way overproduced. So much so. There, there, were, there, there was one funny thing, though. I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but there was a curious bit mm. in the, uh, the recap video where they showed the whole, you know, Brett getting his leg broken and whatever. And then later, he's on crutches, and he's in the ring with Vince. Mm-hmm. And Vince kicks Brett's leg right from under his leg. There you go. I was wondering if maybe nod that was to a little Owen. shout out, a little nod to Owen. Very well, could have been. Um, uh, but the whole thing was just way overproduced. Mm-hmm. And I, I also thought what was funny, I love how overconfident Vince gets uh, at the match being declared a no-holds-barred match. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded I, – I, I ask him to remind himself that he's never won a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> Not even close. They've all been no-hold-barred ma- no matches. They better be because Vince in a straight once. match yeah, is right. death. I want to see, see Vince work. Oh, my God. Headlock takeover. Shoulder tackle. All right. Scissors. Reverse. Oh. Reverse. Right. Duck two. No, thanks. Not Bridge. happening. German Nelson into a bridge. German Nelson? <laughs> this is like a wrestler. German Nelson. <laughs> Nelson Hackenschmidt. Yeah, you got it. Um, so, yeah. Thumbs down. And then they have this whole thing where, like, you want me at WrestleMania? <laughs> no, no, because you deserve to be screwed. <laughs> And Brett, of course, incapable of like acting, just stands there with a stupid look on his face, like duh, like a puppy dog, you know, who's just being abused. He shows no anger in his face. He has no confidence in his promos. You know, that doesn't help either. There's not real fire there. He just sits there and just takes Vince's abuse and acts like he's above it. But he really just looks pathetic because Vince is having all this fun with him. Yeah. He's just standing there taking it. Uh, Brett says goodbye. I guess this isn't working out. His car 
hits his limo and breaks his leg, supposedly. Uh, Vince says, you want to fight me? Then why not fight me? Brett, of course, is supposed to be bat on one bad leg. Brett says, get it through your head. I can't wrestle. I've got a broken leg. Vince says, you've got no heart. Bret Hart, you're a coward. And then he kicks out his crutch, like you said. He calls him pathetic. Brett looks so pathetic here. He says, you want a match? You got it. No holes barred match, Vince. And then, of course, he shows that uh, he was never really hurt. That he set up the like, stupid. Why? Yeah, he had to why? be smart enough to set up a fake limo crash to trick Vince into agreeing to the match. Like, just, just say I mean, that the, I, somebody I, ordered I it. The board the ordered it. I kind of get the theme a little bit because the whole thing is 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 Brett screwing Vince. Yeah. You know, he 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 tricks Vince into doing this. So he screwed him. Um, just beat his ass. And then I know, and then and just then, then, and then even then, beat his ass. Even here at at WrestleMania, he he screws him. He he backstabs him. You know, the, everyone turns on him and stuff. So dumb, so uh, so overthought. You know, it's like, please, Vince, you're already the heel. You don't have to set up this whole, you know, set of circumstances to give people a fresh reason to understand that you're the heel in this dynamic. Just just poor. Um, and, and a blown opportunity. And as Dave Meltzer said earlier, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that in this card, Brett versus Vince would be the coldest match on the card after all those years apart, after all that tension, and they finally get the thing put together, I would have told you you're nuts. But that's yep. exactly what ended up happening that night in 2010. 13 years ago, you said Brett screwed Brett. Tonight, Vince screwed Vince. And then he hits him with the cast and we go to the ring. No, you know what? Tonight, Vince screwed us. That's right. Vince screwed this up. That's what he did. Brett versus Vince. They make it a no-holds-barred lumberjack match, as we find. Um, they talk about how Brett had made peace with over four dozen family members to induct his father to the Hall of Fame this weekend. Yeah. It says it's his first time at WrestleMania in 13 years in the Stone Cold match. And finally, he has an opportunity to put Couple. the nightmare of Montreal behind him. Interesting to note, too, by the way, that his last WrestleMania match... Was the greatest match in the history of the mains. I know. I know. It's not I mean, way to go out on a fucking high note, dude. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely true. Brett is, uh, like I've said, dressed just horribly. Takes a I mean, lot away from the match. Um, so Vince is on the mic, and he comes out and says, you deserve a WrestleMania-sized screwing. <laughs> he shelled out a whole bunch of bucks and bought a whole bunch of lumberjacks. One will be the guest ref. Just remember this. Brett, Brett, Brett screwed Brett, and Vince screwed Brett, and now Vince and your entire family screwed yeah. Brett. So the big twist is that the Hart family has been bought. Yes. And it's like, I said to myself, when I watched this the first time, this is so stupid. It's like the dumbest idea to take me out of the reality of the situation. You couldn't have done it harder. You couldn't have made this feel more like a phony, baloney, traditional wrestling angle. Standard fare. I shouldn't say traditional. It was so bad. Yeah, Matt, right. Maddie, Tyson, Harry, the the guys from the Hearts that have come to the Hall of Fame, Bruce Smith, they all come out. And they're all supposed to be with Vince. Vince is supposed to have bought them, greased their palms, so to speak. So many more twists than are necessary going and, on here. And I'm like and, and, and lucky us we get to see Bruce Hart again in his fucking sunglasses. Unbuttons his shirt to show a, a zebra stripes, he's gonna be the referee. Uh looking like Ray uh, Charles. He, he he takes off those sunglasses and <laughs> I wish you'd put him back on. <laughs> he hugs Vince. He does, finally. Stryker uh, said he's always heard that uh, yeah. Hart's been jealous. So, yes. Uh, he played I, that up. I heard that, uh, I heard that Bruce Hart's pot belly was inspired by Roddy Piper. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was, um, that was inspiring, if nothing else. An inspiring <laughs> vis- visage. We, I, get, uh, we get one of the, one of the most 
liberal revisions of WWE history, mm. I think, in the history of um, of the company. Mm-hmm. Michael Cole says, and I quote, in late 1997, Bret Hart's contract was coming to an end. Yeah. They couldn't come to an agreement. Bret headed out of the company. And so what does McMahon do on one of his last nights here? He screws Bret out of the... Bernard of the championship. In late 1997, Brett's contract was coming to an end. They couldn't reach an agreement. Brett headed out of the company. What does Mr. McMahon do on one of his last nights here? He screws Bret Hart out of the championship. What? They couldn't come to an agreement? They couldn't come to an agreement. They had an agreement that Vince could not live up they to. They had an agreement that Vince violated in the end. They had an agreement for 20 years signed in November of 1996. Okay, is that long enough for you? 20-year I mean, deal. Contract coming to an end. And after one year, Vince couldn't... They couldn't come to an agreement, so Brett goes to WCW? No. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. And you're an asshole <laughs> for suggesting that that's what we think should have happened. Yeah. Or it happened. Mm-hmm. No. No, we know what happened. We yeah. know that Vince McMahon essentially got a year out of Bret Hart at a reduced rate and couldn't cut the mustard when it came to paying $2 Bret. $2 million a year. And he said, go. Yeah. Bret said, There's I, get, so I much... can get this much over here. He goes, if you can get that much, you, you go. Go to WCW. So he did. He wanted to stay. He would have been willing probably to work around the contract a little bit and, and talk about ways to make it work financially for them. But Vince proactively but told them... I didn't want him here. That's the bottom line. I was sick of having that hard work ethic. Right. I wanted my new blood. I wanted Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Jesus, Vince. You make it sound like a murder plot, but okay. Uh, he was my guy. So after Vince Hart was a nothing, he could never work. So after, yeah, that was his problem. He couldn't work. So after Vince makes his announcement that he is recruited, for lack of a better term, um, all of the family, um, we get him. Get, we get Brett on the mic. He dispassionately says, "You all agreed to this. Yeah. There's not much I can do about it." <laughs> What's done is done. <coughs> if there's one thing I know about the Hart family, you all got paid up front, didn't you? That's a good line. <laughs> Pretty funny. I didn't get a kick out of that. One thing I learned from the Montreal screw job is there's nothing sweeter than a double cross. <laughs> We're stronger than ever. We're united as one tonight. They told... Right, and then he tells Vince well, that they all told me that they were going to do this and agree to be your lumberjacks, and we agreed ahead of time. <laughs> it's like, like, see, again, it's like my head hurts. Whole, I know, I know. Why? It's like, well, th- this is the greatest kind of revenge is that he keeps screwing no, me. No, because I screwed him. As far as I can no. tell, it's the worst type of revenge. Tell the story, and let him beat the shit out of you. <laughs> so what, what's revealed here, and, and this is what happened because Bret Hart's the Hearts took Vince's payments. 
deposited their checks, mm-hmm. and then turned on their purchaser. Exactly. Completely betrayed the contract. What honor. Right, I know, I know. Stu, like, Stu would be proud. I would prefer As that they I all always just... did whenever I worked for anybody. I took my check and I just went home. <laughs> I would prefer, like you like you kind of implied, that they all just came out during the match and always, the shit out made, of Vince McMahon. I, I, I always made sure that I got paid up front, and then i just go home. I wouldn't even work. Yeah, pretty soon it would get harder and harder as the years went on for Stu to get paid up front as promoters began talking to each other about how Stu suddenly gets on the first uh, Air Canada. And it was harder for him to work. It's like this 1948 locker room. You know, I work about as well as I speak. I just can't do it, but I'll keep on I'll keep on taking those paychecks. It won't work anymore, but I'll keep taking those paychecks. <laughs> Why are those paychecks still there if you're not going to work? Well, I, 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 I tell them I'm going to work, but then I just don't. <laughs> oh, oh, so that's the, the ruse. Okay, I understand now. Very clever. So Very sophisticated. Got to get paid up front. <laughs> well, Vince, it all sounds great. Um, are you going to pay me up front? <laughs> Well, I guess I can. Well, I guess you want to be. What is that? That's the way you want to be. I guess I can honor that. I'll pay up front. How much? Uh, I'd like to be paid about uh, $2.5 million. Well, I'm not buying the territory from you again, Stu, for for God's sakes. 2.5. That's a little steep there, Stu, but I'll I'll tell you what. I'll make you a deal. I'll pay you (laughs) $1.5 million. Okay. Stu drives a hard bargain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Vince could have just said five hundred grand, and he would have been fine. He could have said two. He could have said like five hundred dollars, and have been okay. Stu's so broke, so miserable. <laughs> what? Why did... I, just, I just, I just want to get a Big Mac. That's all I want. <laughs> Stu hits the well, drive-thru well, in, like, cam loops. Well, you came to the right place because I'm the Big Mac attack. <laughs> Stu at the... I, I just want you to know, I didn't set that up. That, actually that just was came. pretty awesome. Boom. Stu just, like, you know, idling at the drive-thru in Battle Creek. Uh... Wait. <laughs> it's, like, freezing outside. Just, he's in the he's Camaro. Like a rusty car, no heat. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like WrestleMania. That's right. <laughs> what does Stu Hart's car have in common with WrestleMania 26? No heat. <laughs> oh my god. That's it's okay. Alright, right, so so Brett <coughs> Brett is hip to Vince's games and he says, um, we agreed ahead of time. No hip. It's going to be forever remembered as, <laughs> as the night that Brett screwed uh, Vince. So Bruce hugs Brett, and then Brett gets to punching Vince, and uh, we're underway. And then, <laughs> so yeah, Brett starts beating on Vince, who, who at this point, again, you know, the last time we saw um, Vince wrestle mm-hmm. was in uh, 2006, mm. and that's four years ago, and. 
it, it, he just he he. <laughs> The beatings that he takes, he he looks like he's severely in pain, not from the beating, but from moving. Yes. Like it looks like everything hurts, but not for the right reasons. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, and with Brett, it's like he, he can't really move around too easily. He's pretty much stationary. He can't really throw punches without kind of compromising his balance. It's kind of sad. As and much, then, I think that takes yeah. the crowd out of it too. Is it's like I think Ooh. so too. Is that is that is that Brett comes across as such frail, right? Um, eventually, Brett tosses Vince out to the to the floor, and yeah. all of the hearts start beating on Vince. Hilarious. Start, and one of them, one of them looks like Edward James almost. <laughs> Tyson and I, uh, David Hart work believe, together. We have two Edward James almost references in the history of this show. That's what happens. Is, is that I think that one was Smith Smith Hart, mm-hmm. looks like Edward James almost. I think you're right. Um, Tyson Kidd and uh, David Awful Smith Junior. Were... Smith Ross. Um, what are the Hart names? Tyson Tyson Smith. <laughs> Tyson Hart rather. Austin. Austin Hart. So Tyson. <laughs> Michael's heart. <laughs> they do the heart attack. They do the old heart foundation finisher on big Vince one, on the big floor. One, big uh, top rope heart attack on the floor. Kid comes all the way up the top. Uh, Vince hits the back of his head on the floor. Uh, yeah. Natty gets her shots in. She slaps him. Um, Stryker says, awful. "Best best of luck in your future endeavors, Natalia." After she slaps Vince, the pink slips in the mail. Although she'll just think it's part of her wardrobe. That's... <laughs> Or her hair. Kitty, right. They just think it fell out of her hair. A pink slip. Oh, there's pink slip right out of my own. Is that what she talks? Hair. Really? That's what it is. Hello, I'm Maddie Neidhart. Hi. Hi. Yeah, how come TJ? Jim Neidhart wasn't there? Yeah. He's, he's a heart. Motionless. He's, a Neidhart. Neidhart. he's probably he's a Neidhart. motionless in the Barca lounger back he's then. He's a Neidhart. <laughs> Did you think it was Neidhart when you were a kid? N I G H T? Night heart. Like Brett was the day heart. He was the night heart. Kid comes off the top with a heart attack. Okay. Vince yeah. dings his head on the mat pretty hard. Yeah. Vince goes hey, under and gets dragged out of the ring. Uh, I got a from... question for you, though. Uh-huh. I got a question. How come no one's booing Bret Hart for wearing jorts? Yeah. If it's such a big faux pas. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you know, Brett. <laughs> I can't. I can't even look at the, the wardrobe. Oh, I know. He looks like a complete ass. <laughs> Vince goes under the ring. I mean, honestly, wear, like, honestly, wear those athletic pants like Rock War in '99. Like, ooh, give me something at least that resembles something that looks good. I mean, I, I'm assuming that Brett got all of his fashion advice for this match from his brother Bruce. Yeah, trading fashion tips in Calgary. Yes. So Vince uh, gets a crowbar, gets in the ring, misses Brett with a shot. Brett punches him. No one cares at this exact on, point. On. I know, right? But hold on. So Vince grabs the crowbar. Yeah. And one of the heart ladies calls him a coward. <laughs> Hold on. He's being beaten by a dozen <laughs> people at once. How is he a coward for trying to survive? I feel bad for Vince. As soon right? as you said that, I felt bad for Vince all of a sudden. It's like he's being abused by this... This fucking clan, this marauding band right. of 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 Canadian pirates, essentially, is what they are. <laughs> they loot him for money. Yeah, and now they're raping and pillaging him. 
And the man picks and up the guy a picks pipe up a to weapon, defend himself. Defend himself against a dozen people, and he's a coward. Vince <laughs> just taking taking shots, you know. Brett just can't even control the shots. Vince the just taking poor them. guy. Vince uh, Brett gets the thing, the crowbar, starts landing shots with it. Went for the sharpshooter, then just kind of stopped and walked over and grabbed the crowbar and laid into Vince some more, which is kind of a dumb idea. It's like you think Brett was proud of this match. No, I don't. I mean, it's a great question. Here's uh, here's Brett, actually. I think uh, he's featured in the Brian Shields WrestleMania book. Oh, please. Bret please, Hart please. remembers, when I walked to the ring, I remembered back to when I had my stroke and I was sitting in a wheelchair. Vince was the first person who called me during my darkest hours. I never That's thought right. I'd ever see That's a moment. Right, I remember that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> He says, I thought I'd never see a moment like WrestleMania. Vince smelled an opportunity, by the way, there. That's why he Oh, absolutely. I thought I'd never see a moment like hey, WrestleMania hey, um, 26. It was very special. Uh, Patterson. Patterson, you know, Brett got a stroke. It's fucking great, huh? So uh, what I want to do is I want to make a Death of Bret Hart DVD. I'm going to call but it. Shouldn't we wait till, uh, till he's dead? Or? Why don't you wait till I tell you to shut the fuck up? <laughs> what we're going to do is I want to get... Straight. I want to get an interview with him in the hospital with his fucking vegetable-like mass. All right, I want to get the last interview of Bret Hart ever. With his vegetable-like mass. That's fucking awesome. So, and then I want to get the interview. Yeah. And then, and then if he, so we have it so we can make the DVD. And if he doesn't die within 10 days, I'm going to kill him. And it'll be... Screwed. <laughs> <laughs> the Bret Hart's the Bret Hart story. Make millions. We can totally cash off this guy's misery. I'm gonna give him a call right now. Act like I'm being a friend. Shh, quiet. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Fuck. Get the fuck out. <laughs> That's how it went down verbatim. I got the tape. Damn right. We'll call it screwed. <laughs> Were they gonna call that the DVD though? Were they gonna call Probably. it screwed? I think that was like before Brett, like you know, did the Hall of Fame thing and was gonna be there. I'm pretty sure that the original title for the Bret Hart DVD was <laughs> screwed. <laughs> They're so obsessed. Brett got screwed. Like, you got screwed. You got screwed. I all screwed everybody. Everyone got screwed. Everyone's we just... all got screwed. <laughs> I'm gonna screw somebody right now. <laughs> Give me one of the divas. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to screw hard. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So Brett starts laying in shots with the crowbar, went for the sharpshooter, yeah. just walked yeah. over, grabbed the That's a dumb idea because people were excited the match was over. I, I, I realize, you know, I actually, I realized about halfway through this match, why this was match was so bad. Yeah. I got it. Brett was wearing sneakers. <laughs> he wasn't wearing his working boots. Doesn't help, I'll tell you. See, if, I, if you wear I, the boots, it make a big difference. I, I heard he tried to put his working boots on, but he found out they'd retired. <laughs> he couldn't put his working shoes on if, even if he had them in his hand. <laughs> he, can't feel his, he can't feel his feet, let alone putting on boots. So... I don't know where they are. It was so dumb for him not to do the sharpshooter because people got excited that the match was over well, at that point. But this is, I you know, 
But that's typical Brett. That's yeah. what he does. He does. He makes you think he's doing it, and then he kicks you in the balls. <laughs> that, that's what he always did. He then parts Vince's leg, stomps his groin twice. Vince starts begging, um, gets more abuse. So, no pop. Brett. Brett starts. Oh my god! When Brett is destroying Vince with the chair, and Vince is giving <laughs> these wails of pain, <laughs> and Brett's hitting him hard. Oh yeah. These a lot are, of those shots are hitting him right in the elbow. The these are some the stiff fucking shots. Yep. Because right. he's not doing the normal thing. What they do is where they where they hit the 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 head of the um you know the top of the chair on the mat. Right. You know he is he is hitting him clear on with um with each other. You didn't finish what Brett said though. What did he say? Did you finish what Brett say? You do the quote. I don't think so. Finish from the book. Oh, I did. Yes, I did finish. Oh, you did? Oh, yes, okay. I thought you meant the, something he said during the match. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, he said it's very special, so he doesn't have any negative memories of it. Yeah, well, of course not, because uh, Brett, I'll, I'll pay $10,000 just to say we had a great match. <laughs> it just got a check. Cash. Rose a number no, out. No check. Cash under the table. <laughs> Done. <laughs> just move on. Move on. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. But, you know... Would you keep bringing me back, you fucker? Um, yes, he waylays him with the chair. And Vince is like wailing. Ah, <laughs> ah. And and Cole does a decent call. He calls yep. it disturbing. Mm-hmm. I agree. He sounds like a senile old man in a nursing home. He does. Like yeah. having a, having a, a panic attack. Mm-hmm. It's it's awful. He, I mean. Here's the, it must have been the idea, all right, Brett, now, this is the moment where finally I get mine and you wail on me. But in execution, it was kind of like, will you stop hitting him with that chair? You know, um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not I, feeling bloodlust as you attack him. I'm feeling bored. Right now. I mean, how does this happen? I'm bored. This is supposed to be the moment. That I am bored. I mean, Brett got screwed. Right to the very end, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So, hold on. There's something. Um, there's a, there's an interesting point that um. I I read uh, I read Scott Keith's review of the show, mm-hmm. and made a, actually a very interesting point about about this match, about the length, about the quality of it. Um, oh, let me bring it up here. Sure. Here we go. Uh, uh, uh when he reviewed the show. He said that um, uh, 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 everyone said all they wanted to see was Brett kicking Vince's ass. Like this is what everyone for for forever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like they wanted to see Brett kicking Vince's ass for ten minutes and then making him tap. So everyone wanted to see. Yep. They literally got that. Mm-hmm. You know, they literally got. Brett kicking Vince's ass for 10 minutes, putting on the sharpshooter, and Vince taps. Mm-hmm. Yep, straight straight to the uh, the point. They just introduced it's, so much fluff on top of it that it was hard to feel like it also, was a momentous moment. 10 minutes is too long yep. for a pseudo-vegetable of a man. Guy who can only swing weapons. Yep. You know? Absolutely. I don't, I mean, after 10 minutes of someone getting beaten by a chair, a crowbar... Or punches, it's kind of boring. Three Drag- to five minutes is great. Yeah, 
I agree. Drags you know? him in the middle, puts the sharpshooter on, like you said, after beating him with the chair, and it's over in uh, 11 minutes and 9 I, seconds. I will say this, though. Brett does apply the last great sharpshooter we will ever see at the mains. Yeah, because nobody else knows how to do it. No one else does it the right way. Absolutely. So I um, do wish, I do wish he would have hung on to it like he did at SummerSlam 93 against Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Just sat in it. That would have been a great touch. Just so pissed. Just so pissed and just sat in it. He probably and, got exhausted from laying crouched know, like that for a while. He's probably like, he's probably just, yeah, I'm sure his legs couldn't handle it. But um, I think it would have been, this would this would have been great. For me in the long run, this would have been great. At the time, it would have been a complete letdown. But what would have been so great is if he held on to it. And just like in Summer 93, all these officials came in mm-hmm. and they tried to stop him. But Brett just laid into it and just kept it going. Yep. yep. And finally, after he, rever- after he let go, the officials reversed the decision. And Vince wins. And Vince wins. As it should be. They say that on the announcing. so great. Brett, after 13 years, spits in the face of Montreal. And that isn't a very... I I still don't think so. Well, that is... He wouldn't want to spit in the face of that fine Canadian city. (laughs) That's a good point. They all get in the ring, all the hearts. They all hug. They raise each other's hands. And so this is the moment that we're supposed to get the feels, JP, but we do not. No, not one bit. Sadly, sadly, we never got what I always wanted, which was Shawn Michaels putting Brett back in the sharpshooter and Vince dropping Owen's dead bones from the ceiling onto Brett's head. Needless to say, we did not get that. Uh, Matthew from West Virginia writes in, uh, one of the worst matches in Maine's history, McMahon versus Bret Hart. Yes. WWE took what should have been a simple um, match um, and over a quarter quarter since a decade in the making, something like quarter year in the making, and threw in some stupid nonsense. Over a decade in the making. It's 13 years in the making. 13 and a half years. Yep. Trent writes, had we known what kind of overbooked mess we were going to get this match, uh, we all probably would have never even wanted it to take place. They should have made this some kind of tag match or something in the well, first place. Well, it's also kind of hard because um, w- it's kind of hard because we, we're all kind of over it, yeah. too. That's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. It happened about 10 years too late. Oh, of course. This yeah, we're been- all way over it. Yeah, this would have been great to leverage around the time WCW went under or something sure. like that. Yeah. Um, he says it should have made this some kind of tag match or something in the first place because they knew Brett couldn't work an actual full back and forth match. But instead, we get this overbooked crap where the whole Hart family has to get involved as Lumberjacks and Bruce is the ref. And this has just gone awful. The buildup for the match was really good. But from bell to bell, it will go down as one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history. It somewhat tarnished Brett's 13-year-long awaited return by having a match that in no way, shape, form, or fashion could ever live up to his last WrestleMania match before this. Thanks a lot, Goldberg. This is partly your fault. So Trent pointing the finger. And uh, there it is. Brett Hart returns to the WWE fold in a storyline capacity after the Montreal Screwjob, wrestles Vince McMahon at WrestleMania, destroys him with a chair, puts him in the sharpshooter, and it's forgettable. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Mm Mm-hmm. They announced Atlanta for next year's WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, Justin Roberts thanks the WWE Universe, says he has just been informed. 72,219 in attendance at the University of Phoenix Stadium. Cue the Kevin Rudolph song. I made it. Not even a sixth of the uh, students of the University of Phoenix at that time. <laughs> Hardly sixth of the student body. Get the package now for the World Heavyweight title match between Chris Jericho and Edge. Um, Edge chairs. Yeah. They, 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 they show Edge winning the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And being the surprise entrant, and uh, 
Edge says afterwards that he's back in the main event of WrestleMania. Not quite. He's got doesn't a couple really, matches off. Yeah, when you come before the Divas, doesn't yeah. really feel that way. Uh, Edge tore his Achilles during the build-up to this match that the, the, uh, when he was teaming with Jericho at the tail end of the prior year. Tears his Achilles, so he's out of action. Jericho then links with Show. Um, and kind of uh, mocks Edge in his stead as being not really a worthwhile tag partner. Uh, he thanks him on the Slammy Award stage for getting injured. Uh, that that segues into Edge, like you said, the surprise entrant of the Rumble tosses Jericho during the match, uh, so comes back to get at him. And this continued, boss. Let's let's be honest here in 2010, the, the trend of lame ass Rumble winners, doesn't it? it? It certainly does. I mean this this starts the. I mean this is the this is not only lame ass. Uh, uh, rumble winners, but it's also the the guys winning the rumble and not winning the belt. That's what I mean. That's what makes it. Lame. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, they're not on the show closing match. They're just nope. like it's just like one little boost to a match yep. halfway down the card. The rumble. Yeah, that's what the rumble amounts to. Is the rumble match. is is and and with when Edge went with Edge winning it, like being the surprise entrant and winning it too is also to me kind of a. It's kind of a a slap oh, in the face. Yep. I thought that way in 2008 when 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 Cena won and came back and he won because I liked the idea that I really had no idea who was going to win before that and then Cena came back and it was like oh well Cena's going to win. Right. And the same thing here. It's like I mean I didn't, actually didn't think Edge was going to win. I didn't think Edge was going to win at all. Um, but I was like nah, this is not. I'm just not buying it. It's it's very weak. And it's not how it the rumble dilutes, should be used. It dilutes the worth of the rumble, and the rumble it's it's so diluted now. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It hardly matters, and it's a shame. It's still my favorite show. Yeah, it, it hardly matters to the point where you know everyone rejected the Roman Reigns finish. They had to redo it. They had to redo, you know, the plans on Batista winning the year before the next pay per view. Everything's in flux again as far as who's actually going to work WrestleMania because the rumble just doesn't have that cachet anymore. It doesn't get people over that hump of fan resistance, you know? Yep. And it's like, yep. if um, if you can't make a guy by winning the Rumble, if you can only put the guy who's already the most over, over in the Royal Rumble for it to mean anything, that does not say a lot for what yep. the Royal Rumble still does for guys. You know, it's supposed to help people go over the top. And as we find in these years as they go and kind of the second half of the, of the 2000s, um, it just doesn't do that for guys. It just doesn't add anything to them it's amazing and they go and lose at wrestlemania it's like what was all the what was the rumble for you you couldn't have a guy win the rumble who would actually succeed at wrestlemania at the very least well it also used to be about a guy who who it was kind of the culmination of a yes of a of 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 this guy's career to that point yes everything was pointed towards it now it's like you know a surprise the surprise entrant takes that whole thing away now they just want now really it's like it's almost like they just to it, it, it's almost like they want to make the only show to stand out be WrestleMania. That's right. That's right. That's a good point. And in the build up to this Jericho match, they were trying to get over on SmackDown every week, the crowd chanting spear, spear, spear for Edge, and it was kind of sad cuz nobody wanted to do it. Um Edge was a decent baby face, but for the most part, they weren't really behind him as a face. Um the crowds and so here he goes against Jericho, the suited Chris Jericho, your reigning world heavyweight champion against Edge here at WrestleMania 26. Um, yeah, it takes off as a uh, – the, the pyro takes off as, and there's steam for Edge as he makes his way to the ring. Sign in the crowd says, I hope a Canadian wins. 
Just kidding. Matt Stryker says, this is just like another cliche role. Give it to me. I know what you're going to do. I want it. I got it. I need it. it. It's passion. It's desire. It's the World Heavyweight Championship. Not the one I was thinking of. This is the one that I got. The word spear has come to signify Edge's greatest physical weapon as well as Edge's mental advantage. The word spear has come to signify Edge's greatest physical weapon as well as Edge's mental advantage. Uh, it just makes me, like, depressed. Yeah. It's like, what What are you adding? Like, what? Edge's mental advantage is his spear? So Edge... Um... Yeah, striker. Maybe, goes, maybe, maybe Edge's wife thinks his dick is his spear. About, yeah, he wasn't gonna offer that. And here's another one. And she's like, she's like, wait, spear, spear, spear. She chants it when she wants to get fucked. Edge teases a spear early, and no one chants for it. No one's doing the spear chant. Striker then goes off in this tangent about you how. You know why? You know why? Why? People are here for one match. Yep, one match. This, and they should have. You know what they should have done? Had that match go on for four hours. <laughs> that would have been a, a memorable mania, to say the least. Stryker goes off on a tangent about how these two, Jericho and Edge, were road brothers in Canada and how they rode with each other on the what long the roads. What the fuck is that about? Oh, got to know each other, and it's all bullshit. I mean, he must think Chris Jericho is Christian as far as riding together. I mean, the, Well, because he claims all this happened before WWE. So dumb. Like, Jericho, Jericho was, was so... Jericho and traveling with fucking... Benoit and Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and Chavo, all them. He was so much further along, so much earlier what? than Edge. There's, there's like no way. He, he was like traversing, doing that circuit in like the early '90s, and plus he was spending a lot of time in Mexico and in Japan. It's like. Well, that's what's funny is that almost immediately after he says that Edge and Jericho traveled the road together in Canada, he says he completely voids what he said. Yes. And and says that Jericho went to Mexico and Edge worked the independents. He does. Job for them to be. I'm like, so. Which one is the truth here? So true. All he wanted to really do was mention that Edge used to wrestle a Sexton Hardcastle on the Indies. <sighs> I don't like falsifying just to fit a story. You know, it's like. Well, I don't like Matt Stryker. <laughs> Matt Stryker is the announcing version of ninety three thousand one seventy three. Matt Stryker is the announcing version of failure. So Jericho, back to the match. Jericho hangs Edge out to dry on the top rope. Um, springboard edge dodges the attack and knocks Jericho uh, off the apron into the table. Stryker says uh, the Achilles compromises Edge's cardio training, so Jericho would be wise to, quote, quicken the pace. Edge jumps off the apron and clotheslines Jericho on the floor to no reaction whatsoever. It really noticeable silence for Edge's moves here. Yeah. Well, Edge he's go- not a good baby face. Definitely not. Nope. Edge uh, comes off the ropes with a sit-out. Gord Buster gets two. The walls of Jericho is attempted by Chris Jericho. Edge rolls him off. Edge um, goes for a sunset flip. They trade near falls. Jericho ends up kicking Edge in the head to put an end to that exchange. There's a code breaker and a sloppy counter. Ends up depositing Jericho into the corner. Edge sets up a spear, but Jericho counters with a schoolboy roll up into the walls of Jericho. Turns him over to a big pop. Ah! Work rate. Ask him. Work rate. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. It's kind of remarkable, considering the silence up to this point in time, how much the crowd comes alive for the walls of Jericho. It's like, yes. whoa, they turn up the volume big time. So they got well, the crowd now. Also, I mean, Jericho's been working his ass off for the past few months. Fucking. True. What's his name? Edge. He's been on 
been at home yeah. sucking down beers. <laughs> now we're talking as far as the match goes. It's always funny what gets a crowd. Um, you can never really yeah. predict it. Um, Edge wriggles free. Right. From These the... guys are picking up steam and the crowd is getting involved. <laughs> That's right. Edge wriggles free. Inside cradle gets two. Jericho goes for the lion salt, lands on his feet, but Edge gets behind him for the Edge Omatic and gets two. Striker says you go ahead. Says you notice Jericho hooked the left leg. That's the same leg that has the injured Achilles tendon. Okay, he goes. He is like obsessed with the injured Achilles tendon of Edge, and and this is a, this is a trait that I noticed. It's not just Striker's fault, but it's a trait that I know in that I see in all of wrestling. Yeah. That despite all the rehab, all the healing, and the rest. Yes. And all these, and, he, and like, whatever, how long was he on the, on the shelf? Like six months? Yeah, and the medical clearance to come back. Right, medical clearance to come back, but yet this injury, is it still hurts, and it's still a valid target. It's still tender. It's still tender. Kind of still... like how uh, Roman Reigns' hernia was fair game against Daniel Bryan at Fastlane like, still. come on. Yeah, so true. Um, they never heal. stupid. You're not allowed to come back unless you're cleared to work. Right, because if you weren't, you would have come back already. What was all that rehab about? Anyway, Edge uh, hits the Impaler. No pop for that. They don't realize it's his finisher. He gets two off that. Jericho it's gets not the his idea. finisher. The spear's a finisher. I suppose you're right. Jericho gets the idea to do it a his spear old himself. He had, he had like that. What was so weird about Edge in his singles career is that he'd already established the spear as being his trademark move in a, in a tag team format. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they... They they, 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 they they decided he needed another move. So they gave him the Education Impaler DVD, D, DVT, whatever, DVD. <laughs> Here's the Impaler DVD. Go yeah, watch it. <laughs> it's a creepy horror movie. Yeah. Um, and then they gave him the Educator Submission Hold. They did. And it's like, everyone knows if I can use the spear, just let him use the goddamn spear. Right. No one wants him no to one, be a submission artist. No one wants a move named after him. Right. When he uh, hasn't used it. Or right? another move named after him. Right. You got uh, enough. Edge line. Edge drop. Like, okay, we're good. Edge Rana. Razor's Edge. Oh, the, right. That was already ooh, named after ooh, him. Ooh, ooh. Jericho gets the bright idea to do a spear of his own here in the match. Gets That's this, pretty cool. Yeah. His facial expressions are great. Get mischief on his face. But he runs right into that big boot, the Yakuza kick from Edge. Um then he starts tuning up the band himself, Edge does, in the corner. Um, runs out for the spear, but runs right into a code breaker, which gets a big reaction. And a two count crazy. for Chris Jericho. Jericho starts kicking at the Achilles. Stryker calls him the mental mastermind. Yeah, uh, what the fuck? Cool spot as Edge comes up swinging but hobbling. Um, I love that. I love that because Jericho grabs his leg. Yes. And, and Edge is so desperate. He just like is pounding on Jericho, it reminded me of of the movie Jaws mm-hmm. when 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 Quint is being is about to be eaten alive by by the shark yep. at the very end of the movie, and he's just like pounding, like beating on him, like get away from me, get away from me, leave me alone. It was great. It was good. It's pretty ingenious too because Edge can't really put his foot down the tender foot to support the weight, so he almost lifts his own leg to avoid pushing down on it right into Chris Jericho's walls of Jericho. Like yep. he has to pick his leg up off the mat, so Jericho leverages that to trip him up, take him down, and uh, put the walls on. Um, Edge almost gets to the ropes, but Jericho pulls him to the center. He then switches off from the full walls of Jericho into a single crab to focus mm-hmm. exclusively on the damaged tendon. And the commentary team like loses their shit over that. They thought it was brilliant. Like, it was a pretty cool idea. Um, screaming. Yes, but 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 in wrestle in wrestle speak, that move is less effective than your finisher. 
So yeah, that's true. If it's your finisher, it's ten times more devastating. Even if right, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, they're screaming about can that surgically repair ten and survive this assault? Oh Edge my god! Oh my eventually, god. does get the ropes. Jericho pulls yes, him back. Edge with a victory roll gets two double clothesline. Both spill to the floor. Jericho grabs the belt, going to hit him. Edge cuts him off though. Hot shot, um, and the, it causes the ref uh, causes Edge to hit ref Jack Doan and knock him out. Jericho then waffles Edge with the world heavyweight title belt. Totally does. Ref recovers uh, and he gets two. And then and then and Matt Stryker wonders where Edge is finding the passion. Where is Edge finding the passion? The heart. <laughs> Big pop for a kick out. I think a lot of people thought the uh, belt shot was the finish there, but sure. Edge stays alive. Jericho uh, hangs out a bit, starts screaming, get up, takes his time, and then hits him with a code breaker and pins him for three. I was, it, you know, it was a, it, it ended up being a very, very solid match. Yep. But I really wanted another five or 10 minutes. What a weird, interesting finish. You know, it's like yeah. Edge kicks out of the belt shot, the hope spot. So there's going to be another comeback. Before the finish, he's going to at least get another near fall. But no, Jericho just follows up the belt shot with his finisher and pins him clean. The Rumble winner. I found, yeah, right. I found it very weird that, you know, this is the second longest match of the night. 15 minutes, 48 seconds. Yeah. And it's still an, it's still eight minutes short of the longest match of the night. There's a big yeah. discrepancy in time there. And... I was surprised about that. Like, I was wondering, I mean, did, did, what were, were like Undertaker and Michaels like so paranoid about being in the main event and being denied time, like screwing people out of, like getting screwed out of, out of having time? Well, I, I probably wasn't their uh, worry that would cause it, but WWE's worry that uh, Michaels and Taker would have as much time as they could get to replicate the prior year's match. So let me tell you this. All you fucking. Wrestlers mm-hmm. on my show. Michaels and Undertaker are going on last. And I'm going to give them 25 minutes. If any one of you fucking assholes goes long in your match, God help me. I will murder your families. I will slit your throats and I will make sure that your family name is destroyed. (laughs) Work incentives, incentives, really. I'm giving you all time limits. You fucking stick to them. I will hunt you down. What a boss. What a guy. So Edge has to get his heat back, of course. Uh, of course. So they go out to the tables. Edge climbs the Spanish table. Jericho's up on the English table. And Edge runs from the Spanish table and spears Jericho off the English table through the ringside barricade near the timekeeper's area. So Jericho bumps down there. Cole, at, some, at this point, just says, The Diary of a Madman. <laughs> apparently, apparently Cole was thumbing through a bookshelf. Uh, underneath his announce table. Oh, man. Because I don't know what Edge spearing Jericho like that has to do with a diary, but it's not like he said or wrote anything about what it. Have, what, is it yeah, what does it have to do with the written word? Right. There's nothing diary about it. But anyway, Edge destroys Jericho, um, limps off, the medics are out to check on uh, Chris Jericho, and that's the closing scene. Yeah. Edge uh, is a true sportsman. Mm-hmm. 
to this point. Uh, we get an email in from Christian who says, okay, so quickly, I wanted to say that after watching Edge vs. Chris Jericho World Title Match, I had to Google previous Royal Rumble winners because I was wondering just how many years in a row the WWE insisted upon not only having the winner of the Rumble wrestle at any portion other than the main event, and also how many years in a row the Rumble winner lost their championship match. The results of this Never search... Many. Are as follows. WrestleMania 14, Cena loses the triple threat match. WrestleMania 25, Randy Orton loses to Triple H. WrestleMania 16, uh, 26, Edge loses to Jericho. WrestleMania 27, Alberto Del Rio loses to Edge. Four straight years that are going to be devalued. Yes. The Royal Rumble match. And the it winners. wasn't, the thing was, is that it wasn't, um, it wasn't guaranteed that they were going to win the match. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, I'm trying to think. Michaels didn't win the first time he won the Rumble. Yep. That was the third year they were doing that, the uh, the, the the main event gimmick. Winner goes to Mania, yep. Yep, yep. And, you know, Austin certainly didn't in 97. They weren't doing it all the time, but they also didn't have it be – they never went four years in a row with somebody not winning it. Yes, right. Four years in a row is a long time. Yes, exactly. Especially after going from, I'm going to think here, um, 2001, Mm -hmm. 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, Mm -hmm. 2006, 2007. You're damn right, son. Those, every year... Rumble winner wins the, winner. the belt. Yep. And it's cool. Nobody has a problem with it. No. Nobody wants to see it turned on its head. You know why? You know why? Mm-hmm. Because I have someone to root for. Right. It's that simple. I have a clear idea that, okay, it's worth investing in this guy. Yeah. Because someone believes in him, and I'll give him a shot. No. We're going to fuck with that. As Christian writes, well, I know you guys God, talked Robin about Reigns this before. Roman Reigns loses the match. Be amazing. <laughs> but damn it, why do they even hype? Up the Rumble, he writes, if the winners aren't going to main event and we're going to end up losing. Great question. So we go back to uh, Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and Mike Stry- and Matt Stryker standing without their table or near their table. And uh, they take us to clips from the 26-man Battle Royal from the... Yes, um, the Let's Get Everyone a Payday Battle Royal. Prelims, Kali goes over after a group effort. Uh, Zack Ryder and Yoshi Tatsu are last. Tatsu wins. And fucking Matt Stryker. The Poison Fist, fist of the Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim. The poison fist of the Pacific Rim. Matt, look, you cannot give wrestlers new nicknames on the fly. Wait a minute. I like that idea. I hate it. Let's just let's just give let's just give them random names. Yeah. Call it announcing. It's, it's a, a nickname for all their fucking whatever. What is makeup characteristics? Doesn't matter what it is. It could be, you know. It could be anything. It doesn't, doesn't, they could contradict each other. It doesn't fucking matter. That's exactly it's right. It's a nickname. It's a brand. It doesn't matter. That's, that's the heart of the matter. brand them. Yes. It's like me taking a metal thing, a poker, and branding human flesh. Yes. So. That's what I want to do. Back to the ring. It's my kind of ownership. It's the- <laughs> I own them. With my brand. Come on. Fucking yeah. inject it on their ass. Yes. A WWE brand. <sighs> A Vince McBrand. That's what it'll be. A Vince McBrand. He's branding folk like cattle. 
Vince, will you come to bed, please? <laughs> Looking in the mirror in the bathroom off the bed. Off the bedroom there. The master. And, uh, I'm going to brand you with my dick. <laughs> That's what she gets for speaking up. Next time she'll be quiet. Next time you keep your mouth shut and maybe I won't rape you. <laughs> Tag team matches up next. Speaking of rape. That's Michelle McCool, Vicky Guerrero, Alicia Fox, Layla, and Maurice. Um, Michelle McCool is the women's <laughs> I champ. I wrote down Maurice Vachon because... <laughs> Because Michael Cole kept calling her Maurice. <laughs> Maurice, yes. In the Mad Dog. Michelle McCool, by the way, was the women's champ. Maurice, the Divas champ. That's right. There were two women's champs on Ron yes. SmackDown at the time. Uh, they take on Beth Phoenix, Kelly Kelly, Mickey James, Gail Kim, and Eve in yes. uh, our Divas match of the evening. The the barn is set to be burned. Mm. Uh, QJR talking about Frank Gotch anytime. Q Lakehall's music, you're not enough for me. Wasn't that, what wasn't wasn't that yes. Tori Wilson's too? I think so. Hers was she just needs a place to call her own, just a place where she can I alone. I need a place to call my own. Oh, just such I a. I need to be alone. <laughs> yeah. I oh. need to what isolate. a struggle, Kobe Calais. I've got a tough life. Yeah. Uh, right. And my so then Eve Torres is. She's got everything I want. She's got everything uh. I like. She's got nothing I like. Why are the Eve songs by guys about Eve, them? Eve Torres is like a box of a woman. Yeah, not a fan. She's she's so angular. How much going on there? I feel like if 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 one of her angles touched me, it'd make me bleed. <laughs> Lawler. So sharp. What about yes. that outfit Kelly's wearing tonight? Can I talk her out of it? And they say you were living we, with we, Kelly for a while there, right? He goes, Yeah, until she found out I was there. Talk about rapists. <laughs> I know. And fucking predators. Uncle Jerry, as JR Uncle used to J- say. Yeah. Um, speaking of Kelly Kelly as well, was Kelly Kelly getting ravaged by Batista at this time? <laughs> I'm sure. Is this one that was? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I picture, I mean, she's such like a tiny little oh, there thing. There we go. <laughs> and I picture like just this monstrous animal, Dave Batista, just like <laughs> pounding the shit out of her. <laughs> like she's like, please stop. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up! I'm not done. I'm not done till I say I'm done. It's like, it's like, it's like she's I'm not in so done much pain. Till I say I'm done. What sense is that? I'm not done till I say I'm done. <laughs> Big Dave isn't done. Oh, he is. He, he watched. I'm about to. I'm gonna baptize you. I'm gonna baptize you. Fuck. <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't. Vicky chest bumps Gail Kim early. A rape on this show. Dag out to Beth. Vicky screams no. They all gang up on the like... official consultant to the SmackDown general manager. Well, they also, like, I love how the faces are beating on the widow of Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> I know. And she's such a heel. They hate her. God. Vicky just screaming and, you know, uh, everything. McCool. Um, puts the Styles clash on Kelly Kelly, which is just a scary move now as AJ Styles, uh, of course, 
pretty much paralyzed Yoshitatsu in New Japan recently as a result of that move. He deserved it. Everyone gets in and does their moves. Beth brings Fox up in the chicken wing, and uh, Alicia Fox does Mickey, that cell yeah. job where she arches her back like she's being crucified yeah. up in the sky. God almighty. Stumped on Mickey, her face. Mickey James plants Mrs. Undertaker with a massive DDT. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, Vicky on top, about to make, as Lawler says, a Kelly tortilla. So Vicky's up on the top rope. She looks to the sky. Oh, I could go for a little bit of Mexican food cooked by Tito Santana. So Vicky's up top. She looks to the sky for this her husband. Awful. Sends a kiss this up to the sky. Well, that was nice, but there's no reason this fat middle-aged woman should be up, who's never wrestled before, should be up on the top rope delivering anything. And then she, she goes knees first into the mat trying to do a frog splash. And how... Do the charitable ringside announcers via Vince refer to it? A hog splash. Because, you know, she's fat. This woman's fat. So, therefore, it's a hog splash. I mean, I assume she must have had some sort of sense of humor about herself. She better have. Because even if she she didn't, she would have gotten it harder, I'm sure. That's right. Vicky, if you don't laugh at yourself, you're going to join your husband. Right. I'm not afraid to threaten your life. <laughs> Apparently not. I think she's like the sixth person on this podcast alone that he's threatened with deadly violence. Because you know what? I'll get away with it. That's right. That's exactly right. I screwed the federal government. Mm-hmm. I can screw you. Ooh. Dark so, so... <laughs> <laughs> I love I love what's on the line if she doesn't laugh at herself. Her life. It's not, not really much murder. of a bargain. So, anyway, after the hog splash, uh, the ref counts two because Vicky wraps Kelly up so tight that one of her shoulders comes off the mat, and the ref calls it like a shoot. He sees her shoulders up. Yep. It's like, come on, man. So Vicky doesn't know what to do. She just flails all over Kelly. She and just... just plops on her, like repeatedly <laughs> plops on, on Kelly Kelly. Like if you had someone smothered with a pillow on the bed and you just kept jumping on the pillow, that's what she did. I mean, it was just... It was beyond weird. It was like, it was like I, Eddie always told me you can't repeat a failed spot. Right. And then she gets a tighter cover this time for the one, two, three. In three minutes and 26 seconds, Michelle McCool, Vicky Guerrero, Alicia Fox, Layla, and Maurice defeat Beth Phoenix, Kelly Kelly, Mickey James, Gail Kim, and Eve in the 10 Diva Tag match here at WrestleMania 26. This match was awful, and it was completely offensive. I agree. A package, and uh, it's time to set up Cena versus Batista in the battle of the WrestleMania 21 Future Stars, where they were both uh, won their respective belts on their respective brands and went off to compete with each other for the top guy spot. And that's very much part and parcel of the storyline here. Cena, they show uh, getting crushed by Batista at Elimination Chamber. Batista talked about how you and I are the biggest rising stars since the Attitude Era. We both won titles at WrestleMania 21 and never looked back. For some reason, though, Batista was saying back then, this company has decided to name you the man. Somehow, the torch was passed from Stone Cold Steve Austin to you, as they show a clip of Austin toasting John Cena with a beer at last year's Hall of Fame. Batista says, I should be the name and face of the WWE. Cena comes back and says, you do this for money. I do this because I love it for the moment, for moments, like WrestleMania. When Never Give Up stands for something. So they replay the SummerSlam um, uh, match they had where Batista catches him in the air with a Batista bomb and legitimately injures John Cena's neck. He was on the shelf for a bit, uh, healing, and that plays in to the match as well. So there's your storyline. WrestleMania 21, we were both in, in a position. 
I think it's good. I actually like I like the way the story went. I I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed um Batista's heel character. Oh yeah. I thought it was great. I thought he was he hit such a a spark mm-hmm. that it was disappointing that this was Batista's last match for for four years. Yep. Awesome. A WrestleMania appearance for four years. And also that um, he lost the belt so quickly. Mm-hmm. I really liked Batista, this heel Batista as champion. And he was done. He was washing his hands of the whole thing. Yep. Uh, at the he had end one more this... match. He had, uh, he had one more match. Mm-hmm. Extreme rules, and that was it. And uh, off to try his hand in Hollywood and uh, mixed martial arts, as a matter of fact. He had one fight. He won it. And uh, back to the uh, ring here at WrestleMania 26. Batista's pyro hits. Lights on top of the screen, lone spotlight for the animal's walk because big fan of that entrance. The lone spotlight on the star. I love it. I love the virtual blackout in the yep. arena and all it is the spotlight. It's so powerful and it's spectacular. Thumbs up. Michael Cole points out the buildup to this has been uh, lopsided more than any WrestleMania title match because Batista just keeps whipping John Cena's ass the whole time. Uh, the honor guard is out for John Cena's entrance. They've got their muskets and their Well, after hats. all. John Cena's the Marine. Yeah, John Cena salutes, right? They got that video of him He's a tribute Marine. to the troops. He was He's, in the Marine. He was. There's no question about that. So they come out with their muskets and their bayonets or whatever the hell they have, and they do all their twirling moves with the guns. Guy walks through the twirling At like the beginning guns, of A Few right? Good Men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, U.S. Air Force drill team. And then they Who suddenly... decides these entrances? You know, I'm sure it's the production team, the same people who designed the set and everything else. They probably have a whole team that um, looks at, you know, the handful of entrances that are going to have an extra production element to them, and they brainstorm. I'm not, I would, wouldn't surprise me if the talent had some input, too, uh, into it. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, they stop twirling the uh, the guns. They hit the music. Cena yeah. kind of parts uh, through the, the men standing at attention and uh, makes his run after a salute yeah. uh, down the long WrestleMania ramp to the ring. There are a couple, a uh, couple funny signs uh, in the rain that I saw in the in the uh, crowd. Number one, uh, Norway hates Cena. <laughs> okay, hyper specific. Uh, and then this other one, which was just money to me, Batista likes fish sticks. Yes, I saw that. What? More likes fish stick signs, please. <laughs> Please, especially Big Boss Man carries fish sticks. Be yeah, better it's the last me. time I thought of fish sticks in a wrestling context. <laughs> he carries a fish. I've got to change you like a baby. It's diapers. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to change you. He carries, he carries a fish stick. I've got, I've a... got to change you. <laughs> Because he's got a fish stick, like a like a nightstick, and he's going to change you by beating you with it. You know, like I've got to correct you. I've got to like change. Break you. in like two seconds. Right. Um, oh so my God. As as still Skinner's music takes the cake. Yes, yes. All time lapsed fan classics. If you go back in the archives. <clears throat> uh, Batista, the reigning WWE champion, defense yes. against John Cena here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're underway. Cena with a headlock takedown. Early oh, striker. Also, big power, big power lockup to start though. Shades of Goldberg and Lesnar. These are two titans. The connective tissue is alive and well in the saga of WrestleMania. Striker says, uh, you know, <clears throat> Cena showing some quote Matt acumen with that headlock takeover early. The Baptist starts to work on Cena's neck. To your point what earlier about how fuck, I hate Striker. To your point earlier about how injuries never heal. Cena's neck is just ripe for the picking. Batista goes to work. Um, that was two years ago. 
It's two years ago. So true. SummerSlam and of 2008. Stryker offers that, you know, it's not just your neck. It means everything to your success. It's very important, your neck. It's, and Lawler says, it's not just your neck. It scrambles your brain. Also scrambles my eggs. I want breakfast. It's made me very hungry when he said that. And probing medical and physiological insight from Jury the King Lawler there. Cena tries an AA early on Batista, but yep. Batista sort of deadweights him, lands on his feet, and spikes him with the DDT in one fluid That's motion. Cool. Yeah, good spot. Stryker says John Cena was just compressed. Batista applies the rear naked choke, sinks the hooks in too. Modified sleeper hold, they say, with a body scissor. He wants to be a submission artist. He's so MMA. His his yeah. martial arts are mixed. That's clear. <laughs> he knows he knows several of them, but he does, he can't just choose one. I couldn't make sense out of this. Cena hits a back suplex. Um, yeah. Lays out Batista, and then he sort of pretends to unzip a shirt. Did you see that? He kind of like no. makes makes the motion with his hand, like he's unzipping a jacket. Well, clearly he's wrestling That's shirtless. Weird. I yeah. don't know. I missed that. So he goes for the five-knuckle shuffle on Batista, but Batista pops up and cuts him off with yep. a spine buster for a big pop. Crowd into That's it. That's cool. Batista bomb attempt. Cena pulls him down, though, into an STF. Batista gets to the ropes. Both stand. I, Batista I mean, spears him for both two. these guys decided to really bring the goods. They did. Seriously. They put together they a really real solid did. match, well laid out, and they executed it well. It's the kind of match I try to keep in mind when people shit on John Cena. You know what I, I mean? Know. It's like, we could shit on him as much as you want. I mean... But he does well in this position. And he carried he carried Batista. There's no doubt about it. Batista got a two off a spear. Uh, both go up top. Cena knocks Batista down off the ropes. Yeah. And then jumps off the top rope with a five-knuckle shuffle, which made for a pretty course, cool visual. He lands about a foot away, <laughs> but let's just suspend his belief. Well, I the suppose. knuckles were between the eyes, though. Come on, ref. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they were also about two feet north of the eyes. <laughs> two feet north, right. Uh yeah, they they were between, but they weren't on they were between, the forehead. But they but they weren't yeah, they weren't even on the face. Triple H, uh, triple A, triple A, <laughs> double A, which is the attitude adjustment attempt on. Batista. And also Arn Anderson. Thank you. That's clear. Batista grabs the ropes to counter the the latest AA attempt, um, and then Cena sort of contorts Batista into an Alabama slam position. Yeah. But, but before he can pull him down, Batista just sort of like gets his footing, and it, what do you know? Perfect position for Batista bomb. What do you know? So he lifts and dumps Cena and gets a great two count near fall. Uh, but his, uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but his over the top reaction. I do not think would have won him that Guardian, the Guardians of the Galaxy role. No, he, he kind of takes the mouth wide open and shock thing a bit too far. As he's basically straining his jaw to its max. As if he just basically lost the connection between his top and lower jaw. Looks kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Cena's up, tries another attitude adjustment. No. Batista tries a power slam. No. Cena lifts uh, Batista almost tombstone style into the attitude adjustment position. Yep. Big time elevation. Oh, yeah. Huge. Crazy high. He launches him almost through the opening in the dome and uh, gets a two. Great well, near I don't fall, know about man. that. That's a little silly. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Stryker didn't say that, as a matter of fact. Um, Cole suggests, and as part of the storyline, <sighs> maybe Cena can't beat Batista. He's having an awfully difficult time. Yeah. If that FU didn't do it, I don't know what will. Well, given that it's fake sports and I know the finish, I think he beats him just fine. Cena goes up top to try to close the show, but jumps off the top into a spine buster, which is kind of the, the spot. It's kind of like a sky high type thing. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of came down more into D'Lo Brown's old finisher than anything. But, uh, of course, that was a, a stitch back to the SummerSlam spot where he jumped into the Rana uh, or the leg drop attempt and got powerbombed and hurt his neck. So that was supposed to bring that back. Um, he goes for Batista Palm, but Cena is ready Cena. for a sunset flip counter. Cena, don't tell me this guy can't wrestle. Because he goes up from, from there, 
the Batista bomb. Mm-hmm. He rolls through. Yes. Fucking plants on the STF. Yep. And gets a tap. He does. And what was weird to me is I'm watching this, not really. Is recalling. there a lack of fluidity? Yes, because he's a chunky person. It's a little choppy. Yep. But it's still a guy who did something that you'd normally see Chris Jericho do, or you know, it's still something that you would never see Hulk Hogan, even no, Bret Hart, never Steve never. Austin, The no Rock way. do, right? No way. So what's the problem? I don't see the problem. Anyway, uh, he plays. This sucks. <laughs> well, there's that. Can't wrestle. So what's kind of weird to me is that I'm rewatching this and I can't remember exactly when the finish comes, if this was the successful STF. And I think to myself, it can't be because Cena starts saying so many things into Batista's ear while he's got his head down in the STF. I'm thinking he's got to be calling the next series of spots here. He's basically reading a novel into Batista's ear and then Batista taps. You're being a bitch. You're I, a bitch. Well, I, I bet it was a whole, you. you know, wish you luck, man. You know, I know you're headed out. I'm um, but... stretching your face out. <laughs> yeah, right. I right. wish you luck. You know, I can't wait to see you fail in your career. So if I ever talk to John Cena, I'm going to ask him what. You should. What did you say to Batista? Because that's oh, like one of those things I, that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Of course what I... you don't. Okay. Fuck off. Forget okay. it. I'm going to go get a. I'm going to get a burger. I'll see you later. And new WWE champion as he elicits the tap in 13 minutes and 31 seconds here at WrestleMania 26. John Cena takes the WWE Championship off of Batista, and this was his ninth reign as yeah. champion um, as he wow. uh, pursues Ric Flair's record. Um, Cole says that John Cena has exercised, not exorcised, his demons. <laughs> so the demons are on the treadmill here tonight in, in, in Glendale. They're and, running track. And then Matt Stryker just reads words. The passion, the power, the oh. grandeur. How about they shut the fuck up? Yeah, but where's that? That's the only thing missing. Uh, so Cena kind of mugs it up kind of nice. He's he's all smiles. He won the belt. He goes over and poses in the front row with a guy. with the He holds the belt, big smile on his face, shit-eating grin in his face, next to a guy with a We Hate Cena t-shirt, screaming at him, yelling at him, hating on him. That's funny. Yeah. I'm, that was really funny. It was a good moment for him. So uh, he walks... Up the aisleway, you know, giving his wristband to a kid and then dealing with another heckler and kind of just soaking it in. Big smile, Cena, happy to be wearing the gold. Second consecutive WrestleMania that he wins the championship match in which yeah. he's featured. And it, there's no wholesale rejection from the crowd. It's not some big controversy. People were, were fine with it yeah. back in 2010. So, I mean, there, there was kind of a, a point where he kind of mellowed out mm-hmm. a little bit. People were still all... You know, booing him and booing him, but it, there was a time around this era, or this the kind of this year, where I remember people were just kind of like, "All right, I accepting, mean, yeah, yeah." And of course, uh, Batista would not be seen in a WWE ring until 2014. Well, no, Extreme Rules. Right. Okay. After this, uh, this year. But for Mania, but for WrestleMania, we won't see him again until our last leg of the journey. My goodness. So, it's time to set the table for the main event. The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, career mm-hmm. versus streak, headlining WrestleMania 26 here. The package Cole shows... calls this the most anticipated match in WWE history. It's not. What is? <laughs> what is? The most anticipated match in WWE history. Let me see. Hogan Andre. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think by oh, any yeah. measure, Hogan Andre. Yeah. A uh, few of... No, no one's been able to match... The run-up anticipation the, for that as a giant, giant thing to see. The closest, I would say, would be Rock Hogan. Really? But I think Hogan Andre takes the cake. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think uh, Hogan Warrior and Hogan Savage are close to Hogan Rock. 
Yeah. In terms of how yeah. he felt going in. Um, and that's what anticipated Pretty much to me. every main event <laughs> before this one. More anticipated. So we, we show the package. Shawn Michaels Keep talks mind, about how... This is, this is Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, five. Yes, exactly. Fifth this is time... Not some rare, elusive matchup. Yeah. No, this is the fifth time they have... They've wrestled. They wrestled three times between September 2000, September 1997 and January 1998, and they wrestled at WrestleMania 25. And this, their final match at yep. WrestleMania 26. Shawn Michaels says the end all be all for me is I've got to get inside those ropes. At 19, they show him with a Pro Wrestling Illustrated in his hands, short hair, and uh, it's a DVD ad for this Shawn Michaels career DVD they just come out yes. with. Um, shot of the stadium from above. I look up to the sky, blah, blah. Uh, the package uh, shows us back to WrestleMania 25. Magnificent. They, they, what is it, like flute music? Like, what do they play? It's almost uh, like a It's, a, it's like a pan flute, pan flute type Pan thing. flute. I love it. They play these slow-mo clips of that magnificent, you know, second best match in WrestleMania history confrontation the year prior that we talked about last week here in The Lapsed Fan. And uh, they really make some art out of it, you know. Yeah, they do. Great detail shots and slow motion clips of the high spots. I mean, Great I must stuff. be honest, you know, Michaels and Undertaker really helped make it easy for them to make a good piece out of that. Yeah, that could easily feel overdone in a match that wasn't that excellent. But when it is that kind of a transcendent match, you like to see this treatment because it kind of it elevates it to like a different level in a way. So they show all that to set the stage. And uh, Sean talks about how I made one mistake and it cost me everything that moonsault mm-hmm. into the uh, match closing tombstone. And talks about how it had become an obsession for him. Uh, at first, Undertaker refused the rematch. Um, Sean trying to goad Undertaker into the rematch cost him the world title in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And so uh, Taker accepts on one condition. If I beat you, your career is over. Do you remember why he would insist on that? Like, like why um, would that tempt the Undertaker? No, no, that didn't. It was, uh, they, 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 they showed in the video, it was a, all right, fine. You want to face me again? You got to put something on the line. You got to put your career on the line. I see. I see. They show a sign HBK seventeen and one. So then yeah. that's a part of the aesthetic here. The classic uh, HBK setup before a Mania match where he kicks his opponent with chin music right on the Raw stage uh, near the entranceway. He did that Undertaker in the lead up here. Uh, and they show old clips of Shawn Michaels saying that this has been my life for twenty five years. You think I'd risk everything if I didn't know I could beat you? If I can't beat you, Undertaker, I have no career. Ooh. Count me in. So we go to the ring. The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, our headliner here at WrestleMania 26. Cole, as the sun sets on the Arizona desert, does it also set on the career of Shawn Michaels? Mm. As he makes his entrance. Yeah, I'm surprised and disappointed that Shawn Michaels does not get the last entrance. I know. He comes out first. Yep. And he looks calm, cool, collected, isn't wearing it on his face that this could be the last stand, unlike Ric Flair, who who's just crying at every, uh, every 25 uh, seconds. I see it. He's got a. Do you? He is calm and cool and collected, but I saw like this guy. Yeah, he's kind of. You can tell he knows this is it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously he should. It is it. Taker's entrance this year is a, a kind of a laser pyramid to kind of echo the uh, the structure above the ring, and he rises up from the floor in the center of it. They get a spectacular blimp shot from above through the opening in the roof of all the kind of wa- wash and blue crowd as the Undertaker makes that long yep. walk. This is the hoodie Undertaker. He's got the hoodie now over his head instead of the hat. The hat is retired. I should have put that in the, should have put that in the, uh, 
in the in the swan song last week. Undertaker's Raiden hat. So he gets in the ring, lifts the hood off. Sean sits Raiden there. Hat. Yes, Sean sits there, wow. stone faced. That's a lapsed reference if I ever heard one. Mortal Kombat. Uh, Striker. Okay. Oh, what does he say? It is written that blessed is the man who does not respect the proud. Is it also written that blessed is the man who does not respect the Matt Striker? Or it should be written that blessed is the man who shuts Striker the fuck up. <laughs> that was exactly biblical language, but I take your point. Um, so just to to kind of recount the legacies of these two men. Yeah. This is Shawn Michaels' 17th appearance at the mains. His first, of course, was WrestleMania five that we covered here. Um, 21 weeks ago, believe it or not, <laughs> can't believe that actually. You think about it, as part of the Rockers, as they competed against the Twin Towers in a losing effort. <laughs> Undertaker, this is his 18th appearance at the mains, and we've mentioned here time and time again that his first appearance was uh, first WrestleMania was number seven, as he dispatched Superfly. Jimmy Snuka, in a match that kicked off the most impressive undefeated streak seen in the history of pro wrestling. Absolutely. Nicely set, boss. Nicely set. Stitching us back. We've done every single goddamn show, so it always makes weird. sense it to feels, do that. It's like sometimes, sometimes it feels like we skip the show. It does. I get you know? so mad at myself when I walk around throughout the day and I think about something I knew happened at a WrestleMania. Oh, and I'm I like, know. why can't I remember it in detail? Oh, I know. I watched the son of a bitch. I took notes on the son of a bitch. I did a five hour podcast and I can't remember no. this, a spot from that match. Who You're won? Serious. Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. I can't remember who won. You're serious. So yeah. anyway, they stand face to face. Here we go. WrestleMania 26. Uh, Shawn Michaels does the throat slash, the Undertaker's signature thing. I wrote this. This is what I wrote, by the way. I just saw this note. Regarding uh, Michaels losing this match, mm-hmm. I wrote, if the Observer website hadn't spoiled the finish, finish for me, Shawn Michaels' expression would have. Yeah, you were feeling it. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't read that at all on him, but who to say? Just, I'll tell you why. Because the Shawn Michaels of old... Even the the second incarnation, in, in, yep, incarnation. You know, of Michaels was still cocky and jumping around. Mm-hmm. Michaels was very dead serious here. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. I think he was a bit subdued. Sure. Uh, Taker gets really pissed that Shawn Michaels did the throat slash to him, so he backs up with fire in his eyes. They ring the bell and he charges. Shawn sidesteps and goes to work with the chops. He ends up getting reversed on an Irish whip and goes inside out in the corner turnbuckle real early. Gets snake eyes in the corner, and then a running boot kills him as the Undertaker hits high-impact offense early. And they, they really go pretty strong and pretty fast pretty early. Yep. Yeah. Taker goes up to the top um, for his old school. Yeah. yeah he gets get a little adult education in there. <laughs> but he comes down hobbling on his knee, apparently. Yes. Uh, the psychology here is that he's going to tweak his knee on that jump. And, of course, everybody knows that The Undertaker battles these tremendous ailments around this point in time between manias. And it takes pretty much the whole year for him to heal. And his yeah. biggest issue are his knees. His knees are in awful shape. Stryker compares The Undertaker's streak to other streaks in legitimate sports. DiMaggio. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what the difference is here, Stryker? The Undertaker's streak is fake. <laughs> <laughs> J.P. Sorrow, always the voice of reason in the room. Always. Well, I mean, come on. It's like when it comes to DiMaggio or anything like that, like you did, you really didn't know. I mean, certainly we don't know 
you know, who's going to win. But it's not like The Undertaker is literally besting Shawn Michaels and every one of his opponents. It's booked that way. <laughs> Boss, if you go there, the whole game's I up. I know. The whole thing's done. Yep. I know. Yep. Get it. So uh, this the knee is beginning to be sold. Um, Shawn Michaels gets free and starts leg kicking The Undertaker, um, which is probably Undertaker trying to channel MMA. He tr- <laughs> Sean tries to apply MMA. Crossface, there's nothing there. MMA, feel me. But I'll tell you. MMA. As Sean tries the crossface, it has Mike, Matt Stryker offer the following Ooh, quote. Yeah. Sean yeah. Michaels is, quote, very apt in the art of submission grappling. I have to say, as much as this match is great, but Sean Michaels doing submissions infuriates me. <laughs> Like, it makes me physically ill when he does the ankle lock. Oh, I know. Well, the thing is, when he does these these holds that are particular to certain individuals, that's when it bothers me. Yeah, not his moves. The ankle lock, he never did until Angle was gone. Yep. The crossface, he never did until Benoit was dead. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing it now? What is the deal here? What is your... Tr- what, what, why, what are you, why are you trying to tribute them? I remember hearing at one point that he felt it was important to keep the moves alive so that they didn't die with the wrestler and that he felt that he he had the kind of stature that he could apply these moves and it wouldn't be rejected by the audience and they could mm. keep it alive that way. No. No. Not feeling that. I think you failed. Sean, I, uh, I had, reject. I, I just don't like when he applies submissions because he's so like limp-wristed and like he has no power to his style. I mean, and especially so, in this one, though, where he drops down to the heel hook. Yeah. Dude, come on. Wait. You know how to have a fantastic match, leveraging what comes naturally to you and the way you've worked your whole you, career. You've what had, are you you've doing? had fantastic matches yes. for 25 years, yep. and you've never turned ankle lock and dropped down into a heel hook. <laughs> oh, man. Stop. So, stop getting your postage. After There's the, no uh, mail. Right. There's no books of stamps left. So after the attempt at the crossface, Sean kind of head fakes a chin music attempt, and it spooks the Undertaker. He gets nervous that he's about to get his head taken off. Taker, though, catches up to him with a clothesline to the floor and then gets the running start like he's going to plancha, and this would be the last. We, we won't see it ever again. Nope. Nope. We saw it last week. The 25, WrestleMania 25 plancha was the last one. And it damn near lands on his head and kills himself. Um so as he's starting the running start, Shawn Michaels actually jumps in the ring and clips yeah. the knee of the running Undertaker to take back over. Hooks the figure four, but uh, gets kicked right out of the ring as he tries to close it off. Um, Undertaker pursues and drops the leg on the ring apron on Shawn. I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, you know, Cole, of course, mm-hmm. calls the Undertaker the best pure striker in the history of the WWE. That's right. My question is, who is the best impure striker? Mm. That's a great question. Um I'd have to say Mike Tyson. He is impure. And he's a striker. And he strikes hard. Back in the ring, Shawn Michaels uh, shoots and takes out the legs again. And this time he's able to lock in the figure Shoot! Four. Undertaker screaming, trying to do his sit-up. But it's not enough to shut out the pain. No. Eventually, Taker, though, turns the hold over and does my favorite, reverses the pressure on the figure four. Whatever that means. I never understood that at all. It doesn't make any sense. Cole... Uh, again, blurts out that this is the most anticipated match in the history of WrestleMania, and I'm thinking to myself, which it is if you don't count the ones that were more anticipated. 
Shawn Michaels kips up at this point and um, gets snatched by the throat and lifted way sky high. Not quite as high as that one WrestleMania 25 chokeslam I remarked upon and compared to Shawn getting lifted up by the Spirit Squad as far as elevation. But a big one. And it's good for two. So Undertaker keeps him at bay. He then scoops up Shawn Michaels for the tombstone, but Shawn picks the ankle on the way up. And uh, again, this is the spot we talked about. Applies yep. the ankle lock and then scissors down. Um, and then Matt Stryker says he's compounding the pressure by hyperextending the knee. You know what I like to, I like to do to Matt Stryker is compound the pressure with a hammer to the forehead. <laughs> like so weak, Sean, just, you know, using just his wrist and arm strength for this. I know. Like his hand strength. Because well, look at his, I mean, if you compare the Shawn Michaels of 2010 yeah. with the Shawn Michaels of 1989 when we first saw him at WrestleMania, it's a completely different physique. Totally. He is so thin and frail. <laughs> Here we go again. You know? Another frail guy is going to turn into dust when you blow on him. Seriously, if you, if you twist Michaels the wrong way, he snaps like a twig. <laughs> so he's got it locked. Uh, after he breaks, for, Taker kicks free eventually, kicking him in the face. Uh, <laughs> Sean, Sean, yeah, right. Sus, sus. Sean then clotheslines Undertaker to the floor. And then it's time to get Ariel. Um, mm. Goes for the springboard crossbody. Not, the, not the Little Mermaid. No, not quite that Ariel. Springboard crossbody to the floor. Taker's supposed yeah. to catch him. Kind of a sloppy catch, but gets it done. Lifts him he up to his... A, yeah, it's sloppy, and he delivers a tombstone. On the damn floor. On the floor. So that was their idea of kind of uh, amping it up for okay. WrestleMania 25. And then we get a weird moment here. So they act like Triple H is legitimately in... I mean, Triple H. <laughs> That'd be next year. They act like uh, 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 HBK is legitimately injured. Yep. And a guy comes over, you know, who's one of those, you know, he's all black trainers. And he places his hand (laughs) pretty fucking high on Shawn Michaels' inner thigh. Really? I didn't notice. Yes, I noticed this. And it made me feel so like, like, oh, it's weird. And then he starts like somewhat massaging it. What? It's like, what? Where did they get this guy? What's going on here? Like, this is, like, weird. Patterson, get back here. (laughs) Patterson, I told you you're not allowed to be on the fucking floor anymore. Right. Stop grabbing at Michael's junk. (laughs) He's not gay. Vince from Gorilla. You fucking ass. So, all right. Good, good, good catch there, I'll buy you a fucking whore. I didn't notice. Stop touching the boys. I didn't. <laughs> Poor Pat. It was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time before he found his way into our sick vortex. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so after the tombstone on the floor, um, Matt Stryker again. I'm sorry to keep doing this. No, give it to me because he sucks. After Shawn Michaels gets tombstone on his head on the floor, Matt Stryker decides to exclaim this. This could be it. WrestleMania. The chance to live forever. <laughs> is this guy just... Is he watching something else on his monitor? Is he... Such an ass. Is he taking cues from somebody who's watching another wrestling event? I mean, these non-sequiturs are killing me. Anyway, officials are over to check... savage. I know. He the is. Savage was bad like that. Yeah, just Shawn offer... Michaels. I know why he's here. Fantastic. <laughs> WrestleMania nine. WrestleMania nine. See, well, it comes back to me. That makes why me don't happy. you? Why don't you tell me what he did? That's right. so fantastic. Savage. 
So like you said, the officials come over to check on Michaels. Or uh, you could have a heart attack in your car and die. Mm-hmm. He clears the refs out, throws, he gets thrown in the ring, um, and there's a count of two and a half. So Undertaker yep. still not able to pin Michaels to the mat after dumping him headfirst on the floor. That's right. He then uh, picks up Shawn Michaels for the last ride, but Shawn kind of pulls him down into a face buster, almost like yeah. the uh, old X-Factor that uh, X-Pac yeah. used to do. And uh, Cole just what, totally what misses it. What is the X-Factor? X-Pac! 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 That was great. So weak. X-Pac! X-Pac! Fading away. Yeah. So Cole totally misses this, but um, he screams that Michaels is in deep, deep trouble as if Undertaker... Did we use the X-Factor? I get everything I and everything oh. <laughs> Is that your Uncle Cracker? Yes, that's what it is. I look forward to more. Oh so Cole God. thinks that Undertaker hit the last ride and that Michaels yeah. is in deep trouble. And I know. Ugh, it's so bad. You, you, you keep talking about it. And Cole says, I don't know if... He kind of backs off. I don't know if it was his knee that gave way. Classic Cole, calling something like it was a blown spot when it wasn't. He just did that at uh, Fastlane uh, last week. So Sean uh, then comes off the top with an elbow, but Undertaker gets the knees up. So Sean has a, a hard landing on the elbow drop attempt. Yeah. Back up on their feet, Sean steps forward to pursue Undertaker on his back, and Taker from his back shoots that Hell's Gate submission. Yes. It's time for the go-go platter. Someone is hungry. And Sean has an ingenious counter. It's great. He uses that position to jackknife Cradle Taker and stack him up. One, two, no. Great uh, answer. Stryker says, uh, he's been in that move and you immediately pass out. Well, apparently not. Back up, Sean slaps free. Boom, chin music. Just like that. Bang. Shotgun goes off. One, two, no. And and the, and, and the, crowd, the commentary team is shocked that he didn't get a pin. Yep. And I'm looking at myself, well... Why don't you watch last year's match? Yeah, like you there's no precedent for Undertaker kicking out of chin right. music. Um, Taker, for some reason, bleeding from the forearm. Probably had something to do with what happened on the outside. Uh, to the corner they go. Uh, Sean goes. He tunes up the band, ready for another kick. This time, Undertaker catches the kick while on his knees, steps up, and hits the last ride, planting Shawn Michaels once again on the mat, and gets two. Shawn, fucking Matt Stryker. Quote, we've auditioned <laughs> our entire lives for oh. this moment. Weave, is he really sitting there during Shawn Michaels' retirement match and talking about how big it is for him to be calling it? He he's not doing that, is he? Is that what he means? I hate you, Matt Stryker. I hate you from the bottom of my heartless soul. That's right. And you're actually more annoying on this show than Michael Cole is. Yes. You're, and that is not a my, good thing. Matt Stryker is the most annoying announcer on any WrestleMania we've done. This is it. If I could shove most annoying announcing performance a knife of in twenty six weeks and twist it. There we go. I would do it. Because I hate you. <laughs> and I hate your face. Yeah, I know. And I hate your hair. That look at his face. You uh, little smug bitch. Oh. <laughs> like you know what would happen? Jesse Ventura would eat you up. Uh-huh. And he wouldn't spit you out. He would swallow you and then shit you out <laughs> in two days when it fucking digested, when you digested through his stomach. Oh, my God. We're going to send Jesse after him. That's right. Back to the match. Um, Undertaker tosses Shawn Michaels to the floor and begins to clear off furniture, clear off the English announce table. He's going to last ride powerbomb Shawn Michaels to the table. He thinks that's going to close the deal. But uh, yeah. no. 
Uh, Michaels breaks free, hits chin music, sending Undertaker onto the announce table and prone, laid flat. It's always one of the weirdest spots for me. When a guy a just move, lands on the table? Well, because it's a move that, you know, if when when he kicked when he when he when when Michaels kicked Undertaker last time, mm-hmm. you know, a few minutes ago, he didn't uh, 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 jump in the air and land somewhere. He fell. Yeah. But this, this requires time. him to kind of get up a little bit. Yep. So Sean climbs the ropes, and goddamn it, he's going to moonsault from the top rope to the floor through the table, and he does it, and uh, comes up flailing and falling back down like he's, uh, you know, in shock. Undertaker gets driven through the table, and uh, Lawler um, uh, thinks that Undertaker's leg was broken in the exchange because that knee is going to get sold big time coming up off that table break. So Shawn Michaels goes spectacular, boss. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 remarkable. It's he just he's pulling out all, pulling out all the stops in his last match. Can't can't fault him for anything like that. Back in you know, the still, I gotta say that the, that 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 this the beginning of the match is really what kills this one. Yeah, it's very clunky. It, it it they they don't get into a flow until about halfway through. That's true. The flow is missing. You're right. Um, it's it felt like they were trying too hard. They were trying to not be last year. I like that. You know, they were trying so hard to be different from yeah. last year yep. that it was obvious, and it just didn't. Even from the very beginning, like it, last year, it was a very slow match mm-hmm. you know the beginning was very slow they, they they didn't connect with moves right away they didn't connect with punches or blows this year right from the get-go it's like boom boom that's boom, true boom, boom that's like the uh, rko and the pedigree in the yeah. very beginning of the uh, wrestlemania 25 yes. triple h jordan main event it's oh, like, stop awful. trying to make me think that this is gonna be different you know yep. uh so back in michaels uh with the chin music nails Undertaker, the streak is over. Announcers are screaming. Two and a half. Very close near fall. Great mm-hmm. one. Cole says you can literally right. see the bodies shaking and twitching with pain and emotion in front of us. Uh, Sean yes. goes to tune up the band. Sidestep. Choke slam. Sean goes for the ride. This time, Undertaker follows up by lifting Sean Michaels for the tombstone and yep. scores. Dumps him on the top of his head. Crosses Second the arms. Second tombstone. But when you cross the arms, it's over, right, boss? Yep. It wasn't arms, last year. And it, it wasn't, wasn't this, this year. year. Goddamn right. One, two, nothing. And uh, Undertaker doesn't understand why. Yeah. Why? What do, why? What do I have to do? <laughs> Take him out back. This was great. <laughs> and beat him like a bitch. That's right. Um, Cole proclaims, "This is great. Nobody wants the streak to end. Nobody wants the career to end. But something has to give at WrestleMania." <laughs> wants the streak to end. No one wants the career to end. Something has to give at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's true. That's Vince talking. So Undertaker drops the straps. He goes to throat slash uh, to signal yes. that he's going to kill, but then he stops himself. Something yes. got to his conscience. He realizes that Sean is really in horrible shape. Sean is pulling himself up to his feet on Undertaker's boots, grabbing Stay a head. down. Grabbing his pants. Stay down. Taker says. Sean sort of lingers at Taker's waist and looks to Undertaker in the eye and does the throat slash, which pissed I, what, him off to no end earlier. What I like this, though, this is this is interesting to me. He, HPK does, this, does the throat slash. Yep. And I think there's some subtext here. Okay. I think, on the surface, it's the arrogant attempt to mock the Undertaker, but I also saw it as Shawn Michaels' way of saying, end this for me. Kill me. Yeah. 
Let's. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Let's let's end this. Let's go home. It's time for euthanasia. Yep. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Yoshitatsu at twelve. <laughs> So he does it. He, he tempts the Undertaker to close the deal. I like that. Great insight there as far as potential meaning. Uh, making meaning sounds like a paper in college waiting to happen. Making meaning out of Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Make, it's even better. Making meaning happen. <laughs> that sounds like a Mad Striker line now. These men striker. are making meaning happen, Michael. It's a Mad Striker paper. <laughs> so... um. Needless to say, Taker's furious at this throat slash, so fine. He picks up Shawn Michaels. And no, goes, no, 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 not, not yet. That wasn't it. Oh, that thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you. This is huge. This is huge. So he, stand, he slashes, he stands up in front of Undertaker, all punch drunk and on his last legs, and he slaps Undertaker right in the face. And the veins start to pop Taker out of the blood red face of the Undertaker. He freaks out at the slap. He picks up Shawn, and he doesn't just tombstone him, boss. No. What does he do? It's a leaping tombstone from hell. Leaves his feet. Yep. And I mean, it, it, is, it is without a doubt one of the most dangerous things you could do with oh. someone's head between your legs. I know. No control um, in terms of placement of the head and how it's going to land. But Taker leaves his feet and uh, tombstones Michaels with a tremendous spike. It's the coolest tombstone I've ever seen the Undertaker yes, do. absolutely. Here at WrestleMania 26. Crosses the arms. One, two, three. And so goes. Three minutes, 59 seconds, Shawn Michaels is retired. And so goes one of the greatest ring performers of all time. That's right. As chronicled here in the Lapsed Fan, 30-week WrestleMania journey in great detail from the 60-minute Ironman match in 1996 to passing the torch to Stone Cold reluctantly in 1998. How about the aforementioned match with the Twin Towers to break through? Absolutely. And even the opening match at WrestleMania 7 where he took on... uh, the uh, the Rockers took on Orient Barbarian Express. Haku. No, no, oh, no, no that was right. six. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was six. Orient Express was a fantastic match as well. Oh, but, uh, no, not not the WrestleMania six one. WrestleMania That's six one was garbage. The magnificent one. Okay. No, the magnificent one was at the Royal Rumble ninety one that we watched. I before, knew it was a show we did. Thank you. Yeah, before the mains before the mains started. Hell, we even saw we even saw Michaels at uh, at SummerSlam ninety three. That's right. That's right. We visited with him there, um, and of course the comeback. Jericho, Angle, Undertaker twice. You couldn't ask for more from this guy. Vince, yeah, that's that's a match. Flair. Flair. What a run. It's cemented. Triple H and Benoit. Jesus Christ, what are you doing to me? It it sort of cemented beyond a shadow of a doubt. Shawn Michaels is an absolute Hall of Famer. It's it's amazing to look back at before he came back in 02, how there was still a hearty debate about whether he had enough longevity and ever proved to be a legit enough drawing card that the fact that he was just such a sensational in-ring performer was enough. And uh, this comeback and the kind of gates he did for these matches, compounded by the fact that he went out at his age and um, had some of the best matches of his life, if not the best matches of his life. After a career-ending back injury, too, nonetheless. Yep. Absolutely cement Shawn Michaels as one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. And uh, it was great to look back over uh, how he became how he went from a rocker to Mr. WrestleMania yeah. and how it was a name that stuck. Oh, by the way, WrestleMania 10. What the fuck? Oh, huh? yeah. How what? about the ladder what match? match? What are you talking about? Jesus Christ. What? Shawn Michaels. What a what a goddamn you know treasure to this business. WrestleMania 9 against Tatanka. <laughs> it stops there. <laughs> 
So, uh, Undertaker drops to a knee next to HBK's prone carcass. The arena turns blue. The 18-0 graphic appears on the video screen at the aisle. Pyro shoots off. We go to the blimp shot, and they set off fireworks at the tip-top of the stadium. You can see the uh, inside, and it's so cool to be able to see, like, the blue from the arena. Like, it's, it's, it's really a neat image. Taker's about to leave the ring, but doesn't. He turns around. He pulls up Shawn Michaels to his feet. I think he says, you son of a bitch, to him. I know, he says that. That's what he says. Son of a bitch. And he shakes his hand and uh, Sean answers with a hug. What? Yes. You son of a bitch. Taker exits. You trace. <laughs> Michaels. Standing Michaels. alone in the middle of the ring in Glendale. Waves goodbye, gets a bit teary, falls to his knees. Standing ovation. Tearful exit from the ring for Shawn Michaels. Spend some time with, with fans uh, right at the immediate ringside, and the camera stick with him. Yep. Walks that long ramp. Says into the camera at one point, "I'm going to drive my kids nuts in three weeks." I don't. I don't understand what that means. That means he's not going to see them in three weeks. No, that, that means he's going to be that, jumping off the couch doing elbows on them. Or that. Or does that mean like, in, it's going to take him three weeks to drive them, Batty? I'm not sure. Uh, so there's a sign that says this match sponsored by AARP. <laughs> Sean kneels at the entranceway, kisses the ground, offers praise to the heavens through the opening in the University of Phoenix Stadium, looking out at the sky. And uh, Jerry Lawler offers a very understated goodbye, we'll miss you, as the uh, closing verbiage as Sean walks back through the curtain and we go black on WrestleMania 26 and the career, in ring at least, of the heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels. No WrestleMania recap video, just HBK simply walking off into the sunset. Indeed. And we'll lace you with some closing thoughts from the Laps sure. Fan Solar System as we get out of here. Eric Darcy writes in, WrestleMania 26 was and still is a tearjerker for me. Besides my mother being hit with some serious health condition that put her in the hospital, my childhood hero Shawn Michaels tried once again to go against The Undertaker at WrestleMania, of course... If the Heartbreak Kid couldn't do what others tried, he'd retire, which he did. Michaels retired the next night on Monday Night Raw. After having one hell of a match, my heart was broken and reality hit in a one-two combination of real life with my mom and the real quote-unquote life. Shawn Michaels brought a tear to my eye, making me cherish every single moment I have with my loved ones in person or on TV. But to bring it back from a sad story, to play off of the year before, half my friends were chanting 18-0, and of course I was chanting 16-2 to play off the mains 25. Only if Michaels was able to break hearts back then, I would have been happy. Eric Darcy from Minnesota, thank mm. you for writing in. And quickly, uh, Sean comments on the match in the uh, WrestleMania uh, 30 book that we talked about, the 30 WrestleMania book, quote, I came out of WrestleMania 25 feeling such peace. I questioned if that should have been my last one. I don't know if you can wrestle a perfect match, but if you can't, my match with Taker is as close as you can get. So uh, a yeah. bit of uh, hesitation about whether he should go there again. I think it was worth it. It wasn't as yeah. good, but it was worth it. Yeah. It was, It was. yeah, yeah. Kevin Crittenden writes in, 2010 marks many milestones for me. My return to WWE after a six-year absence, my graduation from college, and the final WrestleMania my father and I got to enjoy together before his passing. Upon my return from Lapsdom, I was treated to a new cast of characters and some old favorites. Oh, and Big Show was there. <laughs> I was amazed at the money in the bank athleticism, saddened by the end of HBK's career and delighted in finding a new favorite wrestler in 1CM Punk. Edge and Jericho tore the house down like no one else could and was glad to see Edge had gotten to that level in the years I missed. Cena and Batista had a match on par with the Divas match. What about that? Overall, it's a night of highs and lows. Tears and memories I'll not soon forget. Keep up the good work. Love the show. That's so much depressing, you know, death i know this surrounding this show hey people associate it you know they do 
They uh, they think of the time period. They think of what was in their minds, on their minds at the time, and they associate the two. Yeah. Maxim Fatovsky writes in finally, hey guys, love the show from Israel. Um, we heard from him back on WrestleMania 17. Wow. At this point, WrestleMania 26, I moved from Israel to Los Angeles and started to attend every event that happened in Staples Center or Honda Center. Then WrestleMania 25 came. I was watching it with a friend. And when a commercial for WrestleMania 26 came and announced that even the event is in Phoenix, we looked at each other and had only one question in our mind. Do we dare? We got tickets on the first day they were available and we knew that it's on. I think the question should have been, how do we get there? <laughs> yeah. GPS, please. Road trip through the desert to Arizona. Then in February, that day became even better. Paul McCartney announced a show. Begins right after Mania across the street. Could this be true? They went to that. Um, so it became even better with the announcement of HBK Taker Part 2. The day the event came, matches weren't that good. Headliners of the previous Mania, Orton and Triple H, were relegated to second and fourth match of the card. Money in the Bank was good, but swagger winning. The appearance of Brett was nostalgic, Awful. but sad. I was hoping he could do something in the ring at least. The championship matches were good but predictable. And then we got Taker HBK2. Me and everyone knew HBK would lose, but I had this hope that he will somehow win, not retire. That didn't happen. The streak continued. I was hoping it would never be broken, but I guess Brock Lesnar has his own rules. WrestleMania was over. Shawn Michaels' career was over. We ran out of the stadium and ran across to see Paul McCartney. It was a pretty good weekend after all. <laughs> Amen. Glad you enjoyed, and I hope you enjoyed the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast stop in Glendale, Arizona, 2010 for WrestleMania 26 on this 30-week journey, boss. How crazy is this? I know. We're, we're, really, we're really on the, on the final stretch here. We are Not closing in, and we're staying in deep, as you've come to expect, each and every week. Man, we ain't pulling out now. From the Lapsed Fan do. Wrestling Podcast. WrestleMania 27 is up next. Is The Rock back? Is The, the Miz Rock. in the main event? The Rock is back. The Miz is in the main event. It is, according to the official tagline, the biggest WrestleMania ever. And according to Tiny, it's written in the stars. We look forward to that. We'll see you next week here at WrestleZone.com. For the lapsed fan, WrestleMania 27 on that 30-week journey. And is property of WrestleZone.com. Its content is intended for private use only. WrestleMania, brought to you by Slim James. Anything is possible when you bite into a Slim James. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.